Steve. How you doing, man? Oh, uh, hey, I'm good. Hey, so <laughs> no quote? <laughs> well, I do have something for you. I wanted oh. to ask you, did you know that life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards? Oh, man. What's that from? Ah, that's a famous quote from one of my favorite philosophers. Um, I don't know if it's misattributed because, you know, a lot of these quotes are. But as far as I know, it's it's a quote from Soren Kierkegaard. Like, it's his most mm. famous um, quote. Yeah, that's, that's a ponderer. Yeah, I feel it's appropriate for our episode today. Uh, that's right. Because, um, yeah, uh, well, that's what we're doing. We're, we're understanding uh, the, the past year of 2023. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're understanding it backwards. <laughs> and we're doing a recap. It's going to be our uh, movie food year in review of 2023. But then, yeah, we're also moving forward. This is ostensibly... You can say episode zero because episode Ooh. one really starts mm-hmm. when we, you know, we really kick in. Um, so with the no year doubt. in review is always the the prequel, you know, to or the preamble to the year. This is this is the preamble to season three of Movie Food, season Tatlo, season Tres, all those, yeah, however oh, you want to mi- mix it in. But um, man, I'm excited. Yeah, and and just like you're saying, before we can move forward. In mm. 2024, in season three, we got to look back. We got to see where we've been. Mas yes. importante. And we're going to kind of do it in a fun way. Absolutely. We have, we're going back to the old MTV Movie Awards days. We got Woo! a bunch of. Yeah, dude. <laughs> we got a bunch of awards to give out for the first and hopefully not the last Movie Food Awards for, uh, oh, yeah. for 2023. It's so. We have a whole list of categories, Carlo. Oh my god. I counted them out in the break. I think I, I have we have eighteen categories ranging from best stunt, best original song, best kill, best kiss, hype me up award. Let's go. All the way through most annoying character, best one take, <laughs> Ken Jong trying super hard award. You name it. We 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 have a bunch of awards to get through. We're gonna be giving them out. But before we get there, yeah, is there anything else you wanna hit on before we launch? Yeah. Um, no, it's just really, I, I think, um, just kind of a, as a challenge mm. that we can take, um, since we are kind of doing an award show, if we can do it shorter than the Golden Globes Ooh. or the, <laughs> um, or the Oscars, then I think that's an achievement considering that we have episodes that are legitimately longer than those oh, award yeah. shows. You could even stack a couple of those award shows together and our, our episode is longer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Long and strong. But yeah, uh, but I think that is yeah. a good challenge for us. And I think we can get through it, no doubt. And I mean, you know, dude, like all our episode zero. So episode zero for mm-hmm. season one, episode zero for season two, mm-hmm. and now episode uh, zero for season three now the the one that we're we're officially anointing as the year in review episode that's how we started the pod we started with the the year in review for 2022 uh or is it 2021 2021 yeah, we started yeah yeah season 1 was in 2022 and yeah we started earlier that year and yeah we decided to start with just a a look back and what i love steve is that you know this is now the the uh living forward is that each of our episode zero year in reviews have always been different from each other. That's you know? right. And like, I can't wait for next year, next season, where it's like, what kind of format are we going to do? I might be Carlo and you might, yeah, you might be doing a Steve impression. Like, who knows? Like, it could be a <laughs> yeah, whole deal. Yeah, we switch deal. places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I give your picks. 
for sure. Yeah, and you give my picks as me, and then, yeah, we're both in character. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. We were already brainstorming. There you go. I mean, yeah. we could even take it to another level where, you know, we recast ourselves as women. Ooh. <laughs> you know, like, I'm imagining, like, um, Kay and, and Christina. Yeah, we got we to gotta mix it up. We got to mix it up. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, you imagine an episode like that? Shit, dude. Honestly, we're already kind of spilling the beans of potential future episodes but yeah these are good ideas um yeah just looking back dude i really feel like you know we we grew a lot in season two uh and literally like with our our episode lengths too i think (laughs) yeah uh cumulative runtime season two was way more than season one is that fair to say yeah i think so we sort of hit our stride you know we have a better sense of what the what the movie club is what the pod is and we're able to kind of grow our guests, you know, have a better sense of like, you know, what it is, you know, what's adding length where we don't need it, what's adding length, but we like it. You know, we, we added a bunch of new things into the appetizers. Um, yeah. And, and so we're, we're, we're just going to kind of move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe season two was when we started anointing the sections of the, and then we kind of move, we pivoted towards like really leaning into the food theme by mm-hmm. naming them appetizers because um, uh what were what were they called again before that was it like quick cuts is that what we called it quick cuts. yep quick cuts. <laughs> see i missed that jingle dude it's a good one it's so <laughs> short yeah yeah i'm gonna shorten appetizers i'm gonna shorten it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i mean you know i think with that blah, quick cuts uh, that evolved to like it's time yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, of <laughs> course. You know, it's like you know that that evolution that that's something that we did. Yeah. You know, and like you, you changed the the theme music, and I challenge you to to do it again. And yeah. I, I guess that's sure. also the other point I wanted to make mm. is that, um, as much as we grew last season, we're not stagnating there. Like it's not like I don't I don't want us to just kind of fall into our shtick. Mm. Like people like can predict us as what we are. Sure. And I think that's what we're successfully doing this season because. I mean, we might as well announce it now. We've kind of been teasing it. I mean, if people were really paying attention to some of the episodes, like they would know what what's coming. Yeah. But basically, yeah, this year we're becoming Movie Food '84. Ooh. Yeah. So cool. um, we're gonna yeah we're gonna be focusing on on mainly 1984 movies, but a lot of movies that actually whose movie years end in four. Or sometimes nine. Or nine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because these, these move, um, they're either going to be celebrating like a decade type of, um, well, for specifically for 84, it's going to be 40-year-old. Uh, so 40-year 40, 40 an- anniversaries. Right. Um, but, you know, it's like a lot of 1999 movies are turning 25, which is just uh, insane to Mind-boggling. me. It's like such an absurd yeah. Yeah, thing that like, you know, such a... A pivotal year in like my growth as a cinephile mm. was '99 because like I just saw so many mind blowing movies that year and like yeah some of them still fucking hold up. Oh yeah, it's like you know I I've, I've said that before like I I I mean it's amazing that we're doing we're primarily focusing on '84 because we could easily have done '99 as well um, because yeah. these two movie years I'm so biased but I believe that these two movie years are two of the best movie years of all time top tier especially for our age range you, you know I'm, I'm sure all those you know that know the old stuff can like toss out you know stuff from the 40s and the 50s but yeah for us yeah, eight, right. 84 99 mm-hmm. 
even uh, 94 yeah. and or even 89. You know, like like there's just so many. Yeah, yeah it's great. Right. So yeah, but we're so we're not narrowing our focus again. It's it's one of those things about just not stagnating. Yeah. It's like if if we even see like we're allowing ourselves the openness to like we see a new release that like we feel yeah, is worth we're discussing. We'll interrupt the theme. Yeah. yeah. It's like we don't need to be 84 like strictly cuz yeah, that would have limited the scope a bit even though you could we could fill an entire season with just 1984 movies. But I think yeah, it's more fun <laughs> to change it up and yeah. kind of hop around time. And one of the things, too, that uh, is going to be fun is uh, if people can detect when we do a double feature episode, like what the link is in the double oh, feature. Okay. So, you know, that, that, I'm, I'm kind of teasing that out now. That's I'm just a good, like planting yeah. seeds. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that we've laid out for season three. It's Movie Food 84, but we're also covering other years. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, that's very, <laughs> yeah. very Plus evolved others. of us. Yeah. That's very us. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like yeah. you can't pin us down. Exactly. We we're sharks. We're always moving, Steve. That's we, right. We're moving forward. Yeah, we're sharks. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah. So, um, do you have any more like takeaways from from last season you want to share with us? I just love that the guest list expanded as well. We had like so mm. many fun guests that that came on, both live, you know, for the whole three hour experience. You know, the people that yeah. that we were just meeting, like Christina Politano. Um, and then also others, you know, like Amanda like, was our, our first time guest oh, last that, that's season right. too. It didn't seem like it because she she made two appearances and then she was our year in review that's from episode right. zero. Yeah, w Mass yeah. Liberty out there, and then yeah, you know, we, shout out to Amanda. Yeah, we we even kind of got in a guest who can only do like a short amount of time. That was Petros Papadakis, college football analyst. We got him in, um, and then kind of did an episode around him, which was really neat. And then we even yeah. got little sound clips from some friends of ours that we can get into the soundboard, like like my friend Andrew Warren. Shout out Andrew! So so we were able to get in a lot of different people, not just us, in, in unique ways, which I thought was pretty neat. Yeah, yeah, and I I think in a way you playing that clip of Andrew kind of inspired the the structure for this mm. episode. Yeah, you know um, of how we're we're gonna be doing it. Um, but no, yeah, I, I totally agree with you with all the the observations you made from last season. And yeah, I, I it's arguable that we can say, I mean, I love all our guests and whatever their statue, stature, stature is. Yeah. But it's like, um, yeah, Petros was a big deal. You know, I mean, he, I might have not sounded like it on the episode. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I didn't really listen to myself that much. But like uh, getting Petros, you know, who's a guy who's perennially on the radio uh, college analyst, like, and he's been doing it for a long time, yeah. right? Oh yeah, yeah. He's been a college football analyst at least probably twenty years, and he's been on the radio for yeah. probably twenty years. So you know, he's just one of those guys who right. he has a daily radio show. So he's logged his ten thousand hours. He's a real master of just talking, fun talking, and um, and just knowledgeable of movies. And it was fun, I think, for him to talk, you know, not sports, which I think is not, cool. Yeah, I'm glad. And then, uh, and just the, the you know, uh, he's he seems to be um, like um, fulfilling. I'm not saying promise, but like his his word in the sense that you know he he does want to come back. And we're, mm -hmm. we're, I mean, I don't think it's going to be much of a spoiler to say that we're going to do a future episode with him. Yeah, yeah, again. for sure. He's you know he's just down. He's just excited, 
he just likes to do fun things and this just i think happens to be something that he thinks is fun so that's awesome yeah uh yeah If, if anything though i will just say about that episode that like does I feel come across because I'm just like having the sense memory of it right mm. now is that I was just like pleasantly surprised of how like rooted he was in Jamaican culture like yeah. I was just like because I mean you know, ju- judging from his name I, I'm assuming he's Greek right uh, yeah, yeah. yeah prominent Greek yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well he's not he's not Jamaican yeah like you know he's Greek he's of Greek ancestry but he's very much a Los Angeles oh yeah expert and native and the whole deal but then, yeah, uh, I think we teased that on the episode that he just has a, an affinity for Jamaican culture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was just pleasantly surprised. I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, it's just like, it's not just like he likes the sound of how they speak. <laughs> sure. But, or they, they, he likes Bob Marley. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah he that's another like, little yeah. like teaser. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a teaser for the episode. That is know? a good one. We're, we're putting a pin in that. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That's good. <laughs> But yeah, um, uh, yeah. And, and then the other thing I think about just with season two was we we really squeezed out a lot of, I think, my initial ideas I had for the pod of, you know, like, you know, when we were first dreaming this up before we even did season one, I was just I was really interested in the idea of rewatching some of these old movies from my past and like just to see if they were still good. Oh. And so, yeah, yeah. you know, we got through Clue and we got through Secret Admirer and we did, you know, um, last season we did Cloak and Dagger, which is like a kid's film. <laughs> and so, like, right. once we kind of squeezed those, it kind of left me a little more open to, okay, well, what else is out there? What else can we do? And I think it was nice for me just to kind of get through that process. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm glad for you, man. You yeah. know, it's like, mm-hmm. as I was saying, it's just I even love that, you know, another new segment that we added on the show is your steve's uh sinus smithsonian yeah <laughs> like i just love hearing like these discoveries for you that it's like oh yeah. man this is worthy of it and it's like it gives another value system to how we look at movies because you know now you i have my canon you have your canon right so now people can set it like side by side and like yeah. You know, sometimes we overlap, which is cool, too. Like, I can imagine, like, somebody doing a Venn diagram of us mm-hmm. and our favorites and oh, which ones overlap in the middle. Yeah, a, mo- you know? a movie food wrap. That kind of thing. So, sort of a deal, yeah, where, yeah, where you get to see everything. Right. And so, yeah, I really do feel, Steve, like, yeah, you've, you've grown through movies mm-hmm. <laughs> on the show. Sure, yeah. You know, um, yeah. and just, like, how open you are to discoveries is great. You know, it's like you'll watch the complicated shit that, like, oh, I, yeah. I have the stomach for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like. A Carlo yeah, movie. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. But you're you're a good sport about it, and you really give it, like, a chance, you know. Yeah. So and, I'm, I'm glad. And just to let anyone who's maybe new to the pod, just 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 to give them a sense of, like, what it is that we're doing. So Carlo is the real cinephile. Carlo's been logging movies on Letterboxd and, and just in his life and collects DVDs for 20 30 years at this point i am more of of uh i'm definitely creative uh, like a creative type like i've been a a musician i love film but i I wouldn't consider myself a cinephile i just enjoy the process of art and i've kind of rediscovering a love of film over the last couple years and so i'm kind of playing the role of someone who's down to clown but really (laughs) you're the cinephile who's giving me info giving me recs and i'm picking and and trying to keep up and um, kind of playing that role of like someone who's a little more, who's not a cinephile, but w- likes movies. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. yeah. And I I just see how like you, you know, I guess this is the the scientist in you, man, mm. that you know, you just the way you absorb everything, you know, uh, it's just like I I've seen it within you and I I don't know if it do you feel uh, yeah, let me ask you this. Mm. Like do you feel like um during the course of, you know, the past two seasons that we've been doing the show, like ha- has your taste like altered at all during the course of the show? Um well, just cuz you're exposing me to such different things, yeah. But also, I'm gotcha. I'm at a I'm just older, you know. I'm now in my forties, yeah. and so I'm just at a different place than when I the time when I put movies down, which was like when our family first started having kids, and so, right. you know, I was a young guy. I was 29 when my first kid was born. Wow. I know it, it sounds so wow, young dude. now. Um, yeah, I'm just remembering when yeah. I was 29. Yeah, because yeah. I'm only like a couple of years younger than totally. you. Totally. So I was just I was just this young dude just peeing spring water and just like living life and just having a great time. And right. and so the movies I liked at 29 obviously are, are going to be a certain way. And so now I'm, it's really cool to kind of like get into some different stuff, you know, set, you know, shed some of that early shame that I might have had about you know, oh, yeah. films like, you know, like seeing erotic stuff or weird stuff when I was young and having some, some shame hits about it. Yeah, and, and dude, like it, the co- Filipino guilt. Yeah. And coming back <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, and just, you know, just, just being balanced, having my feet on the right. ground and, and I can like deal with a lot of stuff in a lot more of, ma- of yeah. a mature way, which is pretty cool. You know, no, I, I'm so happy to hear that dude, because it's like that, that whole thing of like standing your ground with your taste, I think is important, mm. you know, and like, you know, you like what you like. That's really it. Like, don't be so you concerned like about what, what other people like, think. but it's, it's, yeah, it's it, hard. Cause like, I, I like also, I think, and, and maybe to a fault, I, I like kind of putting myself in a hole of like, oh yeah, I, I like these films, but I have bad taste. Mm. Like, yeah, I like Hoobastank, gotcha. but you know, I have bad taste in, in music. <laughs> so you're negging yourself. Yeah. That's what you're doing, dude. Being overly self-deprecating, and I think I'm trying oh, to get to on. yeah, I'm trying to get to a point of like not doing that. I'm trying to get get to a point of being a little more like, hey, I'm aware that I like Blink, but also I just think it's cool. You know, you know, and yeah, like, and not, sure. and not adding the negative, okay. you know, hole digging, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure you're like me that you, you're not really a believer in New Year's resolutions. I mean, you know, I, we didn't even say that happy new year, but yeah. Oh funny. yeah. Happy year. <laughs> I like the idea of coming up with like silly ones. Like I'm like the one I came up with uh, was like, I want to be angrier and bring out more of like. <laughs> Bring out more more of that in twenty twenty four. Summer of anger in you. Yeah, summer of anger <laughs> for life, sort of a thing. But, <laughs> but it's funny. It's it's having the opposite effect because like, I'm actually feeling like I'm actually nicer <laughs> because there you I, go. Because it's it's kind of one of those things where psychologically I'm going out thinking, okay, I'm going to be mean to someone, but because I'm yeah. looking for it, it's not real, and I'm actually it act and it's silly and it puts me in a lighter mood. <laughs> So it's kind no, of like like it's weird man. opposite deal, yeah. <laughs> I I totally understand what you're saying because uh, that was my justification for watching subway fight videos mm. when I lived in New York City. <laughs> I I used to just tell people like, no, the the reason why it's beautiful, it's not you know because of the drama and the entertainment value of the violence, mm. but it was really more like this forces people to like interact with each other. Like that was like. Mm. That was really what New York was about. Yeah. It was like actually, uh, you know, it was a paradox because it's like people were interacting a lot more, I think, in the past based on what I knew about New York City. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, I I can't like speak to like living through it, like you know, because this was I'm thinking like 70s and 80s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just seems like from portrayals in movies and the way people recount it, and like you know, even this like the urban myths that I would mm. hear, like my mom telling me like, yeah, don't ever like stare at anybody, and you know, as a kid. Kids just have a potential to stare, especially like somebody oh, yeah. like me who like z- daydreams and and zones out. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, but she was telling me like, yeah, somebody like will get really pissed at you if you know. And I'm like, I, I and I guess now I was trying to process it. Yeah. Like, uh, they would pick on a kid, like a, a full grown person, <laughs> yeah. you know, for staring, you know. But that kind of thing is was just like you know people interacted a lot more, and like I think that that's what I talk about with New York City now is that I think it's just become such a passive aggressive place rather than like people being you know yeah. keeping it a buck and keeping it a hundred but just to tie it into nice. what you're saying dude is that it's not necessarily that you have to be angrier or like more aggressive uh instead mm-hmm. of passive aggressive i think it's it's really more that you, you're just asserting yourself that's more important mm. like it, it, it doesn't have to yeah. be like you go, you tip the scale, and now you're you're completely on the dark side of things. <laughs> you know, it's it's. It, I think it's more. Yeah, you're just you're you're more yeah. vocal if you just express it. You know, you don't necessarily agree. You're not mm. looking to please the other person with what you with what your potential response might yeah. be. You know, I think that's important. And that's then yeah, the you know, yeah. just tying it. Yeah, and with all the movie food, just owning your taste. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like. Yeah. This is what I like, you know, and I mean, you know, I remember too when we were planning some, you know, because we, we will, this is one thing that I, I think will be like a continuous link between all seasons is we will continue to do like going back to our favorite movies, mm. like episode, Love you know, yeah. which is kind of how we started as well with, I, was it the legit episode one where we first start, ta- started talking movies? I think that was the one where we did Patterson and um, Clue, right? I think it was Patterson and Snake in the Eagle's Shadow. Yeah. Oh, oh, Snake in the Eagle's Shadow. See, I'm I'm mixing, I'm jumbling up the the episodes. Oh, sure. But you know, we, we we were discussing this on the outset, and then you know, actually, it might be appropriate not for this season, but even next season because it's celebrating its uh, 10th anniversary. Like we were gonna do an episode where it was like uh, movies that we think are bad but we love. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, or that other people consider to be bad, and I had my movie, and you know, I won't say it now because I don't want to tease. Sure. It, but yeah, yeah, that's a clue that it's from 2015. Yeah. Uh, and you had your movie, but yeah, it's just like having the the strength of your convictions, where it's like, yeah, yeah when you make that pick, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's bad, but you don't care. It's yeah. like I don't give a fuck what other people think about this yeah. thing. I enjoy it. <laughs> it's like that's the There is a the movie that fits part. that category that's going to win a couple awards as a teaser. Ooh, <laughs> shit. I think I have a feeling what, yeah, what is, sure. it's going to be. But sure. um but yeah, dude, like I think well, you know, we really had something special with season 2 that we, we can continue with that energy into season 3. Love it. I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, just like mixing it up, not like resting on our mm-hmm. <laughs> imaginary like laurels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we don't have any. But yeah. um, but yeah, you know, another funny thing too, Steve. Just like a weird coincidence that tonight that we've chosen to record, mm-hmm. our both our like local hockey teams are playing against each other. <laughs> oh yeah, so, I'm and, a caniac yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. What's going on? Yeah, Ducks and the Canes are playing tonight. How are they doing? Um, and I think it's in your barn. So could be over. What's what's this, what? Yeah. What? Oh, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not paying attention. Okay, I mean, fine. you know, the, okay, cool. the Ducks are, are not good this season, but I, it was just a weird coincidence that I wanted to bring oh, up. Oh, beautiful. Um, I like that. But yeah, yeah, so we, we've looked backwards uh, mm. with just like our general feelings about season two, and we've already, I guess, revealed what season three is going to be like. Perfect. Um, but yeah, what's our, uh, like this current episode, now looking back on things, we have a unique structure for it. So. Steve, why don't you do the honors and like breaking down to us what uh, the format of this episode is going to be? Okay, of course we're going to start with just a couple, just brief, real quick appetizers. But then once we get into the main course, we have the movie food awards. We have a eighteen awards to give out to films from from twenty twenty three or films that we saw last year that were rewatches or or discoveries. So so the awards aren't limited to twenty twenty three releases. Um, yep. And we're each going to give an award. So, so yeah. for for the category of best sex scene, I'll give an award. Yeah. Carlo has an award. Bing, bang, boom. Beautiful. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm really curious, Steve, if 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 we end up with like the same choice. Yeah. Because uh, because the 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 net is so cast like it's cast so wide. I love it, and 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 I think that counts as two awards for that scene or for for that yeah, thing. Yeah, for is sure. Cool. Yeah, um, yeah. But <laughs> we also great. we reached out. To the movie food club, the movie food uh, friends, the past guests. Yeah. And, and we have audio mm-hmm. clips to play from them that they've submitted to us. Ooh. These are brief clips. Okay. Got got them in the soundboard. And we're going to play them live. We'll get to hear them. Carlo hasn't heard some of these. and oh, uh and can't it, wait, man. Yeah. It's basically their favorite. We asked for their favorite film from 2023 that, w- w- yeah. again, was was either a rewatch or a, or a new release. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we gave them that leeway. And, you know, I, I'll, I'll say that the, the impetus for this kind of, um like, just allowing for the openness, like, you know, some people prefer to kind of segregate the two, like, discoveries and mm-hmm. um, movie year in review. But, like, that was really it. Like, doing last year's um, year in review with Amanda, it was mm-hmm. a super long episode as well, much longer than we anticipated. Shout out Amanda. But also, yeah, shout out Amanda. Um, because she had so many fucking picks. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, you know, I love Amanda, but it's like... She's the best. Man, she, yeah. She, yeah, she watched a lot of good movies last year. True cinephile, and no people, doubt. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I guess I'll, I'll just say that too on the outset. Like, I don't think uh, 2023 was a particularly good movie year overall. Mm. Mm. Um, compared to to recent years, uh, and I don't know. I know Martin Kessler. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, shout out to Martin. Um, hopefully he'll he'll be a guest this season for us. Oh yeah. Um, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, like he was saying, that 2023 was one of the best movie years he's he's mm-hmm. seen. Yeah, and mixed. I'm like mixed reviews. Yeah, and 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 then yeah, it's just the whole catch up thing because you know we did basically three year in review episodes right last, last season <laughs> yeah it, like we really broke we it down reviewed the we reviewed everything we did in season one then we did mm-hmm. uh a netflix review yeah and then we did yeah the top tens yeah yeah and then we did the awards i and i'm not the awards the bracket the yep. um the tournament yeah yep. so that counts yep. as oh well. yeah yeah so no doubt so yeah we we yeah we we had that that structure and then i you know like as much as like okay it'd be great to time it with the oscars that's what we planned for mm-hmm. march um and and spend that time basically from january to march to just like catch up on on the year's releases i was like nah, i can't fucking do this it's like yeah. i'm not getting paid to be current yeah on movies and like my my it's diet of movies is never just all new releases like i like to mix it up 
So I was like, fuck it. Like, you know, as long as it's like, a, this is my, this, I guess, my overall criteria for, for everything that I mentioned this year, uh, for this year in review is that they had to be a first time watch. That mm. was it. Okay, cool. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's an older movie or a new movie. I I just had to have seen it sure. for the first time this year. So I don't count rewatches in my years in review because it's like, well, it's a rewatch. It's like there's a purpose for me rewatching it. I, I I either like super loved it or it's a movie that I need to like kind of reassess how I feel. And, you know, I've done that too. Like I've included movies in Carlos Cannon where it's like I didn't quite get it initially when it came out. Oh, and yeah. then like the set, yeah, later viewing is like, fuck, like, it was a revelation. Nice. That kind of thing. So that yeah, that was my my simple criteria and right. just like broadening the scope a little bit because yeah, dude, if we just focus on twenty twenty three movies, like this would be a very short show, very short list. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> I'll say that. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, and I just want to add yeah. as we go, Carlo's also gonna give his quick re- review of his favorites of the year and his classic bundles, his classic tiers. So yes. st- stick around, and then I think at the end I'll 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 list just my favorite three films of the year it, perfect not in, in any particular order or numbering right. but just just what you know things that stood out yeah yeah and i i think it's a given too that as we spout these titles oh, for yeah. the awards and our review we're, we're going to be commenting on the movies too you know i mean the, you know i i probably will express some opinions of what you have love it on your list <laughs> and you feel free to have opinions on mine you know that's that's Ooh, the beauty of it that's good you know, practice it's just like yeah. we can yeah, again, just like asserting how we feel about things and not like worrying how other people think about it. Gotta like, if you, have fun. yeah, if you think, yeah, yeah, one of my picks like sucked. Like, you really have strong feelings about it for sure. That's what I love about the last episode of oh, last season was with Kay. Kay. Like, she was she was so fucking passionate about how much she hated poor things, and I have somewhat of a rebuttal. That's a little tease, but like, not not really. Sure. We'll, we'll see. Okay. No, I. <laughs> Because it's also <laughs> yeah, I feel like Kay has she she totally has a subgroup out there of people that were like, how do people like this movie? And so I think oh she, yeah no she, she's galvanizing that crew, but I think there is a definitely a larger crew who's like this movie's freaking awesome. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's getting to the point where people are making this movie their personality. Like uh. there's <laughs> legit like letterboxed like kind of um what do they call them Swifties kind of thing. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'm I'm trying to think of like what's the most iconic like kind of fan fan like uh name. Oh, uh, cuz they're all crazy. What what is the uh, Beyoncé like the high Beehive Beehive or something? Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's like yeah, um yeah, there there's people who are making poor things like them. Like I I I'll legit say I rewatched it last night. Oh. The screening was packed. Dang. Like it, you know, it, it's been out for more than a month, and it's already the new year, and people are still like going out to go yeah. see it, which um, I was just like pleasantly surprised. Yeah. And all of them are first time watches too, because you know, based on how they reacted to the movie. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's poor things, man. And like, yeah, I I really feel. Uh, I'm already kind of looking forward to Kay's future appearances on the show <laughs> because. Uh, we've unlocked something in her. That's uh, that. That was the beauty of that episode. I was like, I mean, I think even like when we were doing the the test, mm-hmm. you know, just oh, yeah. to check our, our audio and stuff. Like I was like, hey, you are like in rare form tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So she definitely was. She was like, she's got an edge. Uh, and yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. And plus, I think you know, she's 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 been on the show like it was her, her third time on so she was definitely like a lot more comfortable sure. and that's why i think that the appetizers for that one went on longer than we expected it to but in a good way yeah for sure 
But yeah, I'm already looking forward to it because it's now like we're we're establishing that hey, you and I can argue and we'll we'll still be friends or we'll disagree. Yeah, it's totally. like, um, yeah. Uh, but like, there is one spicy pick I have that potentially like. I mean, she she's down for anything, but like uh, one that I think might end our friendship. <laughs> she oh. will, like never want to come back on the show okay. again. <laughs> but we'll see. The, this is going to be a true test of character. It's you know? worth the risk, no doubt. Okay. For sure. So yeah, another tease for season three. Love it. Of movie food. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Potentially. All right. So let's so let's quickly get into our appetizers just so we can get to the uh, to the movies here. Time here we go. Movie food appetizers, appetizers, appetizers. It's movie food appetizers. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And yeah, I, I think I mentioned that before too that we we changed our music in season two right yeah we're, we're always kind of mixing and matching we're, we're improving things i created the appetizers we created multiple um versions of the main course jingle we we've since <laughs> yeah that's s- incredible settled on a kind of a hardcore version where uh, i'm i'm like i wouldn't say fry it's my favorite one i'm not fry screaming i'm scream i'm yelling with i'm yelling <laughs> with rasp is is, yeah, is kind of the way go. i, I described the vocals there yeah that's a perfect description cool. yeah all right. So, so I think the first thing we wanted to talk about is the Filipino elephant in the room. Let's um, go. Golden Globes was uh, <laughs> just just flew by, and I guess they they were having issues finding a a comedian host is is what I can glean. Why? I <laughs> I, like... I think a lot of people think it's a tough job. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, it is. It's just like imagine just like you know being like the center of attention of like a massive party. Yeah. And everybody's like, yeah, it sounds it hard sounds to awful. impress. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that's what a hosting gig is like, you know. And then not only that, there's like hundreds of cameras of like people all over the world watching you. <laughs> On top of that, there's that pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so I I get why it's a hard gig, but you know, for some people, it was like a dream. Like for Kevin Hart, that's all he wanted to do was host the Oscars. Right. You know. Yeah, there are definitely some comedians that are just like perfect for it. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, like it seems like any, any time, you know, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler kind of got that role, they really knew how to write for it and play to the room. I mean, fucking the legendary guy is, is Ricky Gervais, man. You know, it's oh, just, just like, lighting them up. dude. I mean, yeah. Yeah, last year's one where it was like, you know, um, come up here, pick up your award, thank your agent, thank your God. And fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was just so good. It's like, don't come up here and uh, preach your politics because you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> and like, um, the, 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 the memeable moment of that is, you know, the Tom Hanks, like, mm, like face. Yeah, he's totally. <laughs> well, I love that. <laughs> and so we get our guy, yeah. Filipino American favorite, Joe Coy. <laughs> he is widely popular and very rich he has made a lot of money on the filipino accent and being oh my god yeah and he's not even the first one to do it right yeah and um and so yeah i think we're both kind of you know similar to how i think you are a uh, a leo truther or i forget how <laughs> you put it like you're a leo doubter or something um, oh, skeptic? Skeptic? I mean, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm used to. Yeah, I I use skeptical. Yeah. So yeah, not sorry, not a truther. Um, 
That's more conspiracy. Yeah, I think we're <laughs> we're kind of Joe Coy skeptics, which is a little oh, odd yeah. That's for mm. for two. Obviously, you're 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 Filipino, Filipino. I'm American, but Phil, Phil Am. Am. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, there's a pressure. There's a pressure in the community to like Joe Coy. I feel like there's a pressure. Oh, to, oh you do. I, to I'd be say. like, oh, Joe Coy, he's our guy. Come on, you don't yeah. like him. <laughs> And and I kind of like really? that. I like that you have an assertiveness I can latch on to, because I don't for really sure. be the, I don't be laughing that much. I, like obviously, I'm happy. Yeah. For, I'm happy he's successful, do his thing. I'm not that big a Joe Coy fan, you know. And comedy is so freaking subjective. It's so hard right. to like tease out why something's funny. It's like it's not worth trying. Mm-hmm. It just either hits you or it doesn't. Um, but yeah, yeah, Joe Coy bombed apparently. <laughs> and um, uh, the only bit that I can say that I saw was the um, like there's a part where he actually just starts like throwing whoever wrote the jokes under the bus like he was like oh, uh, I didn't write that like kind of thing and I'm like what the uh, fuck dude that is like, terrible yeah yeah that's like stuff you see from someone who's bombing at an open mic you know what I mean yeah. Right, exactly, and then he doesn't even do it well because you know he's a he's obviously like a fucking people pleaser. So like you know, I I'm more of the in the belief of the Patrice O'Neill method that he talks about, where it's like if you're fucking bombing, you take everyone with you. Yeah, <laughs> you drag them down, like fucking lean into it, make it weirder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then sometimes what happens, and this is what Patrice O'Neill talks about. You can turn them around. Yeah, you start winning them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that that's like a beautiful thing that I think only happens in stand up. Like you don't get that like in musical performance. Like if the fans are like booing you, there's no coming back from that if you're bombing musically. Like <laughs> Yeah. That's it for you. Like get off the fucking stage. Yeah. That's the art. Is can you mm-hmm. And you know, it's similar to Chris Rock at that Oscars when he got slapped. You know, there's right. You get these rare moments. Also, when um, I think, yeah, when was it when um, they announced the wrong winner of the Oscar? Oh yeah, twenty sixteen. That yeah. you'll never forget that one. That was like a crazy ending. <laughs> so yeah, so all these moments, you have a stand-up comedian there. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're hosting Chris Rock. He's the guy who got slapped. Joe Coy. Right. He's the guy bombing. And the award <laughs> one, I forget who the host was. It might have been Steve Harvey. But, you know, you have a mm-hmm. comedian there to kind of seize this opportunity to, to, right. like, to, like, take this moment to the next fucking level and, like, yeah, it's point like you out. Bring your best bits. Yeah, and, like, go legend. Like, all those opportunities were yeah. opportunity. Chris Rock could have gone legend if he mm-hmm. cleverly addressed the slap, like, within the, le- the next 30 seconds. You know, oh, like that's that's so tough, though. I mean, you know, because he was like in fucking shock. Yeah, you're well, flustered. You can see it. But I'm just saying, yeah. like, if you're the if you're a comedian that's logged the hours and the years that these guys have logged, sure. you know, Joe Coy's been doing it forever. Yeah. And yeah, so in, in Joe Coy's, you know, it's kind of inexcusable. Like, you are, you should be battle tested. You should be ready right. to handle. Oh, really? I'm bombing at the Golden Globes. I really yeah. well <laughs> fuck you. Here that we go. And like great. if he if he did that, that would have been awesome. Oh my god. And instead it's legendary. this it's this weak yeah, like you could have had a moment right there. Right. And so it's those things that I think are truly special and mm-hmm. 
there's an alternate dimension in the multiverse mm-hmm. where he right. he wins the crowd back and it's it's a way better dimension to be living in there, there's a dimension right. where chris rock had like the perfect set of comebacks to the will smith yeah. slap and we're celebrating <laughs> chris rock to this day you know what i mean yeah, right. But uh, I, I think, Steve, that's, like, a really, like, fucking, like, gargantuan yeah. task. Yeah, no, do. for sure. That's like, asking I think that, the that's most. Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that, that's a rare, rare, like, mm-hmm. 0.0001% of, like, comedians would be able to, like, come back right. like that. But isn't Chris Rock that? Isn't Chris Rock? He should be. Th- I, know mean, what I mean, yeah, because yeah. he is up there. I mean, I would even uh, say, like, actually, you know, my all-time favorite, like, comedy special, because it was the first one I ever saw, was uh, Bring the Pain. Oh, yeah. Uh, so good. Chris Rock. Oh, God. And, you know, uh, yeah, and I learned so much about life from that fucking stand-up special. It wasn't just, <laughs> like, friend-zoning. I had no idea what the fuck that was until I saw the, mm. you know. Um, Bring the, the, the special good, and yeah, yeah. But dude, you know the other crazy thing. You know how I rant against Max um all the time. Like I think it sucks. Well, I guess no Warner Discovery sucks. Like it's one of the worst mergers in the history of like Hollywood. I feel, and you know Zaslav is one of the worst uh, studio heads ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll never get HBO money now. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Not that we're bad, <laughs> bad mouthing them. But yeah, that, that's the thing with Max is that um. Uh, you know, it's their own property. It's fucking HBO. Like, it's an HBO comedy special, which was a big deal. I don't know if people remember because, you know, mm-hmm. Netflix just keeps, like, crapping out, like, specials all the time. They made it not special. Yeah. You know? Um, but it's HBO's own special, and they don't have it on the Max app. Like, you can't fucking stream Bring the Pain. Sad. It's like, what yeah. the fuck? Like, it's one of yeah. the best things you have, and you're not... Mm-hmm. Like, I think they even trimmed down their stand-up by a lot. Like, before you used to have the um, those half-hour specials, like Chappelle's one was one of those, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't think you have that anymore. I haven't really, like, dug deep. Because, yeah, that's the other thing. The fucking interface for, for <laughs> Max sucks, Yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah, they've made everything like horizontal instead of like neat like columns as it used to mm-hmm. be. Yep. With the HBO Max, it's like man, Ugh, so ridiculous. Man. But yeah. Anyway, but Joe Coy. So yeah, we we've discussed this I yeah. think in past episodes, Steve. Like I I have no sense of Filipino pride. I'm just not a Filipino. <laughs> like re- you know, rescind my citizenship already even though i already have i'm fucking american now yeah so fuck you guys yeah uh but yeah ban me from the philippines i don't care i'm never coming back well you know <laughs> so, it's it, yeah. it's an interesting take that you have because i, I think yeah. there is a pressure for phil if, mm-hmm. if you're born phil lamb to try to recapture some essence of the philippines that right. you, that you never had and so uh-huh. and then here you are a guy from the philippines who's like hey Everyone just kind of chill out, just kind of do your own thing, and it's just—it's very refreshing, right. you know. Um, yeah, I mean, I've always just been a fucking outsider, you know. All the traits that they describe as Filipinos, like that's not who I am. Right? Fucking family oriented? No, <laughs> I like prefer to be alone. Like, fuck off, family. Double bill figures. Like, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like the you know that the very reliant on like you know so, you know familiar support. Uh, fa- family support and friends, you know, that kind of sure. thing. Like, we're always, like, in groups. Because I was the guy who was just fucking loner, Yeah, you know? 
Like, uh, maybe in an alternate universe, I'm a high school shooter. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that, that never happens in the Philippines, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like so a I never had... High school, yeah, like a school puncher. Yeah. yeah random and punches then, or you know, Yeah, I got uh, you. You know, just to shout out your other podcast, Steve, that I've been a guest on, uh, Filipino Time, oh, when yeah. I was a guest on there, I was re- recounting to you guys of just how much, like, I think me being an outsider in the Philippines was because I would leave for certain amounts of time and then I'd come back and then, you know, like even just losing the language, you know, because I'm not speaking it. Like I, I end up just speaking English and then coming back and then having mm. a weird accent and then everybody, you know, that that really, I now that I look back on it, mm. yeah, that definitely alienated me from everybody. That's, that's so, that's so interesting, Carlo. Yeah. 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 So like actually traveling at a young age fucked me up that way. And also, you know, it's like we moved around a lot. So it was like, I never really got to settle and like have long-term friends until like, I, you know, I was sure. in high school. Oh yeah. Um, so, interesting. uh, yeah, that all those things like separated me from Filipino culture. And then, um, yeah, it's just there's there's even just like general things that I I just don't give a shit about. It's like you know, uh, like I I just find like the culture like, and I don't want to sound like I'm I'm superior or that kind of shit sure. or like oh you know like that the takeaway is like oh he's so whitewashed now that's why he's like so like dismissive of his his roots. Um, but no, it's not that. I just like find like Filipino culture and actually a lot of cultures that are like Spanish influenced to be frivolous. Mm. You know, like, and yeah, fucking cancel me on that. But it's like the corny, like, fucking jokes and the the daytime TV and, like, the fucking noontime shows. Like, I, I just find them so bad. It's kind of corny. Yeah. Yeah, it's corny. It's just like, yeah, it's frivolous. It's just like, man, it's not even fucking funny. Um, And it's just so all of that shit, like, was just separating me, like, at an early age. So, mm. you know, we talk about, like being opinionated and standing by that taste like uh, i was in doubt because i was like why don't i like what everybody else likes Mm -hmm. you know i always just was like moving away from it and then i guess the the continuous thing for me in my lifetime is the the rooting for the underdog or like Mm -hmm. the less liked so that's how my taste went too it's like okay well why don't people like this music like you know so i want to listen to that right (laughs) like you know if you want to talk about like uh you know, I, I get, like, called a contrarian, but I don't really think I am. It's just really that maybe that was the foundation for it when I was younger mm-hmm. in terms sure. of, like, determining my taste. But, yeah, we're, we're getting sidetracked away from the Filipino pride thing. But that's just to say that... No, it's good. I'll, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, this is the reason why I don't have any Filipino pride. And there's, there's a lot more cultural uh, mm-hmm. things, too, that I, I fucking oppose. But, you know, I don't want to get into that. Sure. But, yeah, so... Yeah. So I don't have any sense of Filipino pride. Okay, you know, fuck, you're Filipino. Good for you. Like, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, are, yeah. Do, you, do you have, like, any kind of, like, thing that I'm actually going to like and, you know, I, I'll want to support? Right. You know? And I'm, and I'm not like that, like, the snobbish, like, audience, like, you know, arms folded, like, you know, what mm-hmm. have you done? Like, kind of shit. No, it's really like, well, if I gravitate to something that you're doing, okay, like, you being Filipino is just, like, you know, a part of it. It's not... Like, um, yeah, that that's the reason why I like it. Right. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Uh, yeah. I don't that it doesn't factor in. It's just like kind of um uh, a bonus or whatever. Um, um. So yeah. So like, if Joe Coy, if he, I did find him funnier, and like, I I I feel like he has something original to bring to the table, in terms of stand up, then, then sure, I would be full like supporting him. You know. 
Sure. Like being, yeah, I want him to do well. I mean, you know, like I don't wish bad upon celebrities either because it's like it's a fucking waste of time. Yeah. But you sure. know, like if if there there's certain people that you root for, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, like he's just not a guy that I mean, you know. There's only one bit, and I'll admit I replay it a lot of times because there's one bit he does that is really fucking funny. Oh, that cool. was from the the Netflix specials, and it was the where he's just comparing the different accents. Mm-hmm. Like that was like a fresh spin on the Filipino accent. You yeah. know, it was like is that just doing the the mom like. Jokoy, yeah. what are you doing? Please yeah. use condom. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, that yeah. kind of shit. You know, like it's just been done yeah. so many times over. And like I would even say it's just ironic. Like one of the the specials where he's like hyping up other comedians, where you know he's actually just presenting. He has like a little bit at the beginning. I forgot what that show was called. And he even like goes back to the Philippines and like mm. does a show for them and shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he had, like, a whole slate of comedians. And one of the guys, and I remember, like, you know, when I would go to, like, a, a Phil Am fest, you know, where they, they have, like, the different booths with the food and shit. Mm-hmm. They'd have a, a stand-up comedian come up there, and it was uh, Joey Gila. And mm. he was doing this way before Joe Coy was around. Mm. And, and um, yeah, and he did it better. Like, I think Joey Gila does the best, like, Filipino accent, like, uh, sure. kind of... Um, uh, just, Act out kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, his 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 kind of take on it. I love that it's got like a a storytelling aspect to it, mm-hmm. like the ties to it. Like you know, the that actually is what makes it funnier than just the the accents themselves. Right. Yeah, it's just that oh, the, there's there's actually like legit setup. But mm-hmm. you know, he's now fucking like doing a a small bit for for the guy who you know became bigger than him was Joe Coy yeah you know even though he was around longer like the guy yeah this Filipino food fest he was so fucking good man yeah. like he, he would talk about like uh, a white girlfriend who who's introduced to Filipino culture and you know she's like you know I love the pants sweat yeah <laughs> <laughs> or like yeah give, give me some more chicken adobe yeah yeah <laughs> It's like shit like that, like fucking uh, Joey Gila, man. Shout out to him. Like, let's fucking get Joey Gila as a guest on the show, let's man. Go, yeah. You know, he's from LA. Um, you know, and I'll find out a way to reach out yeah. to him. I think I, re- I remember like reaching out to him on MySpace actually. Right. Let's get him on. It was that long ago. I wonder if he has yeah, a feed. I was like, yeah. Joe- cool. Yeah, I was like fucking Joey. No, no, he should do that for Filipino. Oh Filipino. yeah. No. Fresh on kabayan, pare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you should do it for that, you know. We're flips. Come on, and you're fucking from LA too, so right. you know. Yeah. Um. Uh, so we got that. Cool. Um. But no. Um. I'm. I might even fucking do that in person. I'll. I'll go to him and we're we'll fucking record. Oh, sweet. But um. Uh, but yeah, like uh. Yeah, he he was just so fucking funny, man. Like mm. Joey Gila is the best. So shout out to Joey, and mm. yeah, hopefully, no. This would be the funny thing if we get fucking Joey on the show. And we review Joe Coy's movie. Oh my <laughs> what, god! What was the movie called again? I fucking was I it forgot the title. Was it Nanette? Was it? No, 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 no. You're thinking about comedy specials. No, okay. The, the movie was like kind of like Easter Sunday or something. Easter shit like Sunday. That. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> that was it. Well, hold on, yeah. Here, here. It, I'll look it up. Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't even. See, you type Joe Coy. It's like Joe Coy Golden Globes. <laughs> And I think we've like dedicated more time to this than we Easter did. Sunday, yeah. Easter 20, Sunday, yeah. Easter Sunday. Release, yeah. Yeah, nobody fucking watched that. We didn't even mention it on the show at all. Like I think maybe we teased that like we might like rent a theater with a family. Yeah. But it didn't happen because I, I think like 
it was just like difficult to get everybody together or some yeah. shit. But if for the best, like I really think that was for the best. But yeah, long story short, like you know, I don't wish harm upon Jokoi or like uh, the end of his career. You know, I sure, I, I feel like sure. it's just um uh yeah, it's just I I don't give a shit either way. <laughs> like yeah. you know, if he did well at the Golden Globes, good for him. But yeah. if he didn't. Um, you know, I'm um, sorry. You know, sorry that that happened to you. <laughs> I do like that um, they gave out a new award at the Golden Globes. They gave out something for stand-up oh, was it? comedy for the first oh, time. Oh, that's good. I think so Ricky, who won? Ricky Gervais won, I think, for like his special, <laughs> which is like, oh, a how, funny how thing. Oh, how ironic. But it, it just got me thinking about, are there other kind of weird pieces of media out there that don't get enough love and that, that there could be a Golden Globe award? And so I, I thought of one. Video so, games? Video games. Oh, that uh, might be a, a good one. Yeah. Yeah, because you know the BAFTAs give a, uh, you know the British Academy Awards. They they give awards to video games. It's great. That that would be good. Yeah. yeah. Or or like mm-hmm. I, I'm sure at some point you'll get one for like YouTube clips or something. You know. What the fuck? Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know. Uh, pump the brakes a little, Steve. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't get to that point. No. Okay. Well, <laughs> I want to give out an award to someone who I see putting in big work. Okay. I see her weekly. Um, okay. So I want to give an award to Maria Menounos for all her work <laughs> at every gas station TV. Um, she's like hosting every gas station show out there. Yeah, she's seemingly. Actually, don't, you, don't you know, Steve, she's actually inside the screen there. Those yeah. are multiple mini Maria Menounos. Maria Menounos. It's incredible. So the gas station award. 2023 goes to Maria Menounos. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to MM, man. And M&M. man, still looking good after all these years, man. I still remember seeing her when I was a kid. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. yeah. She, she's been doing it for 20 years, just like the hosting. Amazing. She yeah. could host the Golden Globes and it would be fine. You know what I mean? Fuck yeah. Like, yeah, give it to MM, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just. Yeah, actually, I would appreciate more, like, female guests. And they don't have to be fucking comedians, you know? It's no, just, like, yeah, they just have on. to be fucking charming. Like, like be like, um, uh, I want to say, like, Jessica Chastain. But, you know, uh, again, oh, sure. if you're an actor, I'm just it's thinking, different. like, do you really want to give, like, a three-hour live performance, you know, for, yeah. for these people and they're your peers kind of thing? So I, I think, yeah, sure. that, that kind of scrutiny is, like, would... would chase away that's why yeah they'll they try to get comedians instead. i mean you know who would be good is petros just get <laughs> petros up there just and then yeah roast people alive for for their la credentials <laughs> yeah it's like yeah yeah what are your fucking bona fides man <laughs> yeah i've never seen you at any local restaurant in town yeah <laughs> come on yeah, you fucking poser, you fucking yeah. transplant. <laughs> like that would be great. I would love to see that version okay. of the Golden Groves. Okay. Oh shit, we gotta mention that then when we we have him back. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, we'll, we'll campaign Petros for Golden Groves. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the the next appetizer real quick. Uh, all right. Letterbox wrapped. Kind of a cool thing that they're doing. I don't know. Did they do this last year? Uh, it's done every year, but it's funny how it's evolved over the years because it's like um, once they started to do introducing like the the pay premium stuff, like mm-hmm. um, they started taking away more and more of that. Like before, you actually used to just have access to it on your main page, mm-hmm. and it had all your stats and shit. And I mean, you know, they they'd already when I joined, they'd already introduced the pro 
version and the patron the patron version was later that they added that that's like the the one tier above pro Ooh, okay. um well i'm free i'm free 99 yeah same yeah, yeah and uh, it's totally fine and you know like even the ads don't bother me you know it's like no, i don't give a fuck right. as long as it's like not a pop-up that like plays a fucking video you know uh with sound not then uh yeah i'm good well i was surprised most in looking at my wrapped by yeah. my most watched nano genre, I could not have guessed that this was the nano genre that I watched the most. Blood, action-packed, brutal. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, just going by the numbers, like sure. um, it, it, it really messes up the averages, especially with like the most watched like actor or director. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, like I, I saw with yours, you had fucking Dennis Hopper because what he was in OC and Stigs and what else did yeah. we watch that you had him in? You know? Yeah, it was. Um, I don't quite get it, but um, mm-hmm. oh, um, my actually, yeah, my most watched actor was Willem Dafoe, and it was oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, mine was Dennis Hopper. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I mixed it up. Yeah. He was in Northman, John. I watched the OG John Wick, Asteroid City, and Poor Thing. So, yeah, four. So, that's pretty wow. decent. Damn, I forgot he was in Asteroid City. But I do yeah. I do like my most watched theme, mm. uh, Fairy Tale Fantasy and Enchanted ma- Magic. <laughs> I guess I'm right. guessing that's, that's from all, all the family films I've been watching with, with the fam. Yeah, which, that's which, beautiful. Which, which is nice, dude. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really enjoy th- this wrapped. Yeah, was there anything that you gleaned of, of interesting note from the um, wrap? Yeah, I'm 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 just trying to bring it up right now. Um I sorry, it wasn't Yeah, prepared. no, yeah, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> you know, like for me, I look at just my numbers and it says I I logged 77 films and that's mm. a lot for for you. Yeah. For me. Whereas, like, I think Kay maybe did 900, I think she mentioned. Oh, dude, yeah, she almost hit uh, 1000. Yeah. Last year, and uh, you know, just Legend. um, yeah, just a little leak. I mean, Kay doesn't listen to the show, so we're good. I when I last talked to her, she was saying that the she's actually taking a break from movies right now mm. and just playing um Death Stranding. Oh, fun! <laughs> Way to go, Kay! Yeah, yeah. So, so um, yeah, she's um kind of on a hiatus from movies, and uh, so good for her. But I, I think yeah, her her and Amanda, I think, can go toe to toe with just the numbers. Oh my god. Yeah, it, it's wild. I, I just don't know how they do it. Like, yeah, we, we gotta get the two of them. No, actually, yeah, let's change it up. I mean oh, I'm I'm biased okay. towards Christina, but I think yeah, it should actually be more accurate for Amanda and Kate to be us, you know, if we do a, yeah. a female episode. Dude, we can just like Epic. let them go. Like, you know, you Love guys it. talk. <laughs> It's like the 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 you know the the wives gathering where they you know they <laughs> they force the husbands to socialize. You know about this. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like that kind of thing. Just it will be awkward between Kay and Amanda. Like you know, it's like so. How do we do this? <laughs> I mean, it could turn into like movie food red scare where it's just like it's oh, like shit. gold, and then and they become bigger than us because yeah, they're totally. Women. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm gonna be kicking myself. I'll be like, oh shit, forced <laughs> retirement. Like uh, it's over. Like yeah, they they like instantly like get like thousands of subscribers and like, they deserve the fuck? it. We've been doing this for three seasons and then the fucking movie food red scare like beats the shit out of us <laughs> in one fell swoop. Like oh it was my meant God. to be. But yeah, laws of the internet, man. It's just uh, that's just how it is. You that's just how it goes, do so dog. Much better. We gotta work harder. <laughs> we gotta work stronger. Right. That's right. Exactly. We gotta compensate. But yeah, no, that that's it. Um. 
Yeah, I'll I'll just say with my um my takeaway from my rap was yeah I also really enjoyed my um my genre because I I really I mean I think I even posted it on um mm. on uh, our movie food Twitter that it's yes. like um yeah. it was just like me to a T, mm. you know um but man I I can't bring it up for some reason do you do you still remember what it was? Okay, yeah, I got your photos. Mm. So your most watched director was the Scorsese. Um, <laughs> Not surprising. That could be every year. <laughs> I don't want to spoil your highest rated, but then yeah, most watched. So most watched uh, theme. Yeah. So this is theme. So I think this is a broader category. Dreamlike, quirky, and surreal storytelling. There you go. Which is so car. That's a Carlo movie, dude. That is one hundred percent a Carlo I, movie. You're right, man. Like that's what I'm preoccupied with. You know, it's like I guess that there is that synergy, but I I, I don't want to say my that also limits my taste. But obviously, no. you know, the the types of stuff I want to make is also what I gravitate towards. You know, mm-hmm. um, when I totally. want to watch something, you know, but, and um, then and, and then your nano genre, which is kind mm-hmm. of in- interesting, coming off the conversation we were just having with uh, growing up a loner and 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 all mm-hmm. that stuff. Your nano genre is friendship, engaging, discover. <laughs> so it's like there, there's a yearning to like get it cracking. There's a, there's a yearning to like figure out who are your people and to, how to engage uh, them. Pretty cool. Yeah, dude. I mean that's yeah that's a good way of looking at it. But uh, I have a different interpretation. Okay, what's yours? Because this is like I guess my part of my reaching an age of wisdom mm. <laughs> is like the. The whole thing about, like, that is just, like, realizing how much my early life was shaped by movies. And, like, I had more realistic life experiences from watching movies than I did in my my actual life. Mm. So, the way I look at that nano genre is more like, oh, shit, this is, like, how I compensate. Or not really even compensate. It's just like that's what I'm used to now. Like my friends are movie characters, you know. And it kind of sad sounds a lot sadder than it actually is. It's not. It's just like, yeah, I enjoy watching movies where people are being friends. But it's like it doesn't give me like any FOMO or anything. If anything, actually, I feel like, oh, I'm a part of the group. If the movie does it well, like I feel like I'm one of the the boys in Stand By Me. Mm. Or like, yeah, I'm definitely hanging out with Linklater's, uh, you know, teens in uh, um in dazed and confused you know cool. that kind of shit yeah yeah you know so uh, that that that's what i'm drawn to and on top of that i also feel like these movies are also just very easy to watch they're like really kind of laid back and kind of you can just put it on you know and then you end up watching it like yeah a lot of, of movies about friendship have that vibe about them you know yeah. unless it's like uh, friends that had a falling out and then yeah that fucking sucks you know those movies are downers um uh but yeah for the most part uh well you know actually i can even name a movie that that is both the same like it satisfies both categories that it's uh it's like a laid-back like friendship movie but then it's also about how the friendship like fell apart um that's itu mama tambien Mm. uh which i would argue is still um uh um, alfonso Cuarón's masterpiece sure you know it's not um children of men or um What's the one that won the Oscar? Um, uh, what was it called? Roma? I think it was yeah. called Roma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the black and white movie. Yep. But yeah, that that's really it. It's just like um, with the with I think the nano genre, it's really appealing to my taste uh, in in like that subconscious level of like, yeah, I enjoy these movies because they're pleasurable, you know, like um, and and that's really it. Like they're they're just 
easygoing movies. Like, you know, I love, love that shit. Yeah. Yeah. As much as I love James Benning, you know. Yeah, which for sure. can be easygoing in its own way. Yeah. Slow cinema. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Some friendship movies are slow cinema as well. Um, but yeah, like that that's really it. Um at this point, like the the raft has kind of gotten watered down so much that sure. you know it's like yeah it's just a little bit of a sadistic. i didn't even look at my spotify rap uh, dude <laughs> like you know i've just like kind of lost interest in stats yeah. i guess it's like and also because i don't use it that much you know I, i've mentioned that before on the show multiple times that i listen to most of my music on vinyl and it's not a posing thing yeah, yeah. It's, it's like with the spotify thing it's like you like it if you if it represents you the way you want to be scene and it doesn't <laughs> and, and if it doesn't you're just gonna like oh i'm just gonna ignore this yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and yeah. it doesn't it doesn't define me because i've always been against the spotify model you know right uh i just don't like that soggy. Shit. i don't like yeah. yeah i don't like own not owning my own shit you know because like that's always the age now like people are getting wise to it is that age-old thing like it's better for you to own something physically mm-hmm. than um, to have like a download that like is hosted on you know a, uh, an app or a sure. website because they can just fucking take it away whenever they want. Yeah, you know, so you don't legitimately own it, and that that was the the whole argument with Amazon too because people were like, well, why am I buying it if I'm just like basically actually just leasing it from you? You know, oh shit, sure. <laughs> yeah, it's gotten to that point with with digital movies, you know, and and streaming. Um, so. Yeah, I would rather have the the phys- I I mm-hmm. own it. Um, you know, it's like uh, you can't take it away. Like Spotify, if you lose the fucking rights to the thing, like you know, and then also um on top of that, like you know, I listen to hip hop a lot. The 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 old like uh, OG first pressings are becoming so pricey now because mm-hmm. everybody's recognizing the value that like the samples can't be kept. So like right. they lose the rights to certain samples or like you know they they stole it illegally like you know just hoping that the original musician didn't hear it and then fucking died and then it blows up yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so that's how they fucking did the samples but now they got to like everything has to be like cleared and above board and all that shit so like they've been doing this thing that like pisses yeah. me off dude cuz it's just like it's almost like AI level shit where it's like, um, mm-hmm. oh yeah, let's just like rescore it. Like I, I think that's what they call it. They do. They say something where it's basically like they just redo the music, but with live musicians, mm-hmm. you know, um, to like, you know, if it's a drum beat or a snare that they can't use, they just have a live musician do it sure. and then they sample it. So it still sounds like a sample. Um, so that's what they do and it just like it fucking sucks like something is off like you know I'm not like the greatest ear like yeah I would say I I even have a tin ear even though I appreciate music like paradoxically but like I can feel that something is off Mm -hmm. you know with the sound and like yeah so with the with the um, the Spotify thing you know like uh, the example I'm using is, is basically De La Soul so you know these De La Soul records were like out of print for a long time and um now they're they're back in print, but they're in different form now. It's just like everybody recognizes that it's like this is the original record, you know, Damn. and that's what's on Spotify. So it's like you you can't even listen to the original, you know, even on YouTube, you know, that's the same thing. Like you have to find like somebody who had uploaded the original version of the yeah. the song, you know, to like listen to it, and then you know you get that for fucking free. You don't need to pay for that shit. So that's the other thing. It's the pay model of Spotify, and then you know the people only basically making pennies from plays. Sure. You know? It's like stupid. But anyway, fuck Spotify. 
okay. you know, another, another potential we closed another door steve like another potential sponsorship like a lot of pods are like are trying to get advertisers or we're yeah we're like no screw yeah, you we're, 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 we're doing the dave portnoy <laughs> approach <laughs> just like fuck everyone but spe- know, speaking like, of which hey hey, hey if you yeah. want if you want to support the show sign up on our patreon movie food we got multiple tiers you can get a jingle go check it out movie food on, yeah on, on, and on then Patreon. we we're, uh, we talked about this um, off record, but like we're potentially going to be adding a little, f- a few more like uh, trimmings to Spotify. Uh, spot. See, look at what's on my mind now uh, to ah. Patreon. That like a few more bonuses, you know. Um, yeah, so added you treats. guys will get more. Yeah, bonus. Uh, yeah, b- more bonus content. Like get more bang for your buck, you know. Um, yeah, and cool. yeah, yeah the, I think I think the most priceless thing that we offer, Stephen. I'm not just saying this as like a salesman. <laughs> ah. I think the most priceless thing we offer is is the jingle that you do because it's it's personalized. It's like if you come on the show, we'll play it, you know, for you as oh, like yeah. your entrance music. Kind. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, that that's more priceless than any other thing I think we can offer is is having a personalized. It's a jingle. unique yeah. experience, no doubt about it. Yeah, we're in the market to to, to make more. I, I got one in, uh, that I'm I'm dream, dreaming up. I haven't quite recorded it. That's gonna be debuting Sweet. hopefully soon. Hopefully early season three. So yeah. All right. Okay. Love it. All right. Okay, dude. Um. So I think that that wraps our <laughs> the appetizers that we had only planned like a couple of days. Our with brief these. appetizers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is just how we roll. All right. Here we go. Let's get into the main course. It's time for. Oh, oh, let's go. <laughs> I love that. It, like, I, I just feel so much more hyped for the award show. And here we are. M- Movie Food Awards 2023. Oh, what a year, Carlo. Um, yeah. And so looking at, at the board, I'm thinking let's save some of the, you know, larger categories, the more robust categories for towards the end. But the okay. way we're going to go, we're, we're going to kind of do a couple awards Mix in a couple clips from our friends. Mix in some some Carlo tears. Um, Let's go tears. I'm, it's like I'm crying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Carlo tears. <laughs> the, Car- the Carlo tears. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so, just in looking at the board, is there is there any category that stands out that you want to kind of hit early? Well, I, I just thought I'd follow your lead, man. I, I think okay. you have the best. Um, well, because you, since it's your categories that you introduced to me, like I think okay, you have cool. the best, like kind of route to to navigate through them. All right, here we go. Here we go. Let's pick. Right. Let's start it off strong. Let's go best sex scene. Okay. Oh shit. Okay, I'm very opinionated about this. Okay, okay let's so, go. So best sex scene for 2023. Um, this was one that came to mind right away. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I'm curious your opinion on it. I'm going with Infinity Pool, the peeing hand job. Um, <laughs> so the reason oh, why I, the reason why I'm I'm picking this is. You know, so this came out early 2023. I think I watched it in January or maybe February. Yeah, yeah, dude, it was an early movie. It came out in January. Like that was rare that we got like such a good movie that early. Right. Mm-hmm. Shocking film. R- really interesting. And I had just come off, I think earlier in like the month before watching Infinity Pool, I had seen The Northman with you. We covered mm-hmm. that movie. And so th- that was my view of Skarsgård. Was that, mm. you know, hey, Skarsgård, he's like this, he's awesome. He's a Viking, but he's noble. Yeah. He's honorable. Yeah. He's doing his thing. And this is 
you know, just coming full circle before Northman, I saw him in Godzilla versus Kong where he was kind of an annoying kind of goofball, you know, <laughs> which you can be. And then I mentioned to you, you actually have seen him earlier, but you just didn't realize he's one of the models in Zoolander, like his roommate. Models. Orange mocha frappuccino. Yep. No doubt. <laughs> Um, Earth the Brit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, Skarsgård really runs the gamut. And so I just seen him in the Northmen. Mm. And then, so just going to this hand job while he's peeing, I just cannot imagine. He's so emasculated in the movie. Yeah, ending know? up yeah. like that. And then just he just gets beat up and made fun of the whole film. Embarrassed, yeah. The whole deal. And, like, that's how mm. I now, like, if you mention his name, I no longer see the Northman. I see him getting <laughs> snuck up from behind by Mia Goth and almost caught in like this weird position where he doesn't want it to happen, but he's just like right. so, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so pathetic like... that it's happening. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it really is an example of like you know a man getting raped. Yeah, that's basically uh, what yeah. happened. It was it wasn't uh, you know it was not with his consent, and you right. know just like. Knowing he's this broad-shouldered, like big guy, like he's what six foot five, like he's fucking giant. Yeah, he's scars. Like, dude. Um, he's gigantic. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, and just yeah, the Northman. He's just so jacked, and then to move to this, but it's funny, Steve. I actually, I've kind of been dabbling a little more on X just recently. Um, not really the best way to start the year. If we're talking about the new year. Yeah, it's okay. It's but fine. Um, it's, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so uh, I've just been like randomly scrolling i don't know if you ever came across that tweet that was like saying that you know even though he he was born or not born or like he grew up like tall and good looking alexander skarsgård inside is actually still just like a weird little guy you know because and it had like these photos of him like you know especially you know his you know his imdb photo right oh no i gotta oh dude it's hilarious yeah yeah so i'll describe it for for the listeners who haven't seen it um yeah, it's him uh, wearing top half wearing a suit, like three piece Oh my piece suit. god. <laughs> and then he's in this underwear and socks and shoes, uh, lower half at the, a fucking red carpet event. You know, so it's it's shit like that, just like the, the kind yeah. of things that he does. Like, actually, I think out of all, you know, I, this is going to be like a subgenre in itself, pathetic. Uh, I can't even call him Skarsgård because you know of his dad and, and his brothers right you know? so uh, pathetic alexander let's just say that sure Path- pathetic alex for for shorthand uh pathetic alex like is, is a <laughs> subgenre in itself because there's all these performances that you can just like compile of him being just basically a bitch you know yeah, like dude. In, the, in, in a weak way to, like uh, yeah he kind of has that whole deal that's it yeah, yeah. It's interesting. like he gets slapped around and shit like um yeah there, there's just so many movies that are like that where he's he's a lot weaker actually my favorite um uh pathetic alex performance that i think is is like top tier because he's actually playing a version of himself in in it is w- when he shows up in atlanta uh i believe it's season three mm. of atlanta like the 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 fine the finale episode he mm-hmm. shows up as alexander sarsgaard <laughs> it's like it, it's pathetic alex uh <laughs> for sure like yeah it, the, that whole performance makes it worth it like i mean i i don't even remember or maybe it's a mandela effect that um there were some people campaigning for him to win an award for that that small role in atlanta you know like give him an emmy for sure. that shit yeah because it was that good and it, yeah. it made the whole episode and maybe even the season. It was a very uneven epi- uh, season. I mean, actually, yeah, the last two seasons of Atlanta were just, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. side note. 
Like actually, one of our uh, I'm gonna tease again. One of our potential future guests for this season. Like I, I, I want to get his opinion on Atlanta overall because I I knew his opinion after like season one, but then it, it might have sure. changed. Um, so I'm curious. Uh, cool. But yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, pathetic Alex. <laughs> I like that. Richard. So what's your pick for best sex scene of the year? Okay. Um, I'll I'll just put this as a caveat for all my awards. By the way, mm. like I'm I'm gonna keep it pithy and short. If basically, um, I have more to say about the movie. That okay. um, cool. yeah. So I just want to focus on why it's 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 in this award. Like you know, yeah. kind of like a, sure. the Ricky Gervais fuck off and get off the stage. Uh, so I'll make it short but sweet. So um, uh, this is the case for this one. Uh, my best sex scene is actually from Falcon Lake. Oh. Uh, which is a 2022 movie, but it kind of got its release in 2023, like in parcels, I want to say. Um, but yeah, the reason why this is the best sex scene for me, because I got to describe this too. It's also an unconventional sex scene like yours, Steve. You know, it mm-hmm. um, it doesn't actually involve any penetration as well. Um, but there is some ejaculation. Um, oh. um, far more graphic in, in, in Infinity Pool than in Falcon Lake. Um, but... Um, I'll just say it's kind of like the the climax of the movie, uh, no pun intended. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, it's like these two people coming together, um, and I'll describe the rest of it when, once I discuss it further because um, it's going to be in a later category. But uh, yeah, it's just them kind of coming together in an awkward way because they're both teens, so they don't know how to have sex. Sure. <laughs> so it just ends up being this weird thing, um, and yeah, we'll we'll. I'll yeah. dive a little deeper um, when that's beautiful I, though. That's great when it comes up. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a beautiful, um, not to sound like a pedo, but like yeah, uh, yes. And now yeah. we're getting censored because I mentioned that word. But um, you know, it's a beautiful teen sex scene. Like it's sure. just the, the yeah, it really captures the awkwardness of of teen sex and like just kind of you know the hormones like running wild and shit. Like you know, so it's just kind yeah. of like you don't know what to do. You know, you hump a fucking pillow. You know, that kind of thing. And even uh, as an adult, it just it just reminds you of just like you know th- th- those early formative moments in your own life that were just like mm-hmm. it's such a strong memory that just will last with you because yeah. because it's you know it's one of the first things you know as you're coming of age and so any movie that can kind of capture some of that stuff is like yeah pretty pretty magical and pretty cool and you have to but you have to be mature enough yet yeah, to not get caught up in the like oh am i a pedo or am i a weirdo for watching no, yeah. something no yeah for sure no and i, I just like, say that yeah yeah you know it's all in no. the skill of the filmmaker for right sure. no it, yeah, yeah yeah i i don't care like i'll watch movies about anybody like you know basically in the terms of the age spectrum it doesn't matter you sure. know, I'll watch a movie about a baby, but it's a, yeah, there's no kicks from that. I, I just meant more like, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a delicate thing. It's like underage sex, you know, basically, but it's like, they're the same age, so it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, it's just like, well, yeah, some people might get kicks from it, you know, um, but, uh, but yeah, that's like a rare, like chemical bullshit, but you know, just like being current, the fucking Epstein list. You know, uh, further uh, blacklisting us. Like we're, we're gonna what? What is it called? Shadow banned. We're getting shadow banned on the internet. Well, well good <laughs> for all the words we've been mentioning. But yeah, that that's really it. Like uh, for, to that point you're making, though, Steve. I'm definitely gonna uh, delve a little more into that uh, once I talk about the movie okay, later cool. on. Sounds so. good. Love all it. right, let's bang out one another one before we get to our clips. 
let's, let's get go. to uh, let's get to one of our more exotic ones. Let's do the best one take. Uh, we're, we're assuming everyone's familiar with what a one take is. Just a long ass take. Um, right. And so I'm going with with the obvious one. I'm taking John Wick Four, Dragon oh, Breath. Oh shit! Oh my god! I forgot about that scene. That's a one take. Holy shit! Yeah, the, right. j- just the overhead shot of John Wick swooping around with that gun that's yeah. shooting the, the thing and cu- catching everybody on Dragon fire. Breath, yeah. It's an exciting sequence. It's, it's a sequence that they hint at perfectly and they give you the right lead in. And yeah. then once, once it gets there, you're like, oh, here's that thing. Yeah. And it's and it's totally satisfying. You know, obviously, it's like it's like the 10th sequence in a, in a movie of like 20 <laughs> or whatever. But it's <laughs> right. like... But it's you know it's pretty good. So yeah, sh- yeah. shout out to uh, nah, John John Wick yeah, It's it's funny like just overall going through my list of of movies and stuff like I yeah John Wick Four doesn't show up at all. Okay. And um yeah, it, it, happy we got it in. It is true. It's like because it came out so early in the year, you still kind of feel like oh did it come out the year before? You know mm-hmm. because of the yeah, March sneaky. thing. Yeah, but also it's just like I I also was just feeling John Wick fatigue. I guess after the movie. <laughs> Yeah. It's just like enough John Wick for now, you know. It's like, <laughs> but I I really feel yeah. like you know the 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 power move is to merge three and four together and just yeah. make it like a fucking five hour epic, yeah. And then you know that's a masterpiece to me, you know. But just the fact that three ends on a cl- cliffhanger and then we get like another three hours of John Wick is just like man, that's just well, it's too much. And I think John Wick 3 ends with a yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so that's the one I from John Wick 3. I love that you had 3. it lined up. <laughs> and then 4 starts with a yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so shout out John Wick and the yeah. Oh, dude. shit. That's amazing. I never heard them back to back like that. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's so much more powerful. Hey, it's oh part of the experience. God. Yeah, and you know, just a funny side note too. You know, um, the Amoeba series, uh, the um, what's in my bag? Mm. Today they did Dog Star, dude. Fucking oh. Keanu's band. <laughs> so it was him and two other like fifty-year-old guys. Like I didn't, I didn't know that Dog Star's still been together for that long, man. We kind of got to see them live. Like that's you like, did. That's the next. No, I think. We, oh, us. I think yeah, that, that's something that, that we yeah. gotta do. Yeah, dude, they're they're like gonna be like our Grateful Dead. <laughs> Or like Rolling Stones. The summer that we follow Dogstar. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. Let's fucking go, dude. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm so down to do that. Love it, dude. All right. So uh, so, so what's what's your best one take, though? Come on. Okay. So, um, yeah, this is already going to be like a a left field pick, man. Like, like, you know what I'm going to be talking about. Like, I I guess I'm – I love to break rules. And mm. this person in this one take was also breaking rules, <laughs> but in in a, a potentially harmful way. So you know what I'm talking about, Steve. It's the the Rose Parade Road Rage. Oh yeah! Shout out yes, that guy. That, dude. Yeah, uh, Sydney Meacham. I still remember the dude's name oh, and like good. all the fucked up things that was revealed in the aftermath, which was like crazy that he shouldn't have he shouldn't have even been fucking driving. He right. his driver's license was right. suspended. Oh. And he obviously has all this fucking like uh, anger issues, and then on top of that, like he he's like a sex offender. Oh. <laughs> so there's all these fucking things about him that just like it it got better and better. Like when yeah. you know you see the video 
and then you're like, what the fuck is the context for this shit? And then, like, you, you start doing your research and you learn about who he is and, like, what could have potentially happened mm-hmm. when you actually, like, trace the route to. Like, yeah, it was like... um an augmented reality thing for me. <laughs> like it just yeah. really became like a uh, wide net and the internet, like it, it, it surrounded, it contextualized the video, you know, it just mm-hmm. like gave all these, these new kind of um, uh, perspectives. Like when you rewatch it, now you see like, you know, compared to like when you're totally clueless who this guy is and what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Now you know who he is and all this shit. And like, Oh now the anger makes sense like that it's yeah. his fucking mom on the phone that triggers him because like you know he he has like you know most uh you know um mm. sex offenders have that issue you know with their moms and shit you know God. so like the fact that he it sets him off like it makes total sense that he's a sex offender and you know that uh Man. yeah that he he has the anger issues so Ugh. um yeah, so <laughs> incredible one take, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, and I it's it's also a cheat though, Steve. Because yeah. you know uh, that's that's what <laughs> I was yeah. saying that like it, technically, yeah, you're basically seeing three different um one takes because it's his fucking the main sure. one is the the interior cab because sure. uh, he's driving a truck like a uh, uh, camera. Yeah. Then he has the one that's on the windshield facing outwards, and then he has the the um the fucking rear view. Uh, but, uh, so, so, but the, that's what I was saying when we first talked about it in the episode when Jacob was here, shout out to Jacob, um, is that the cutting of the video is fucking amazing. Yeah. You know, and also because <laughs> of the timing of the music, you know, that yeah. he, he knew exactly, he, talk about like hyping himself up. Like he knew what would hype him up to like drive through this fucking parade. You know? <laughs> And yeah, like we we talked about, he he didn't hit anyone, so that that's yeah. a good thing. So did did he edit it? No, no, he didn't. No, no, because um, that was the stupid thing that you know, as soon as he was arrested at the end of the video, they took it in for evidence. So he had nothing to do. So I have no idea who edited it. It was like the the you know the Portland police like media relations person. There's some kid in the yeah yeah that just had the footage and just willy nilly edited it perfect yeah exactly like this could be a fucking documentary dude like like who the fuck edited yeah and like who is that guy you know it's like where's richard simmons like that type of series this is like a whole 10 part serial podcast yeah yeah yeah. fucking uh, netflix would milk that the shit out of that you know (laughs) um yeah yeah but yeah like yeah the yeah the mysterious editor and you know there's other dashcam videos that are edited too but like not like this dude like this is mm-hmm. just like next level because it's like paced perfectly. Like somebody there had like an internal sense of rhythm to be able to edit it. And you know, I'm, I'm basically like, you know, uh, elevating this this dash cam video to like the level of cinema. That's what I'm doing. I'm I'm totally shameless about it. Yeah. That like I think it's actually worth worthy of the analysis. Yeah, because fuck the rest of the shit. Like let's give it the Golden Globe. Yeah, give Come it on. a fucking Golden Globe. See, you see. This is what I'm talking about, Steve. Like in terms of, I guess, yeah, we want to get more nuanced with the the YouTube internet video. Like, yeah, it can't just be like a pr- yeah. heavily produced YouTube video. It's got to be something kind of like yeah. accidental that it would, yeah, that I would root for. I'd be like, yeah, if it's like fucking like you know the YouTube classic, the the lady falling down the trap door in the bar. You know, like yeah. that kind of shit. Oh like those deserve lifetime achievement. Yeah, award yeah, that's like yeah. Hall of Fame award. You know. Like YouTube Hall of Fame yeah. award, yeah. So yeah, if they introduce that category, I'm gonna f- be fucking rooting for it. But if it's like, oh, we're giving the award to fucking Mr. Beast, like, 
curing a thousand no, yeah, blind children. That's not, yeah. yeah, like fuck that. That's not yeah. what I'm talking about. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm talking about that accidental. Yeah, weird yeah. Shit. So that yeah. that that's what I would co-sign with. You know, and like I, I can already foresee the categories because you know it's like sh- subgenres of YouTube that I enjoy. Like you know, one of my favorite things is like when a a song doesn't have a music video, and people make like their own version of like a music video. And it's not necessarily like they get their friends together and they fucking act in it. Sometimes it's like they use like um, mm-hmm. uh, clips from movies or like um, my favorite. And man, I'm I'm still kicking myself that I never saved it. And maybe I should just check um, archive.org if it was saved. But there was um there was a version of um, Wilco's uh, "She's a Jar," you know, and that that song doesn't have a video. Uh, I, are you familiar mm-hmm. with the song, Steve? Uh, vaguely. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this was like '90s, like the trend of like folksy alternative. You know, they, yeah, okay. Wilco is like at the forefront of that shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah so sure. that's what, yeah, you can imagine what it sounds like. But somebody like put that together with their like Super Eight like home movies, and it was fucking beautiful, man. Like that was cinema, you know. Oh. So I can imagine like a subcategory or a category in like the YouTube awards. Well, I guess if you know, if we're gonna put the YouTube awards like within Golden Globes, like, as its own thing. And not necessarily Monopoly on YouTube. Yeah, it should be, like, worldwide streaming. Like, fucking give it to... Uh, what, what's, um... Live Leak? Does that still exist? <laughs> like, oh the violent God. videos? It's gone, right? Yeah. It, Live Leak doesn't exist. I, I <laughs> but, think so, but yeah, yeah. But that could be its own award, too, you know? So it has to be the, the all the corners of the internet. I mean, they could even, like... You know, even though I know they won't, they'll never like uh, do porn, because you know? <laughs> I mean they have their own thing anyway, and that that has its own subcategories. So we're we're getting too deep into it, but like you know, it's just like there there could be these categories of like uh you know uh homemade uh, music video, you know that kind of thing. Like th- mm-hmm. that would be beautiful. Like dude, we we should just do it ourselves. <laughs> like we should we we should fucking host this fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, like, it. like be the first YouTube thing like presented. Yeah, who some executive or some executive's like assistant is listening to us right now and stealing all our ideas. Of course. <laughs> Shout out to that executive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. Um <laughs> so what uh did I give my pick already? What was it? Yep. Yeah, the um the rose parade. Okay. Cool. All right. So okay. so l- let's switch gears. Let's get in one of our um our clips submitted from past guests. Let's go to the omnipotent. Yes. What, you know, the one of the all-time greats. He's you know him, you love him, Bill Scurry. He sent in a clip, his 2023 favorite. And I'm going to play for you right now. I think it's a it's a, it's a little under 2 minutes. So yeah, here we All go. Right, Bill go. Scurry. Hey, movie food guys. Esteban Carlito. Thanks for asking me to contribute. Uh, my number one movie of the year will surprise no one. It is still The Holdovers, even after my five-hour-long marathon session on the podcast. My feelings haven't changed. Um, Alexander Payne is an event when he drops a movie. He's my favorite working filmmaker. If I mean, perhaps not the best filmmaker working right now, but it's just I have a warmth about his, his mm. material. It hits me in such a way. That Love I can't that. say any other filmmaker really gets that kind of territory. Right. So uh, Holdovers was a, is a part, I think, with Election and Citizen Ruth and Descendants and Sideways Nebraska, so on and so forth. Um, all these familiar themes, really well synthesized stuff. One of my favorite actors, Paul Giamatti, of course, uh, reteaming for the only... I think this is the first time he's working with the lead actor in two different roles. Uh, usually he 
bring people back in smaller roles, but this is a big step for him mm. to ask Giamatti to essentially um, uh, essay his amanuensis in the, in the movie. Um, I have to admit, though, yeah. that this gave a run for my money. A movie I just saw in the last week and a half is Godzilla Minus One. <laughs> yeah, Bill! Yes. A little shocked to Let's be go. Let's go. Pleased, yeah, uh, to report that it was amazing. I mean, <laughs> I was completely flabbergasted by um, the, the craft, the scope, the scale, the choice of storytelling. It's just something else, man. Um, mm. I mean, they got Godzilla right, but it is just almost like a lost you know, a second-tier uh, Ozu movie or something like that. Talk about <laughs> Japanese nice. post-war ennui, existential, uh, uh, you know, despair on display. I mean, it's it's a real humanist piece of work. And then all of a sudden, after about 35 minutes, Tokyo's getting flattened by a radioactive <laughs> breath beam. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of a miracle, especially when that hero of Kube score kicked back in again it's like if your hair's not standing up in your arms then you must be dead inside uh so there you go how about how about one and number two just uh, for a bonus segment thanks a lot guys and uh, look forward to 2024 oh Whoa, love he, it did he add that in or was that you that was me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. I, mean, I have I have that. all these old, old I have all these old like Godzilla sounds in the oh, soundboard. That's yeah, so dope. Funny. But yeah, <laughs> Bill did that. That's like the <laughs> ultimate mic drop. We just pack up. We're done. The show's yeah, done. That's good. What the fuck, Bill? I sh- I should have given the credit to Bill there. I should have just lied. <laughs> no, said, yeah, yeah no, Bill edited good. it in. He's good. Oh man. But yeah, oh. of course the holdovers. That that's a movie that's a total Bill movie. It's getting a lot of love. I think I saw it get a lot of love on the wrong reel. You know, got they it. did their YouTube stream, yeah, which I was awesome. Shout, up on that. Mm-hmm. shout shout out to all of them. Um, yep. The, you know, holdovers got a lot of love. It's definitely it's a Bill movie. I haven't caught it yet, but uh, I'm sure it's one of those that's like really really good. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious what you make of it, Steve. Because cool. um, yeah, it, it it's like still a winter movie. Um, I mean, oh, yeah. it, it's it's a Christmas movie. It really is. Like I I think I mentioned that uh, in that episode mm. with, with um with Bill that um I can see it potentially just being like a TV staple, Love even it. though it has cursing in it. You know, I mean, there'll, there'll be a censored version of it that sure. will exist because there's nothing really on screen that happens as particularly egregious. You know, Love it. so it's just really the cursing that's what makes it an R-rated movie. Um, but, but yeah, um, just, uh, yeah, shout out to Bill. Thanks for, uh, yeah, like Bill. kicking us off that way. But also I want to say, I love how th- that like clip embodied like Bill's taste in the nutshell, which mm. I love so much where the first, he, he got us in the first half, you know, cause oh, we yeah. fucking could predict that it was uh, going to be Alexander Payne and uh, oh, yeah. the whole Bolivers, you know, like that's not surprising, but then he get then the second half comes in and oh, I'm like, right hook yeah, to the gut. Yeah. Fucking Bill has like these, these left field picks sometimes where I'm like, wow, Bill, like I thought I had your, your taste down pat, but then it's like, man, you come in with that surprise. And then I'm like, fuck. Well, yeah. <laughs> well he's not wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong. I'm sure Godzilla minus one is going to make an appearance in the app same yeah so yeah so i guess for both of us yeah yeah we'll we'll save it there Mm -hmm. yeah thank you bill what a year all right let's keep it continue let's Let's go go to let's go to um let's go best original song okay so this is a song in a movie that we that we saw that was like you know original i've Mm -hmm. already played mine on the pod but i'm just gonna go ahead and play it again let's go it is uh it is from 80 for brady way back when (laughs) 
Third and long, this is our song. Here we go. Third and long, this is our song. Third and long, this is our song. I love that song. I'm fucking cringing on air right now. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's 80-year-old lady is watching Tom Brady making up songs. It's football season. Carlo, I don't know if if you're aware. The Mm. playoffs are starting. And there's just going to be a lot of third and longs. And every time I, I see a third <laughs> and long, so that's our song. That's our song. Oh, shit. Okay. It's in my brain. It's just part of who I am yeah. now. It's a, it's a self-report. I think this is a part of me being more assertive and not being embarrassed. Own I'd be it, liking dude. this third and long song, dude. I'd be liking this this song. <laughs> okay. So shout out to all the old, old ladies out there. Third and long, this is our song. Congrats. Mm-hmm. Best original song. 2023 movie awards. <laughs> movie food. Give it the award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all the categories. There you go. All right, so I'm sure you're going to round this out with something on the opposite end here. So, yeah, help us out. What was your pick for best original song? Okay, so I should have probably told you ahead of time because maybe you you could add it in later. Oh, into the Um, soundboard, sure. Yeah, 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 because, um, uh, yeah, just make a note of the Mm -hmm. (laughs) timestamp. But um, I I struggled with this award. I'll admit that, Steve. This is one of the things. Because I don't... I don't particularly pay attention to original songs, you know, right. in movies. It's just like I mean, I, I I obviously have an aversion to to musicals, you know. Um, maybe I'll challenge myself uh, this Ooh. year. Uh, hint, hint. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, that's really it. It's just like I don't yeah I don't really care for original songs in movies really because it's like. Uh, I mean, it would have to be in the context of the movie. Like, I don't want somebody just bursting out into song, right? You know, yeah. And I mean, you know, your your yours was. It's it's definitely in the context of the movie because <laughs> we even see that they're fucking offbeat from whatever like needle yeah. drop they have playing over the credits, playing it's over it. Sick. Yeah, it's super off. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hate that. Like that. Like, who the <laughs> fuck makes like creative decisions like that? You know, if you have, like, one musical thing going on, don't fucking layer it with something else that's, like, completely incongruous to it. Yep. It's just, like, that's so stupid. Um, and it's just, like, yeah, it again, you know, I'm not shitting on your, your picks, team, but it's just, like, <laughs> I gotcha. it goes to... No, it goes to show the ineptitude of the filmmakers, of the you know, because they, yeah. they don't give a shit of, like, aligning the sound. And, you know, uh, the most culprits of this are fucking comedies, you know, because they don't give yeah, a shit. Yeah, dude. You know? Um, what yeah, is that? And, and good comedies that I like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only one where I think, like, it gives proper pause to, like, any of the musical bits and talk about original songs is um, there's something about Mary. You know, like, that's perfect mm. in terms of the yeah. balance of original songs plus, like, the context of, like, the songs within the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that that that's my, my example of, like, yeah, they, they give... Yeah. I forgot the guy who who composed all the songs and who's perf- also performing it. Like he, um, they give him the adequate time and space, and you know yeah. it's not ever overshadowing like with a score or some shit. You know, yeah. it's like that. That's the way to do it. All right, like, but that like, being said, I was gonna say, was there a soundtrack or anything that? Stood yeah, out no, I I almost uh, settled for that, but I think we have a similar award, so I don't want to fucking like over overshadow overshadow or it. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, cool. yeah, yeah. So. Um, but it was like late in the game, dude. Like it was the last movie I watched last year <laughs> for the final time, even though Letterboxd doesn't position it that way for some weird reason. No, I think the reason is because I actually watched um, 
uh, Dave Chappelle's uh, The Dreamer in between. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I'd pause the movie, took a fucking nap, woke up, watched The Dreamer, and then, like, oh, yeah, I should finish this movie that I was watching earlier. Like, talk about, like, total ADHD. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that's how my viewing habits sure. be. So, like, Letterbox officially puts The Dreamer as my last um, uh, mm-hmm. thing I watched in, in 2023. That is false. The very last thing I watched, and this is my nominee, or nominee, my awardee sure. for be- uh, Best Original Song, is Chris Pine doing a fucking... You've seen the memes. The the warped, uh, like, loot <laughs> performance that he ends up oh, doing yeah. in fucking Dungeons & Dragons, uh, Honor Among Thieves. Wow! Congrats, Chris Pine. Yeah, dude. It, yeah, that's my best original song. Like, I, 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 I'm sure it's probably on YouTube. You can watch the clip, but it's, cool. it's hilarious and entertaining. I mean, uh, the, the I'll, I'll talk about Dungeon Dragons a little more. It's gonna come up like, later on. But yeah, that's my best original song. Love it. Yeah, he's having a good year because he was also singing in an animated film that my kids just saw, Wish. So yeah. Oh, okay. And so, then yeah. yeah, he um, he's kind of a musical guy. He directed guy. the movie too. Yeah, yeah, he directed the movie, The Pool Man. <laughs> I want to see this Whoa. fucking movie, man. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be like this really bizarre, like modern noir kind of, uh, oh, you know, detective like mystery. Yeah, and yeah. he's the fucking pool Jennifer man, and he Jason looks like Lee. a homeless hippie. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally down to see this. I don't know when it's maybe it's gonna be a 2024 release, but we'll see. Maybe it might be worth an episode. We'll, we'll uh, love it. Cool. We'll investigate. Um, yeah, he's having a moment. Pine. Cool. Yeah. All for right. Sure. Chris Pine, man. All right, great. Let's keep it moving. Do you have a most annoying character? Oh, shit. I don't think I have that, but no, I can, I can give you one. Um, yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> I can, uh, I can uh, a skin off my ass, yeah. All right. So, yeah, this might have been one that, that we added in late. I forget. I just want to give a shout-out. Um, for my most annoying character of the last year, this is beating out a very honorable mention to the Grand Marquis, um, the other Skarsgård from John Wick 4. <laughs> Bill. Yeah. This is a movie that, that was a first-time watch, so not a 2023 release. Mm-hmm. This is going to Shelley Duvall's portrayal as Millie from Three Women. Um, Annoying. Oh, shit. This okay. was a movie, you know, she she obviously, you know, she's playing an annoying character. Like, the character mm-hmm. in the context of the film is annoying everybody. Yeah. And she's doing it so well. Yeah. In the first fifteen minutes, I was feeling annoyed by her, but I it, but I was confused <laughs> by it. I wasn't sure if I was supposed supposed to be annoyed, and then once the right. other characters started reacting to her as if she's annoying, it then was like, oh, okay, I'm safe, I'm good, and I got to mm-hmm. really enjoy her play that role. Just really cool. Mm. The movie made it into my into Steve Smith's Cinemonian. Shout out to yeah. Shelley Duvall and, and three women and Altman and the whole deal. So yeah, mm-hmm. love it, Millie. Yeah, amazing, good pick, man. Um, yeah, and I, I yeah, we we definitely talked about this. Oh, in, yeah. on the episode, yeah, for sure. Just like how how annoying she is, and like yeah, I guess that's the beauty of Altman is the the ability to kind of adapt, um, mm-hmm. like uh, the ball. audience's reaction, yeah, uh, uh, to like the the actual characters in the movie. Exactly, like you know, to yeah. to match that, yeah, is is yeah, that's fucking talent. To be able to do that really cool um yeah great episode too with christina um yeah that's one of my favorite mona lisa beatty yeah mona lisa beatty check her out man um all right um is it my turn oh yeah most annoying character for me 
Mm-hmm. Holy shit! There's a lot of nominees uh, for this. I have a feeling this is a tough, a tough one for you, and this might be an improper read, but I'm just gonna say it. I feel like a lot. I feel like you're the kind of person that gets annoyed by characters or by people often, and so I feel like you probably encountered quite a few of these types of dudes in real life, like in the movie theater. Sure. Um, and then, but 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 yeah, as far as like, are they occurring on film? I don't know. Um. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say, yeah, I, I think one of the things that like is consistent that annoys me in real life and then also annoys me in, in movies are characters who can't make up their mind. <laughs> oh. Like that's really anno- and they're like, no, it's actually a, a more deadly combination. It's not just that they can't make up their mind. It's like they're they can't make up their mind and then they make impulsive decisions. Like yeah. that to me, like gets in my crawl. I don't know why. You're oh. Like you know, that shouldn't fucking bother me, especially if that decision doesn't affect me either way. But it's just like you know how when e- people's energy, like it just kind of mm-hmm. falls upon you because you're in their vicinity. You know that kind of thing. And yep. yeah, that's that's what I get from people like that. So like, and also being like historically an indecisive person myself, and like you know probably still there's certain decisions where I'm like, man, if it I was really put in this you know i i like forward think that this situation where i had to choose between one or the other like would i be able to make that choice like you know it's like that kind of thing Mm -hmm. so i understand the indecisiveness like that that's fine you know and um i'll tell anybody now who is generally indecisive don't fucking believe the horoscope for libras that they're indecisive like that's not true because i Mm -hmm. i'm living proof of that that basically like eventually as you get to know yourself better like you become less indecisive you know, right. and I guess that that's another thing, like just relating to annoying characters that 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 also kind of annoys me. Like uh, people who who don't know themselves and they're like filled with anxiety about it, <laughs> instead sure. of like being like an enlightening like this journey of discovery. Because I guess that that makes for less interesting movies. If that was just sure. the thing that is all positive, like just getting to know yourself. Like <laughs> yeah. I can't even think of an example of a movie that's like that. Um, that's really it. Like so, there's a lot of annoying mm-hmm. check marks or boxes that you can tick <laughs> sure. for me um in reality and in 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 movies but um i will just say like yeah i'm working on it i i mean i'm i'm trying to be as open to people as much as possible and mm. trying to get it get where they're coming from and i guess i should be more empathetic to movie characters as well but oh put a pin on this too because that might actually come up later on as well just like oh, this cool. whole thing of treating the real world the same way as you do in the movie world like you know uh, applying the right. rules to it so put up in it that's going to come out again later on um Love but it. yeah uh just a long preamble to annoying characters but i think my my winner is um uh just because two she was grossly miscast um uh, it's going to be uh shailene woodley in ferrari most annoying character. Right. Uh, I as... saw Ferrari. I know what you're oh, you talking did. about. Yeah, I exactly. And oh, yeah. I, sometimes, you know, when it's miscasting, I don't blame her. You know, I I mean, I, I wrote a recent review in uh, on Letterboxd about Miami Vice, which I also rewatched recently. So much fun. Uh, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I said, like, Michael Mann just has – he's the, the director with the poorest judgment that I love the most. <laughs> sure. Like, he, yeah, yeah, he just makes, like, baffling choices like this where it's like, wh- why? Like, what is the logic of casting her? I mean, even just in general, like, why cast... Even though, like, fucking Adam Driver and, and Penelope Cruz are great in it, you know, it's like that That was the issue that was brought up against the movies. Like, why are none of the main cast um Italians? You know? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> 
Like, it's not like they're, they're lacking in acting talent over there. Like, fucking... Um, I'm trying to think, though, who are the current um, Italian actresses. And I'm, I'm just drawing a blank, you know. I mean, uh, but... Uh, I'm Monica yeah. Bellucci, but, you know, she's kind of a little older. But, yeah, she could have been great in uh, Penelope Cruz's role. I could, oh, She would play it oh completely my God. differently. Jesus. Right? Yeah. You know, exactly. And, you know, um, fucking Monica Bellucci is also bilingual. She she can speak French. I Well, I guess trilingual, too, because she speaks English. She's multilingual. Let's just yeah. say that to be safe. Yeah, but she can she can, she can speak different languages. So it's like, you know, there's something... I mean, you know, I find that very attractive, like polyglots. But also, um, you know, it... it, it kind of implies a level of intelligence you know that you, you mm-hmm. are able to retain like you know you have like different words uh in different languages for the same thing like that's just crazy to me that you're, you're able to like file that in your head you know <laughs> that is like right, yeah, yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, what was the tagalog word you said earlier um uh, I think I said season Tatlo. I think that's just Tatlo, three. yeah, three. Yeah. So you basically said three in different languages right there. You said Spanish too, right? Tres. Um, season tres, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. So it's just like the fact that the brain has that ability to like have the, you know, that we've reached that level with language that we can understand multiple ones and have like the the kind of, um, I, I just imagine it as a filing cabinet. Yeah, like the, in, in my image, like a file cabinet in your head with the, you know, with the three uh, meanings for three, you know. Uh, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I pulled yeah. them all out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that that's just really it. It's just um really baffling choice by Michael Mann. So I don't blame Shailene Woodley, um, uh, necessarily. She was just like in the wrong role because I I think she's it actually bu- good. and it bugged you. Yeah, I got. Yeah, you. yeah, I'm 100%. And yeah, yeah. It just like. Yeah, for most people that actually sunk the movie, but um, I'll say it didn't. But I'll, I'll get into Ferrari a little later anyway. Yeah. So well, I just want to give Kay a shout out. Her review, I, I just want to read it. Her review on Letterbox for Ferrari. Shailene Woodley's accent somehow manages to be more offensive than breaking spaghetti in half, <laughs> which I, which I thought was a pretty oh good. Oh my god, that is fucking review. sharp wit right there. Oh, 24 Kay, likes. Brilliant. Way to go, K. Crushing it. Let's yeah, get it to 30. It. I think, come on, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 did I like it? Did you see if I, I liked it or not? Can you see that if oh, you click on liked. it? Oh, yeah, I, I am, I, am I there? Liked it. Um, Sorry, K. Carlo Kino. Yeah, so we're already, yeah, the shout out to Fervently at Letterboxd. Bill. Yeah. Bill liked it. <laughs> Sorry to blow up Bill, but he liked it. I don't see Carlo Kino on here yet, so you. Oh gotta shit! I got. I got. Yeah, I got. Let's get, get it on to twenty five. Right. Come on. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Um, all right. right. And um, okay. Well, speaking of K, mm-hmm. I think it's time for us to get to her, Beautiful. her audio clip, her submittal, if, if that is okay with you. Yeah. Great, Carlacho. Here we go. This is K's favorite movie of twenty twenty three. What's up, K? My top hey. film of 2023 is Skinner by Kyle yeah. Edward Ball. It's a controversial pick, I know, but that's Boo. a part of why I chose it. It's one of the most daring and experimental films to get a theatrical release in 2023. The release was limited, but it got a fair chance with audiences who left either hating it or loving it, like myself. I think it's a signal of what we might see from horror, especially independent horror in coming years, and not just because of its generational play on 90s nostalgia. 
It's minimalistic and very opaque with its story, which I appreciate in a landscape riddled with monsters of the week. It's smart, subtle, and respects its audience intelligence. It may not be a perfect movie, but what it lacks in some technical finesse, it makes up for with a unique concept. It may not be everybody's cup of tea, especially for those who are more accustomed to popcorn horror, but it brings something fresh to the table that will undoubtedly ripple throughout the vocabulary of contemporary horror to come. Mark my words, it's a cult classic in the making. Cool. Well done, Kay. <laughs> wow. She's sticking her, her flag in Skinnamarink. She's planting it. It sounds like that was not something that uh, that tickled your fancy. Yeah, I, I'm sorry to heckle her at the beginning. <laughs> um, yeah, apologies, okay. But no, uh, sorry, not sorry. Uh, sure. <laughs> but um, no, it, like... Uh, um, I have my own opinions, but I just want to say, like, you know, since we're, we're giving our reactions to to um, them in general, I mean, uh, like, what we just heard is basically, like, her kind of doing the audiobook version of her, her letterbox reviews, like, her most, like, really insightful ones. We've only, like, kind of given hints mm. to, like, the pithy reviews and, like, because, you know, the they're easy one, to read yeah. out loud. I mean, you know, her, her longer reviews are, are really long form sometimes. And they're brilliant because that's it. It's like she talks about things in a structured way and then yeah. like clearly lays out what it is that she likes about the thing or maybe even if what she didn't like, you know. Um, and I, I love that. So I would like that review even if I didn't like the movie, <laughs> you know, because it's yeah. like so well written. Uh, and I guess that's one very, of the main reasons. Very well written, yeah. Um, I don't know actually if I revealed that later on because uh, her first appearance, I was like, we were trying to figure out who followed who first. Because <laughs> um, we didn't know um, on Letterbox, and then I find out that she actually followed me first. Like I was oh, like, cool. "Oh, that's totally weird." Because you know, like uh, usually when I read somebody's review, because I was looking at her reviews, so that was like the thing that was like making me think that um, I liked her first because it was just like and it sounds like you know we're in high school again talking about crushes, but <laughs> um, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I liked her first because I was like, "Yeah, the the reviews are." they fucking slapped like these are amazing yeah. reviews and it was just like I, I mentioned that to her when she was on the show that like it was just so refreshing from the jokey like one-liner reviews even though she does that too we just read a couple um but but uh but it. yeah no, the, the ones who make their fucking careers on it like legitimately like uh they actually like make their careers on this like they they get monetized and shit and like they have like the higher tier letterboxed subscriptions like these people who do these like annoying, like inane one line reviews, like yeah, it's just like yeah, they're terrible. And like I've basically custom tailored my letterbox experience to avoid reviews like that. Like anybody who posts like stupid reviews like that, I just block them. You know? Right. <laughs> so I don't see any of it. You know, it's just like yeah, my I have probably of all my social media, the longest list of blocked users is on Letterboxd. Because it's just like there's so many of them. It's like fucking mm -hmm. uh, whack-a-mole. Like, they keep popping up. You know? It's just like... Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... It, yeah, but, like, now I've custom-tailored it where it's either, like, people I know that are my friends. So, yeah, they can say whatever the fuck they want. A lot of them are not, like, major cinephiles anyway. So, you know, if they just feel like saying one line or just quoting the movie, you know, fuck it. Yeah, that's that's their review. Okay, I, I appreciate that. You know, or just leave a star rating. So... 
that that's the people I follow plus people who are eloquent about their reviews. Like if you write really well, then yeah, fuck it. I'm following you. You know, it's like you don't even have to follow me back. I'm not expecting that shit. But uh sure. yeah, we, we 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 got sidetracked with K, but um that that's just what I, I was gonna say. It's just that um I really appreciated how she presented it. Like and again it, it's convincing me of this idea that we gotta have Kay and Amanda do Red Scare movie, <laughs> movie, <laughs> movie, movie food. Yeah, it's like uh, I, I just feel like yeah, that episode has so much potential that we just entrust them to fucking do sure. it, and then and just see what happens. Like within our like our framework, you know, it's like man, that's a fucking dope episode. I want that episode, you know. It's like it's like a a, a special, you know. It's like we have like kind of a. Um, a that Christmas a special. special in the middle, you know, yeah, something like that, yeah, in in between, in, in the middle of the the season, like we just break <laughs> it up that way. It's like, wow, like how fucking radical is that? Like intentionally, like not appearing in an episode. It will be the first one where neither of us will be on it. Like, Love it. <laughs> yeah, let let's, let's get this this out there. Let's pro- <laughs> let's get the proposals and uh, draft up the paperwork. <laughs> yeah, all the agreements, whatever. Yeah, whatever exactly. It takes. Yeah, we we do everything above board here on Movie Food. <laughs> yeah, all right. Let's move on. All right, let's bang out a couple of rewards just really quick, and then we'll okay. maybe squeeze squeeze in a Carlo tier here. Let's go. Let's do a couple speed rounders. Okay, let's go. Let's go with um. Let's go best stunt. Okay. Okay. So as a category, we had best stunt. This is separate from uh, best one take. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, why don't you kick us off? What was your favorite stunt? Well, All right, yeah. so I lied. I, 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 I did consider John Wick for this. Uh, this award. Love it. You know, yeah, because obviously incredible stunts. But it would have just been too easy. And I never picked the easy route, Steve. You know that. Never. No, never, no, never, no. Never, never. So I, 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 like, had to jog my head because I, I haven't seen a lot of movies with stunts this year, uh, this past year. You know, so oh. it was like I had to really jog my brain. And then, you know, I love when I can come up with something left field. But this one is kind of obvious if you have seen it, uh, which is um, the Roundup 3, No Way Out. <laughs> mm, you love these. these oh, yeah, yeah, dude. It get, uh, I've said that before. Like, it gets fucking better with each and every one. Like, it's just one of those movie series that it's like, I love it. That, you know, because yeah. um, the, the trajectory of most trilogies is the opposite. It's always like, you know, the first one's the best and then, you know, or sometimes the second one is the best, but then the third one is always like the worst, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's just like, yeah, you decide to go over three. Oh, shit. You're willing to take that risk. Like, how many good, like, part fours are there or part fives? Like, yeah. maybe Friday the 13th. <laughs> um, yeah, Friday part four is good. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. It's like, but... But, yeah, yeah, it's rare, for sure. It's rare. It really is, yeah, because it's like everybody, like, completes the trilogy, you know? It's like, that's really it. Like, it, there's there's a, a definite end. Uh, yeah, and that, 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 I guess we're reversing John Wick a little more there, <laughs> too. Sure. Um, yeah, with, <laughs> it shouldn't have been four movies. It should have been three. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, the roundup, no way out. Yeah, that's that's my pick. Fucking um, Don Lee incredible fucking stunts i mean yeah and just the people he's fucking hitting is just incredible yeah. how they take the his, hits in the his movie stunt have team, you seen yeah. it yeah oh my god Steve? no but i'm i'm aware of the power of this dude yeah no doubt yeah yeah i mean yeah everybody knows him from uh train to busan so yeah yeah cool well i with my award i will give john wick four more flowers <laughs> oh, shit. but okay. but before i do that i just have a quick honorable mention ferrari 
had some good stunts. Ooh, yeah. Ferrari had some cars flying. The the first <sighs> car crash where, where the driver is practicing, and then obviously the big dog Amazing. crash at the end. Right. Um, Those were shocking and pretty gnarly. Dude, so, yeah, I never shout, even shout thought of everyone. Ferrari in that way, too. That Yeah, because I guess maybe I limited my my mind to stunts as, like, fights, I guess. But, sure. yeah, these are gotcha. fucking stunts as well. Because, yeah, anything involving driving, you need a stunt driver. Like, you know, it's, yeah. So, fuck yeah, but, man. Um, I love that honorable mention. But I'm giving it to John Wick 4. Mm-hmm. And there's so many scenes. But for best stunt it's John falling down the stairs and wh- whoever the stunt crew was involved <laughs> yeah. with, th- with oh, going shit. up those famous stairs in France mm-hmm. in Paris and then having the wherewithal to, or having the guts or whatever it takes to like fall, roll down those, um, <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's a bold move as a movie, as yeah. a movie viewer, you're, you're anticipating it. Are, wait, are, are they going to go all the way back down? <laughs> and they go all the way back down. It's just absurd comedy, man. It's just like, Love it. Yeah. So, so yeah, okay. John Wick 4, shout out sure. to the stairs. Uh, okay, let's let's keep it continue. Here we go. Yeah, let's keep um, going. Let, let's go to best. Let's go to best kiss. Oh, okay. Shit. Do um, I have one? Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Oh, man. Okay, okay. well, yeah, you you have yours lined up, right? So, while, while you I do, do yours. I do have one. I also kind of struggled with this. So, best kiss is a famous... Mm. MTV Movie Awards, TV award. oh, you know, so category. Good man, the craft best kiss. <laughs> the cra- yeah, so many cruel intentions. Cruel intentions. Oh my all God. these Hall of Famers, know, man. Spider Man, I think probably won. Oh yeah, of course that one. Yeah, but um, but um, and so mm-hmm. yeah, I was really racking my brain for like, was there a good memorable kiss? Um, I mean, I guess you can give an honorable mention to Saltburn to like the bathtub. I guess that's kind of a kiss. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to go to a rewatch, unfortunately. Mm. I'm going to Stan and Stokely at the end of The Faculty. Um, Ooh. We watched The Faculty from 1998 last season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I just like that they... I mean, it was my high school. That was my high school experience. In in the late mm. 90s, the stereotypes were flipped, you know. So Stan mm. was this football player, but he had a heart of gold and he you know, he you know, he was kind and gentle. Stokely, mm. that character uh by Clea Duvall, I think is the actress. You know, yeah. she's she's playing the quote-unquote lesbian goth, but really mm. she's straight and she likes Stan and she just like wants people to to right. leave her alone and that's kind of what high school was like for me in the late 90s was there was a, there, you know the stereotypes weren't that real people were mm-hmm. nice the, the jocks were kind of nice the, mm-hmm. the the goths were a lot more chill and 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 it was mainstream yeah. you know it wasn't in the shadows it was like big time right yeah yeah, yeah that, that's that's m- more closer to my high school experience too where like the lines were a little more blurred it wasn't as clicky you know, yeah. So sure. very satisfying to see Stan and Stokely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I fucking respect. love that pick, dude. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's yeah. fucking great. I mean, I don't even have the faculty in anything because I, I completely forgot about it. <laughs> Funnily <laughs> enough, but yeah, um, you know, it, it was it was a stacked year when we include like the discoveries. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh yeah. For um, sure. but yeah, it's funny because um, for this award, like I had a movie where I was like, there was no kiss, but like the sexual tension was just so fucking good. Sure. In it. Yeah. It was like the kiss was never realized, so invisible kiss, I want to say, or like sure, uh, kiss in potential the kiss. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it was fucking uh, MI 
um, Dead Reckoning Part One. Oh, <laughs> like I don't so know many this one. Uh, Mission Impossible, Mission oh, Impossible right. Dead Reckoning yeah. Part One. So man, the fucking chemistry that uh, Haley Atwell and Tom Cruise had in that movie oh, uh, was electric. Yeah, cool. it really was. Yeah, it was That's like it, I, I mean. Technically, my scene is more best flirt scene. Yeah, sure. I like it. <laughs> like, that's really what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just brilliant. Like, them kind of, like, showing sleight of hand to each other was so fucking sexy. You know? Oh, cool. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, um, yeah, she carried herself, man, in front of Tom Cruise, fucking Titan. Totally. You know? Uh, but if I really had to pick, like, an actual, like, legit kiss, I mean, it would be cheating to say... um. Uh, Falcon Lake again, you know, because obviously... Oh, sure. No, it's it, fine. It's in my sex scene, and kissing is involved in it. So sure. I, I don't want to overlap those two. Like, sex and kissing is different, you know? <laughs> Actually, you know, my, my favorite... You that, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, different definition of kissing. Yeah, because you can, you can do one without the other, right? Like, they're two mm-hmm. separate things. Uh, sure. Even though they can be related and connected. And this is one of my favorite quotes, and it's actually from a movie. One of my favorite movies uh, that deserves a rewatch soon. Uh, bad timing, uh, where um, Art Gun- Garfunkel <laughs> plays like a, a psychologist and slash therapist. Um, so he has all the, you know, he's obviously Freudian. So he has like all these uh, pseudo, um, like sexual, uh, pseudo intellectual sexual theories, you know, <laughs> that's sure. what I would call it. But like one of them, is, and it's such a great fucking line, dude. It's like, what else is kissing but an inquiry on the second floor if the first floor is available? Oh, <laughs> that's so good, man! And like the sure. fact that I memorize that, like that it's still in my head, like verbatim, mm-hmm. is just like man. It, it, yeah, it's just the the power of that of like, you know, a definition of a kiss. So sure. Um. So if I had to pick, like, okay, is like no, that's not acceptable. Um, it has to be fucking like a legit lip lock, whatever. <laughs> you know, actual sure. contact with lips. Yeah. It's going to be Life Force from 1985 and this is like a fucking um uh oh, yeah right. it's uh it's kind of a fantasy. <laughs> I'll just admit that that like uh uh oh, man Matilda May, the main actress in in Life Force, right. the uh the hot the alien. alien space queen completely naked through most of the movie getting kissed by her and then also fucking dying because she fucking drains all your energy. <laughs> Worth it. Fucking worth it. I would yeah. love to be kissed by Matilda May and her to drain all the life force out of me. Fuck sure. yeah. Worth it. And then becoming a zombie or whatever happens to them later on in the yeah, movie. Yeah, people but, get um, fucked up in that movie, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, more on that movie later on. But another weird connection that I just realized with my two awardees of non-kiss and kiss is that I was trying to think who Matilda May reminded me of. like, Because I was like, she just looks like another actress. And then I fucking put it together. It's Haley Atwell. Haley Atwell looks oh. like a modern Matilda May. Except she's a little more squarer in the jaw, but like similar hair. The eyes are really like actually another person that superficially also looks like them or like could be their sister, younger sister, because of the eyes is um, fucking Daisy Ridley from uh, right. Star Wars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So that that's what I'm saying. And then, you know, there, uh, another like. Uh, well, Matilda May is French, but um, uh, Haley Atwell and uh, Daisy Ridley are both Brits. So, um, cool. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the, the, that's my kiss. Love I, it. I two for one. Yeah, Love best it. kiss. All right. All right.
All right. Well, maybe this is a good time now. Let's um, let's squeeze in one of your famous Carlo bundles here. Okay. Let's fucking go. All right. So um, uh, I always start worst to best, uh, as I love oh, to yeah. do when when we do the bundles and the the mega platters. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna start with a poo poo platter, <laughs> keeping it food wise, of my terrible turds. Love it. So actually, we, we were supposed to time this after case. <laughs> oh, oops. Yeah. yeah oh, so oh, I could have just like seamlessly gone into it, but no, it's all good. But yeah, one of my my terrible turds of of last year was was Skinamarink. I mean, it was just a fucking piece of shit. I'm sorry, Kay. <laughs> it was just like, what the fuck was that? Like uh. you know, I. I you know, I love slow cinema, and then you know she was, she obviously made a case for it. Um, when she was on yeah. the show, saying that like it's, you know, it's like a hybrid of horror and slow cinema. Like it's gonna be in, like a new genre that she alluded to in her mm-hmm. her review. You know that it could be like a, a new trend. Uh, but yeah, dude, I was like in my seat wanting to like the movie. Like I was like, man, there's gonna be a fucking turn where it's gonna get good. But you finally, it's like you're rewarded for like sitting there looking at a fucking wall for minutes on end with like maybe a vaguely ticking clock sound or like a a fucking Mm. TV that was left on in the living room, you know, Mm. like uh, and just like looking at like a fucking corner of a wall, like expecting something to happen and nothing ever does. It's just like, fuck, man. Like, I mean, you know, I love slow cinema, but to me, that's like a form of torture. Like, it really is because... It's just, it, it, I mean, just even the artificiality of it, like it, it's made to look like it's like old, like eight mm-hmm. millimeter, maybe a home movie like um, film, but it's obviously shot digitally and all the the grain and shit is like added on in post. And it's so fucking obvious to me. Like, you know, the same way, like you remember mm-hmm. how you would do like the iMovie, like uh, old timey oh, yeah. thing. Like you could just predict all the fucking like blips and dirt and scratches and shit. That's what it felt like to me. So I, already there, I'm already disengaged from the movie. And then I also mentioned that on that episode with Kay was that I laughed out loud at the opening credits because like he credits um, the sound from uh, freesoundproject.org. Fucking great website, by the way. This is sure. what in- the internet's all about. Like the, you know, people just sharing like random sounds that they record and some are professional. Some are just like fucking um, like they recorded it from their phone. And it's beautiful, man. It's one of my favorite websites, like easily top three uh, all time websites, you know, um, because it's just like such a wonderful resource. And I laughed in recognition because I also use (laughs) freesound.org. And yeah, because, yeah, like sometimes I want to I want a specific sound and um, I just know that somebody else can record it better than me, even though if I have the access to record it somewhere, like I just know that somebody else has done it better. And I'd rather take theirs and use it sure. because, you know, the beauty of sharing is caring, create, uh, creative yeah. commons, that kind of shit. Um, cool. So recognizing that with that, like, you know, and also the other thing is that I think I'm the same age as Kyle Edward Ball. And, you know, it, it's not like a, a jealousy thing. It's more really like I, I feel like because we're the same age, like it should resonate more with me because he's he's hitting all those touchstones like the fucking uh, Fisher Price like phone with the creepy smiley face. You know, mm-hmm. like that that's definitely tied to my childhood. You know, I remember yeah. that fucking phone, you know, um, so that should resonate more. And, uh, you know, speaking of like another potential future guest of the show, Marcus, um, 
he loved the movie by the way he's also like a big sure. fan of that of, of skin and Marine. but um yeah it's just like he he was saying that that was what was resonating with him was just like all the childhood like um symbols in it and you know Kay mentioned that like about you know, like it, it, it's such a '90s kid thing, but I I would even suggest the actually expanse of the late '80s because you know mm-hmm. of my experience, sure. um, uh, for for ha- to have these touchstones. But yeah, it just like it it was just all for me. Like I can imagine that there's a good version of this movie that really is my favorite. You know, like it could have made so many different choices and turns that yeah. would have been more amenable to me. But that that's already like bullshit of like. Well, yeah, th- this isn't what the movie is. Like, you know, I'm I'm now like dictating what it should be, which is stupid. Um because it's like then yeah, I should just go make that. You know. <laughs> Maybe yeah. I will. Uh but yeah, cuz you know, horror makes so much money. Well, why am I not in the fucking horror game? Uh <laughs> but, but yeah, it just makes you think. Uh, that that's really it. Like, I mean, it obviously is is a modest hit because, you know, he barely spent any money on it. And you could see it on screen that it's so fucking low budget. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I kind of root for that aspect of it, you know, and I, I can't wait for, for his next movie. I'll, I'll be there. I'm going to sure. watch uh, Kyle Edward Ball's next movie. But for now, like, I think, yeah, his, his first movie sucks. But that doesn't mean I've, I've written him out of my book. The, totally. Yeah, but I, I think it's a, it's an awful movie. I, I just don't. I No, I see what, what Kay and Marcus sees in it. But it just doesn't connect with me. That, yeah, it just, just didn't hit. Just didn't hit. You. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, but uh, continuing on the the thread of horror, and I don't really have much to say about it. I'll just say like it was fucking disappointing as hell, and you know about this. Scream Six, like right. uh, yeah, it's a turd. It really is. I, it might be the worst of the franchise. I might even go that far. Man, unless yeah, they fuck it up even more in Seven. Yeah. Yeah. If they're even yeah when or, or yeah I don't know yeah. what they're gonna do there. <laughs> But um, right. yeah, it's funny. When I first saw it, I was so excited. I, like I was really mm-hmm. in until I like picked it apart like two days later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was something. I think I was just ex- I was just excited for a scream, you know. So yeah, for sure. And it was so early in the year. Yeah, that momentum yeah. it get it gets you to a certain point. Yeah, but then yeah, the movie, yeah, it lacks for sure. Yeah, so they're so disappointing, especially because there were opportunities as well to actually make it good. And yeah. that, 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 that's what makes it worse for me is that yeah. if there was like, you know, you just made a turn here instead of here. And this is not, not the previous thing now of me telling what the movie should be. It's just like you, it was there in front of you. You could choose to have gone that way, but you didn't, right. you know, and it's not a spoiler to say, cause you know, anybody who, who, who's a fan of these movies have already seen it, but it's like, you could have really been radical and made uh Melissa Barrera ghost face. Mm-hmm. Like that would have been incredible. Like it's like, oh, the the new Sydney Prescott. Like she actually is the killer now, you right. know, pretending to be a victim. And like, yeah, they could have gone that way, but they didn't. They chose the safe route, you know, and like just uh fucking like clowned us, like psyched us out or whatever, yep. you know. Um. So yeah, fucking disappointing, man. Um. And then the last one, I don't really have anything to say actually because we've already exhausted it in that episode. Uh, it's just Barbie. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> let's move <Well>, on. <laughs> I'm just surprised it's all the way at the poo poo at the. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Turd, it it yeah. gets worse the more that I I like see sure. clips and memes. Like you know, right now I think you know because of my accidental thing on, sure. of being on on Twitter for too long again. Like is uh, I've, I'm seeing these comparisons of like how much better, and I agree. Uh, the speech that um 
I'm blanking on the character's name now, but the the main female lead in in Barry so, in the Bill Hader show, what's her name? Oh, in uh, Barry. Do you remember? Oh, yeah, on, yeah. I'll, I think I'll, the actress I'll the actress's name is Sarah Goldman. So she gives this monologue about like being a woman, and oh, everybody's saying um, that yeah, America Ferrera. Yeah, yeah, but um, in in Barry, Sarah Goldman had also yeah, yeah. No, that's why they're comparing the two, America Ferrera's speech, now. and then versus. Uh, Sarah Goldman speech, which Bill Hader wrote, by the way, <laughs> ah. um, so is is incredible. Like it really is, like you know that that comparison. So that's just what I'm saying. It's like sure. all the shit that like resonates with people in Barbie. Uh, you know, I'm not dismissing their experience and like them being heard and seen as women, that kind of thing. Well, that it touches upon, but no, it's it's really more about just like the execution of that message. Which I just thought, like, yeah, like I, I mean, Noah Baumbach is is known for being heavy-handed, so he kind of passes it on to his his partner or wife, or I don't know what his relationship is with them, with what the official title is. But yeah, they're they're together. So Greta sure. Gerwig, and now they're like this premier Hollywood power couple, like at fucking sideline Nick games. You know, it's like <laughs> like they they've reached that level. You know, they're a fucking power couple. Um, yeah. Gerwig, you know, made a fucking billion dollars for for Warner Brothers. So I'm wrong. Everybody else is right. You know, that's really it. Like my opinion yeah. doesn't um, hold any sway yeah. in the zeitgeist. Well, you know, well, <laughs> it does. You know, like similar to K again for holding the fort that for for the people that don't like poor things. You yeah. know, you're you're holding the flag for the people that don't like Barbie, and there there is that subgroup out yeah. there, and there and and that's awesome. Yeah. Good. Yeah, and I'm glad that exists because it's like, you know, whenever I, I see the solidarity when on Twitter, too, when people say, like, you know, another movie that's going to come up later. But, yeah, um, they're saying that, yeah, this movie is actually isn't good. And then everybody else feels vindicated because it's like, oh, I'm not the only one, you know, yeah, uh, exactly. that doesn't like it. You know, even yeah. though it's like you're gathering over a negative thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like um, it, there's still that camaraderie and like, you know, people make friends sure. that way. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, it's great. Yeah. All right. Well, just to uh, if that's the last terrible turd, yep. just to balance it, I want to play uh, something, and this is for an award. This is for line of the year. Okay. So let's, let's quickly do line of the year, because uh, I do want to just give Barbie some quick flowers. Hey, mm-hmm. one of the highest moments of 2023. Everyone will remember Barbenheimer. Um, right. The whole deal. And so my favorite part of the movie is this line. And just to show that I am kind of an evil, mean-spirited, misogynistic dude, it is from (laughs) Michael Sarah's character as Alan. (laughs) This is the NSYNC line. Here we go. So if we want to leave, we better make a run for it. No, Alan, you can't go. Having a Barbie in the real world is what caused all these problems in the first place. Not one person would care if Alan was in the real world. In fact, it's happened before. All of NSYNC, Alan, yes, even him. Pretty good. That got me <laughs> just thinking yeah. that NSYNC is all like a Barbie character, just like really hit right. a nerve I for mean, me. Yeah, no, no strings attached kind of thing, right? They're, they're fucking puppets or dolls, you know? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, a shout out to uh, to our guy, Alan, out there. Um, yeah. Yeah, shout out to Dirty Pop. <laughs> yeah, Dirty Pop. Um, and, dirty but, Pop. <laughs> 
And just as an honorable mention, this was something I put in the soundboard for the last episode. I just forgot to get it in, so it's kind of a leftover. Mm. I just want to get it in real quick. This is this is a, a, a quote that made me laugh from the Thanksgiving horror film. This is Tim Dillon when he's scared and being stalked. Um, so he, he plays a security guard in the in the movie just for background. Oh, shit. Here, 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 I, got, I can't wait to watch the clip. Yeah. Show yourself. I'm a security guard. I kill people every fucking day. Pretty good. I like the anger. I like the delivery there. You you know who he's he's kind of channeling there is uh to me Farley. Like it sounds yeah. like Chris Farley a little bit. Show yourself. Yeah. I'm a security guard. I kill people every fucking day. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm it's getting Farley vibes. Oh my god, Farley is alive. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's still overweight and blonde. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so oh, man, um, but he's gay now. <laughs> yeah, of, of course. Hey, yeah. come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, did you have a uh, an award for line of the year? Yeah, this is the weird thing, Steve. I think I I got like uh, an early draft of the listings of the awards, so I'm missing some some of the oh, okay. things. But the the good thing is I'm able to like just add yeah. stuff on the fly. I'm just because you know I've been thinking about these movies uh, for the episode. Pete Carlo, uh, so I can yeah. Yeah, I can, I can, I can pick and choose from them. Love it. Um, uh, but yeah, I guess for for lack of a better one, there probably is a better one. But this is the one that like sticks out to me sure. in my head a lot, and especially because I just rewatched it last night. But here's the the caveat: I may be misquoting it. Okay, perfect. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, because I I can't be bothered to search it right now, and then like it's not in my notes. Right. So I'm I'm gonna go by by this uh, by how I remember it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it is um, from Poor Things, delivered mm. by Emma Stone as Bella Baxter. She mm. basically says, I've adventured it and seen nothing but sugar and violets. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's I a good one. I fucking love that line. Yeah. I mean, the sugar and violence is such a great, like, mm-hmm. image and combination. It's sure. like, yeah, the sweetness and then, you know, fucking, like, in your yeah. face. Yeah. Yeah, violence, you know, blood in your mouth, you know, kind of shit. Love it. Um, yeah, it's just visceral, and it's it's perfect for the movie, which was a very visceral movie. Um, yeah, so that's my line. Yeah, Love it. Line of the air. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's keep it continued. Let's bang out a couple more quick awards. Okay. Hopefully you got these ones. Let's go, um, let's go best food. Is that one that you have? Oh, shit, it's blank. <laughs> I, I, it was like to be filled later. And oh, okay. I didn't. Well, you could just. Oh, uh, well, you can take mine if you want. Mine, it's the mm-hmm. obvious pick. I, even though I don't think it was a 2023 release, it was close mm-hmm. enough. I'm going the cheeseburger in the menu. That oh cheese- shit! I forgot about that. Dude, that cheeseburger looked fucking. Oh good, yeah. Dude. I I don't even eat beef, and like that looked yeah. good, man. Yeah. <laughs> and like I don't know if if uh, Joy. Anya Taylor Joy, Taylor if, Joy. if she yeah. did like the classic bite and smile kind of thing that mm, you see in like, it was a- actually horrible, yeah, <laughs> because it, in like it commercials, good. right? Yeah, or if the right. yeah if the burger was actually bad, but mm-hmm. it looked good and she and she sold it. So yeah, shout out to the cheeseburger in the menu. Okay, all right. Um, so I mean, I'm I'm basically picking these on the fly. Um, but Tough. yeah, great pick, Steve. By the way, um, sorry Thank about you. that. Um, I was like r- eager to move on to mine, but ah, <laughs> uh, sure. Um, oh no, it's good. Yeah, you know. So I, it's already two movies that I mentioned before, but you know, it's like this is the only ones I can think of. Um, and the reason why is two is because the first one was so obvious, and then the second one, it was just like 
well, yeah, the, it, it has a personal connection. So the obvious one is poor things because, like, they go to Lisbon and they eat that uh, Portuguese tart, the egg tart, which oh, is so tart. fucking good. Yeah. And, like, actually, that's another runner-up for me for best line uh, in the movie. I mean, Mark Ruffalo has some fucking bangers in that movie. Oh, no doubt, yeah. I mean, you've been fucked thrice by the best. That's not even the line. <laughs> The line is connected to the egg tart where it's like, you're not supposed to eat it dainty flake by dainty flake. Like, that way he just, right. like, kind of goes upward with the flake. <laughs> it's yeah. just so... Oh, my God. It's so fucking hilarious. Um, and But, yeah, dude, have you ever had a Portuguese tart? No. Like, oh, my God, dude, you are missing out. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know, go to some Asian, like, bakery near you, find one. And they, they usually have it. And there's usually two versions, especially if it's, like, more Chinese-leaning. Mm. Is that one version, it's, like, more burnt. And then the other version is kind of lighter. I prefer mm. the burnt version, but, you know, it's up to you, whichever sure. you prefer. Okay, cool. Um, but, yeah, the Portuguese tart is, like, an amazing pastry, dude. It's just, like, man. I, I don't know if I'm even being politically correct about its name, but fuck them. Because um, <laughs> they have a, a snack. Uh, in Portugal called Filipinos and it's like a chocolate cookie that's actually really good <laughs> oh, okay. but you know it's like oh, you're they so angry about Filipi- it <laughs> yeah passionate about this shit I'm, I'm gonna be banned from Portugal even though I wanna go man uh, actually I, I regret not picking up like Portuguese lessons cause man oh, one of yeah. my favorite books is in Portuguese but Brazilian Portuguese uh, but yeah it's like um, uh, yeah dainty flake by dainty flake the egg tart that's uh, just so obvious but it's it's fucking good man i i highly cool. recommend it um love it so that's the obvious pick the one that's less obvious but it's kind of like a given is ferrari because you know uh, i probably expressed this oh. before that my favorite t- uh type of food is italian food um shout out to christina <laughs> again. Oh, yeah. yeah italian um but yeah like it's my favorite type of food and it's an italian movie and at least that's what they get right they're not eating chinese food in fucking ferrari they're that eating would be insane pasta. yeah or well, what do they call it um how do they describe pasta in in um oh, what's the word it's not noodles but like they they, they say something like i forgot what it was it, sure. it's kind of more generic um than pasta but yeah eating the pasta watched it on christmas day with my dad uh you know continuing the tradition of christmas day movies in the theater which um i don't know it's it's getting increasingly hard to sustain though dude because it's just like i i just don't like watching movies in crowds anymore like i really would rather just wait for the movie to have been out for a while before i watch it with a full audience you know, it depends on the movie, obviously. There's certain movies where it's like, man, it's kind of lonely in here. <laughs> it's like I need the crowd. You know, comedies, obviously. But Ferrari's mm-hmm. not a comedy. It's it's a drama. And, you know, f- that that's the in a nutshell how I would describe it is that... Oh, shit. Let me just save it for when I talk about Ferrari. Sure. But, but yeah, yeah. Um, Ferrari, they ate Italian Christmas Day Ugh. with my dad. We were able to find an Italian restaurant that was open on Christmas Day. Whoa. And so fucking clutch i made a reservation on open table um because there was a wait there were already the people there but like mm-hmm. uh, like right after the screen he and i drove up there to this uh restaurant um i don't know if i dox myself but fuck it i've said i'm in orange county so um yeah uh, it's called bruno's uh italian kitchen i believe um but yeah they were open on christmas day shout out to the people at bruno's by the way like amazing staff yeah. Um. Uh. And yeah, the the, the food Love was decent. Yeah. I I will I will say, 
and this is not a backhanded compliment. It tasted even better as leftovers. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I'll say that. You know how like sometimes the the taste like uh, congeals or kind of, to me it improves. You know after being in the fridge and then right. like reheated. I don't know what it is. You know, uh, and like we have a magic air fryer that like it, it turns every pizza into great pizza. It's just amazing. Cool. Uh, uh, but yeah, it. Italian Italian food in 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 Ferrari. That's my my best food. That's a great mm-hmm. pick. Love it. Oh, and and the tart. God, that's the tart sounds yeah. good. Egg tart. Um, yeah. All right. Let's keep it continued. Let's get another one. Let's go to um. Let's go to the um. Your the one that you coined the Ken Jong Try Hard Award. <laughs> Um, yes, let's go, man. So this is a favorite of yours. You already gave the award out, but why don't you give it out officially here? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's uh, let's actually have them come up on stage and give hand them yeah, the award, exactly. not just um, not just notify them by mail that they're winning. Sure. Um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to Ashley uh, Park. Is that her name? Um, in in Joyride, because uh, actually I like her. She was great in Beef. You know, mm-hmm. she was she became yeah. like uh, the lover. She was originally like a mom in 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 Ali Wong's group, and then like she becomes the lover of the the uh, Ali Wong's boss or potential like business sure. boss, right? Like buying out her company. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like uh, I I I actually did enjoy her performance, and I just like her in movies, and she's gonna be in Mean Girls, the the reboot. Uh, good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, Joyride, shit, man. Joyride. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Awful, awful movie. If we're talking about like secondhand cringe, yeah, just, like being associated with Asians. Fuck, man. Like this is it. This is the movie that makes me embarrassed to identify as Asian, which I don't. By the way, I always check Pacific Islander, Native ah, Hawaiian nice. slash Pacific Islander. Yeah, we're more related to them than we are to to the uh, as Ali Wong would say, the fancy Asians. We're fucking jungle Asians, so yeah. we're, we're more Malay, man. We're we're uh-huh. fucking brown. Mm-hmm. Man, so but yeah, yeah. Joyride. What a fucking embarrassment uh, of a movie. It's just wow. like, yeah, it, it's not funny at all. I bear, uh, like, I barely raised like it looks a corny. Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, man. And then you know, this year was supposed to be the year of like the return of the hard R comedy. Sure. You know, and it, it failed. Like all, all of those those movies that came out, like. um I guess there were three of them. Like two of them are my Ken Jong awardees. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, the other. One I definitely liked bot. I definitely liked bottoms more than you. I, right. Like the way I described it was like for every five jokes, three of them hit for me, and I was so I was just appreciative. I was like, okay, come on, yeah. they're trying. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and yeah, and Bill sung it, uh, his praises for it too in, in our, yeah. our our epic episode. You know, and I, I didn't want to mm-hmm. like shit on his 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 praise. You know, yeah. So I I just um I let him like speak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I remember your complaints were in the in the directing and the kind of ineptness yeah. at times. Awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then again, uh, you know, uh, for certain people where it resonates with them, yeah. I mean, more power to you. But like again. Execution to me is everything. Like it mm. doesn't matter what the subject matter of the movie is, what its themes are, or what the story is, like that kind of shit. It, yeah. That could resonate with me on paper, but if you like bungled the execution of that, like yeah, I'm out. Like it's just like you've already lost me if you if you can't like um carry it and I just don't think Emma Seligman is a comedy director, you know? She just doesn't have the the timing, you know, um to pull it off. Um and 
yeah, it just feels weird and forced. And like, if there is something that kind of makes me laugh, it's like, I guess I just love random details, you know, like I think absurdity needs to be more in comedy. Like, I think that's what we're losing. People are just too reliant on verbal uh, comedy and stand up. Like, that's what everybody aspires to instead of like being more um, like, yeah, like just throw something random. Like, you know, one of my favorite stand up acts is actually like he's in an opener for a Louis C.K. special, the Mm. live at the comedy store. And dude, I keep forgetting what his name is, but he reminds me the most of Mitch Hedberg. It's just like, you know, rap, not rapid fire, but just like delivering one-liners. You know, uh, mm, like Stephen yeah. Wright also does that. Uh-huh. Rodney Dangerfield, Henny Youngman, those, those guys. Um, so he, he's kind of like that guy, but just like so fucking awkward. Like he has dreads and then like um, mm. he's reading his jokes from like crumpled pieces of paper and he's fucking sweating like a pig too. <laughs> you know, and it's just like such awkward delivery, but it's like totally my shit. Because it's Weird. like he's cool. leaning into the absurdity of it. Like, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example of one of his jokes. The one that I can remember the most is sure. like, he said, do you hear what I hear? Well, do you? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's an example of one of his jokes. Yeah. And it's like just weird. That's kind of like home, almost homeless looking dude. Like <laughs> they, they picked him up from the street and then like he's maybe like mentally ill. And that's why he has such an awkward delivery. But he's singing and it's like you know he he definitely has more melody than i have on my voice you know it's like that that absurd like radio personality guy do you remember that he kind of became a meme for a while where he became Mm -hmm. homeless and like there was a video of him and then like he's still speaking in the dj voice but he's like fucking homeless right yeah (laughs) you remember that guy yeah Yeah, i think he passed away too r.i.p dude um -hmm. but yeah like uh yeah it's that kind of thing where there's that absurdity of like the delivery of the guy like it's obviously a performance it's not really who he is they didn't just pick him up from outside the comedy store and say hey do you want to open for louis ck <laughs> mm-hmm. and you read from your crumpled like stand-up notes that you had prepared yeah. uh, surprisingly for this t- opportunity that's why you always were homeless outside of <laughs> the laugh factory or comedy store um but yeah, uh, yeah, I, I love even just creating that backstory for him. <laughs> but but yeah, it's just these brilliant, like absurd observational one-liners, and that's why I love uh, uh, um, Stephen Wright too, because he's just so fucking good at that shit. You know, I even steal some of them because they're just so that that good. Like the, yeah. um, I went to a, a diner that said breakfast anytime, so I ordered uh, breakfast during the Renaissance. <laughs> it's like shit like that is so good or like yeah. I lost the buttonhole <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh so much I lost yeah. the buttonhole it's, like, it's just absurd so yeah that's natural comedy that leans into absurdity so the, uh, you know, just going back to bottoms like the little details that were absurd in bottoms worked like the fucking like the random guy in the cage in, in the, the background cage. out of yep. focus and in the college and yeah i will say like uh the the choice to allow like um marshawn lynch to just improvise Mm -hmm. was brilliant because like yeah there you ended up with like these uh accidentally absurd events where he might not have even been reacting to that same take that you know that rachel senate and uh uh, ao idibiri are like um reacting to or or actually saying but like that is the one that matches so and it doesn't (laughs) there is that purpose in in congregation but then yeah that's the accidental absurdity absurdity so i'm kind of talking myself into like actually raising this movie a little yeah come on but (laughs) 
<laughs> but no, it's just like it fucking annoys me because it's just mm-hmm. like it, yeah, it's just there's uh, you know I I use this term a lot too, like having the strength of your convictions, and I just don't think Emma Seligman has it. You know, it's like I I I'll also admit I had a hard time like really getting through um Shiva Baby. Like I was just like, oh, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I wasn't like at the edge of my seat in that movie. Like the way people are saying, like, oh, it's like uncut gems. No, it, not to me. Um, I was bored. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I'll oh, just okay. say that. So, um, but yeah. So Emma Seligman for me, zero for two so far. But like again, sure. like similar to uh, Kyle Edward Ball with Skin and Marink, uh, I, I I'll give her another chance. You know, I'll, I'll definitely watch another movie of hers. You know, it takes a while for me to realize that. Yeah, maybe not for me unless it's like right off the bat they really are just like hateful, like fucking Lena Dunham or Lena Dunham. Like I just can't get into her. You know, oh, or interesting. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and uh, or people that I enjoy like uh, talking about, but I don't really like their movies, like uh, uh, Ryan Johnson. You know, sure. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so yeah, there we go. I think we are gonna get a new uh, Knives Out at some point. Yeah, interesting. Oh yeah, because it, it's in this contract. He yeah. was fucking paid how many million by by Netflix? <laughs> like hundred million? Yeah, or like what was it? Like five hundred million for the two? I think what so. What the fuck? Some crazy Yeah, it amount. was some absurd amount that Netflix just backed up the Brinks truck to his house. Love it. And I'm just like, how do we get into this money? What was the, the Netflix special that we were suggesting? The Netflix, uh, like, multi-part uh, true crime or something? What was it? Oh, yeah. It was on the guy who, who edited. It edited uh, the, the Rose Parade the video. The Rose Parade Road Rage. Video. Road Rage. Yeah. yeah, that's such a catchy title too. Rose Parade Road Rage. It's like a it's a mm-hmm. tongue twister and a rhyme at the same time. Rose yeah. Parade Road Rage. Rose Parade Road Rage. Yeah, it's like oh, <laughs> I like so that. So good. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. But yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah, that, we need to fucking get into that Netflix money, man. Like, <laughs> sure. How do how do we how do we break the doors down to mm. get Netflix to fucking like sponsor our investigative show of um who edited the Rose Parade Road Rage. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully we don't have to commit a crime. Yeah. 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 If somebody fucking does that at Netflix and it's not us, I'm going to sue, dude. Like, uh, (laughs) timestamp this shit. Like, we came up with this idea first. So, um, yeah, let's, let's release this episode as soon as possible. Steve. Yeah, so yeah, we, exactly. Yeah. Right, well, good. no, actually, we'll, we'll always have that because they'll only listen to it, right, after we've released it. So we'll yeah. always be ahead of them in terms of the date. Yeah, we're, perfect. We're good. Yeah, we're, we're, we're fucking good. We, 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 we've uh, covered our ass and yeah. <laughs> and are ready to be litigious in, in yeah. 2024. Love no, it. No. Uh, actually, it's the exact opposite. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I want to be a better person in 2024. <laughs> um, I'll just say well, that. We can talk a lot of shit, and then, but then still do nice things. Yeah. Yeah, our, absolutely. Yeah, Our actions like speak louder. Yeah. Our actions speak better than our words. How about mm-hmm. that? Okay, yeah, for sure. Well, speaking All of right. words... N- Let's okay. let's get to another clip from our, our friends. Let's okay, go let's to go. let's go to Brandon Boozer. Shout out to Brandon out there. He's a homie of Brandon. yours, one of our first mm. guests. Um, yes. So yeah, let's let's get our guy Brandon in. Here we go. His favorite for twenty twenty three. What up, Carlo, Steve, movie food fan? What up? It's your first guest, uh, Brandon. Here, don't whoa. forget that. Number one. Uh, thanks for having <laughs> me. And congrats out. on year two of the show. Uh, I know it's wow. a challenge. Um, it's for it's been getting harder and harder for me to see new films while they're in theaters, mm. uh, let alone the actual year they come out at this point. I but, hear you, man. Uh, did catch a few this year that I really loved. Uh, Got to hop on the holdovers train. 
Um, it's a movie that genuinely has a whole lot of heart, and I feel like that's something you can't say for a lot of contemporary American uh, film. Uh, Giamatti sure. doing the Lord's work here, um, and he <laughs> deserves those flowers now. Uh, the name cool, of the kid escapes me, but also just incredible work there. Uh, shouts out uh, Marcus Aurelius. Uh, a couple others <laughs> I wasn't personally crazy about Barbie, yes. but I did take my daughter to see it. And, mm, yep. you know, to just see Whoa. her sit there with this giant smile on her face, holding her favorite Barbie doll that she brought with her cool. to the theater and just watching her take in the movie and see all these women on screen. Um, you know, nothing beats seeing a young kid actively taking in inspiration through film. So, you know, got to gotta give credit where credit's due. Beautiful. Uh, with the fan favorite yeah. uh, for me, Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Whoa, Thieves. Cool. Uh, this yes. thing is fun yes. front to back. Uh, was one of my <laughs> one of the best trips to the theater I'd had in a while. Um, they made 25 yes. of these movies. Yes, I'd go see them all. Uh, yeah, running out of time, I but, uh, want to mention May December as well. Yeah, uh, I, I absolutely Ooh, loved it. It was actually right. the first Todd Haynes film. I'm with I'd you, seen. Brandon. Um, then ended up watching Carol shortly after that, and then, uh, yeah, I've been nice. missing out. Um, okay, thanks again, wow. guys. Hope to talk soon. Hell yeah! Peace. Oh yes, dude. He sprayed the field. He got us all. With the, oh with my those. god! Yeah, dude. Yeah, he did. He totally hit the spots. And, and a couple of movies. I mean, we haven't even talked about May December yet. Um, so, no, yeah, we we haven't. Um, yeah. But yeah, like that, that that's great. Like that he's he's allowed that segue into it. Um, yeah. But uh, I, I will just say, like off the bat, I haven't seen. It. So I have no opinion on it, um, but I'm yeah. sure you do. I got. You. Yeah, I do have an opinion on it, but I'll save it for later in the app. But uh, okay, I'm. I think I'm. I'm with Brandon on that one. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, cool. and even though we we were heavily critical of Barbie, and I just fucking d- dismissed it <laughs> early on uh, without even like uh, explaining. But I, I, <laughs> yeah, I will just say just tying back. That's beautiful. What he shared with us in terms of, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, experiencing the movie through his daughter and you know you can speak to this too oh, steve yeah. right when you're watching movies and jacob's spoken about this multiple times um hopefully his wife isn't listening right now but you know of showing oh, yeah. his daughter and the joy of, of sharing his favorite movies with her you know and it, that's a really beautiful cool. thing that i love that we have that thread with the three of you on the show you really know, cool. um, so I, I can't fucking take away from that. Like, it's like, even though I didn't like the movie, I am fucking glad that they had that experience, you know, like that's beautiful. And they probably bonded over it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, your whole take is, is that you didn't like it, but I think, you yeah. know, we, but something that we established, you know, f- for this film and for many others is that it might n- just not be for you and Barbie right. just wasn't for us, but it's clearly for a a whole huge audience and they loved it so it's like right props you mm-hmm. know for sure yeah and I, I think that's a good segue if you'll allow me steve to just do my next two categories oh, yeah. it's only two movies they one one for each category love it. um it's a good segue because uh i was surprised that brandon didn't pick this movie um so this one i i call this category um odd one i did not get <laughs> Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> that's what I'm calling it. I'm just being straightforward. It's like I don't even have anything catchy. It's just like it was odd and I didn't get it. Um, and that's the one that I thought Brandon would pick, but I guess maybe it's also because I can kind of like with Bill, like where I feel like okay, that's his boy, so I know he's gonna pick that for this year if he has a new movie. So if that, mm-hmm. there's a new Alexander Payne, it's gonna be Bill's favorite. Um, yeah. So with Brandon, I assumed like since there was a new Paul Schrader movie this year in Master Gardener, I thought that would be his pick. 
Um, mm. uh, but no, he didn't. He didn't even mention it, uh, which is interesting. Uh, but yeah, maybe we can figure it out once. Uh, we'll get to the bottom of it once he he comes back to the show. I know. I understand. Uh, he's busy being a, an actual dad right now. Uh, uh-huh. so, uh, you know, um, more power to him, and you know yeah, that's respect. that's his priority. Yeah, that's his prerogative. Um, and uh, I I don't know if I even use that word properly, but what I mean is that you know that that's really his main focus right now, and <laughs> yeah. I understand that. And if he can he can watch, um, you know, movies at home with them and share that with them, that's that's fucking great. Cool. Um, yeah, and then also um, that the thing that reminded me with the Barbie thing too is that. It was the same way I felt about Wonder Woman, like the first Wonder Woman movie, where I was just like, yeah, not really for me, but I'm so glad that all these little girls are enjoying this. Yeah, stoked on it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and and more on uh, little girls' imaginations later, by the way. Um, That's going to come up. All right, and the other category is, it was initially just called Fairly Forgettable, which I think I used last, uh, our our first season. That was um, one of my Mm -hmm. tiers. uh, That was my lowest tier back then, but now, yay. You're in the toilet, dude. You're getting flushed like a turd. <laughs> like that—that's how bad it is uh, now. So, like this one is kind of like you're getting off lightly. You're getting two stars. <laughs> yeah. You know? Like you consider yourself so, lucky. Yeah. But but it, <laughs> this category it has a slash now because it, it is only one movie, and it's just like baffling to me how much fucking praise this movie is getting. Oh. And I've I've recently been like liking a lot of of takedowns of it or like contrary opinions that have been coming up on the line because i'm like yeah like you know again finding solidarity that oh yeah it's okay to not like this movie Uh, another theme we brought up in the past and that is past lives as i just said past you know Mm. past lives i just don't fucking get it and yeah you know shout out to jr who's who's gonna come back for our our bracket uh episode uh I already know if, if if past lives is on our like bracket, he's picking that movie. <laughs> it's his favorite Yo, movie okay. of last year, you know. Cool. And uh, I I just don't get it. Like I'm just like, man, this is just a fucking standard movie. Like the opening scene. Have you seen it, Steve? I have not seen past lives. No. Okay. If, all right, I'll just say this. Okay, this is my uh, my damning with faint praise for the movie. The opening scene. If they had just done that as a short film, fucking masterpiece. Like it would have been a brilliant short film, this opening scene, because uh, I'll, I'll I'll paint a picture for you. The way it opens is you see the three of them, so you know the premise, right? Um, yeah. It's it, it's a Korean woman who fell in love with a, a a Korean guy when they were younger, and then you know he they meet as adults, but she's like you know lived her life in America. She moved to America, fell in love with a white dude, married the white dude. Yeah. So you see them across the bar, uh, Korean guy, Korean girl her her white husband yeah and you hear people talking about them like they're trying to figure out what their relationship is the three of them mm. uh like uh, who's dating who who's the third wheel here you know that kind of thing it's fucking brilliant steve it's just like that cool. is a masterpiece like as a short film because it's just like it and especially if you end after that you cut to black it's like you retain the ambiguity and then it leaves with you, the audience, to decide, like, yeah, what was the relationship between those three? See, I just talked myself into making a short film version of this that would be fucking better, you know? Um, cool. Because, yeah, that that's just how I felt. I was just like, man, this is not, again, you know, I think primarily that's really it. It's not that these movies are bad. It's just my disconnect with them, you know? That's really sure. more my issue. 
Because, you know, there's no faulting the filmmaking craft, I would say. Like, well, again, I'm not getting too deep on it, but it's just the... Um, you can say that it's well shot. I, it's one of the rare films too. This that came out last year that was actually shot on film, by the way. Oh, and, cool. Which, Good. Yeah, but I, I, I don't say. I, I want to say it didn't really add that much. To it. <laughs> Again, like so, you know, um, slap in the face, like letting the door hit them on the way out. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it didn't really add much. I, I'll just say that. Like this movie could have been shot digitally, and it would, would work exactly the same way. You know, um, so, uh, yeah, I actually didn't even think that it was shot in a film. I only found out after I looked it up um, because I was just like, thinking, yeah, how many of these, you know, because it's a dying breed, obviously. And then we didn't have like um, other than Nolan, I guess, you know, the giants of, of, of film who still make films on film, like don't have a movie this year, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. So, um, yeah, all, everybody's moved on to digital. Um, so. Yeah, no PDA, PTA, and obviously the Tarantino one's on its way, and uh, I have other opinions about that, but we'll save it when we get closer to that episode, sure. or when it actually comes out. And, then, uh, and yeah, no PTA, even though he he's working on his next film too. I'm excited. Nice. Can't wait for the next one. Um, but yeah, so shot on film, it looks fine. I'll say that, and you know, I, I love recognizing the New York locations, and you know, again, this is a movie that on paper I should love because I love the ideas of like, um, you know, potentially like, w- w- had we gone this way, mm-hmm. like, could it have worked out? I love entertaining that, you know, uh, the, those thoughts of like, you know, gaming out like other possibilities, and it's got nothing to do with like a multiverse, you know, right, like, yeah. um, like last year's um or two years ago's uh, everything everywhere all at once you know um so which i love you know even though you know that's what it's getting compared to and uh, you know no no uh coincidence that it's also an a24 film Mm -hmm. and that they released it in the middle of the summer which is so odd because it's like such a fall movie totally or even spring you know it's definitely like light cold weather you know um it's not a summer movie uh but yeah it was weird a weird choice by a24 to release it in the middle of the summer but yeah, I just don't get it. I, I'm like, I, 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 you know, again, more power to Jr. Like it resonated with him, you know. If he loves it, that's not me shitting on him loving it. You know, it's it's really like it's just not for me. So yeah. past okay. lives. So yeah, those are my my two categories. Yeah, good ones. And um, I'm I'm realizing I didn't give my Ken Jong award, so I'm gonna give oh, it shit. real quick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, go ahead. Um, I'm gonna give it to Joan is awful. Um, season <laughs> six. <laughs> Episode one of the the latest Black Mirror <laughs> episode or, or season. Oh my god, what a left um, pick, dude! <laughs> Jonah's awful was um almost almost really good. Yeah, it was in, almost in like mind. oh, and Black Mirror is back, baby. At one point, like and, and, <laughs> all, and it almost threaded a needle, a very upcoming issue. You know, mm. with you know the whole likeness debate that mm. broke you know the whole thing with the writer strike and actor strike um, yeah. actors with mm. actor strike mm-hmm. and the, yes i'm um, to say it better um and so it was like timely um but it just for you know just for some reason and and i think it's i think we talked about it in the tv seasons episode mm. just you know the later seasons of black mirror they just don't feel as black mirror-y as yeah. the first couple seasons right and it's just it's just kind of the way it goes mm-hmm. they're trying like our guy 
Ken Jong, and so yeah, <laughs> Jones awful is getting yeah, the award. No, Congratulations! Oh, I love that fucking pick, dude. Because uh, yeah, one it's so unexpected. I forgot about it. Yeah, I love when something yeah. <laughs> comes up where I'm like, oh yeah, that was last year too. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, pretty awful season overall too from Black Mirror, especially yeah. the the. I I don't know how I followed the order of it, but it was kind of random. But like the the one that I watched last was the worst episode of, of Black Mirror. Um that season it's the the one where the the guy comes back uh, like the demon in training or whatever and it's like oh. in the uk in the 70s and like she's and basically the atomic bomb yeah, yeah yeah committing murder because it's like oh otherwise it's gonna be the end of the world kind of shit what a right, fucking bullshit yeah. episode it's just like man like where's the technology well, what the fuck man well, when the episodes go back in time it's mm-hmm. it doesn't feel as good you know it's like you want to be a little bit in the future mm-hmm. And you want to have new technology. Right. That's you what know, Black like, Mirror is. This season, it didn't have a striking Vipers app to kind of save it. Right. Unfortunately. Because so. when, when Black Mirror first like kind of dipped its toe into period shit, like it was very clever. Even though I also think that episode is very overrated. I'm not a fan of it. But the San Juniperro episode did that so well. Because that was the twist. That was a beautiful episode. Yeah, I thought. I, thought I, I that think was a I'm being one. too harsh on it. I, I, I just was like, I guess the shock for me with that episode, because that season was so fucking jarring, you know, because it was the first Netflix season. Um, right. Was just that, uh, you know, I was expecting a horror thing to it. I, I you know, I was like, where's the fucking right. shocking, like, drop or turn? And it wasn't. It was like pleasant it was moving it was like a beautiful like romance yeah yeah almost. so yeah. it fucking caught me off guard so i i think it deserves a rewatch for me and just like kind of okay maybe i'll come around and like you know carlos cannon <laughs> suddenly like <laughs> san junipero i was wrong yeah, exactly. i fucking cried <laughs> like a baby um i love it yeah um black mirror joan is awful good pick dude and I, i'll i'll my last thing i'll, I'll say for that is that I laughed more in Joan is Awful than I did in both Bottoms and Joyride. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that says a lot right there. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right. All right. Let's keep it continue. Let's go. Let's let's go to one of yours. Let's go to the, the surprise motherfucker award. <laughs> Why don't you let us know what, what yeah, what does the surprise okay. motherfucker award mean to you? Yeah. yeah uh, let me just ask you though, Steve, real quick uh, before I, hmm. I give it. Is that when you came up with these these categories, did you already have a movie in mind with most of them, or did you like come up with the categories first and then try to figure out what movie? Fit I would with it? say I would say sixty forty. I came up with the category first. Okay, you know, like yeah, all right. But um, but there was a, a couple where I was like, oh, I, I want to talk about this. How can I make a <laughs> how can I make Perfect. an award out, yeah. out of it? Yeah, yeah. And the reason why I asked that is because that's what it was for me. I thought of oh, this yeah. as Love I was it. fucking watching the movie. I was like, yeah, this is a surprise, motherfucker. You know, it's like, and yeah, I, I, we got to keep this award, man. Like, regardless of how we evolved, like, we got to have this name for an award. It's just so good. It's good. Um, sure. Yeah, and that's a, not just me tooting my own horn because I came up with it. Um, but yeah, uh, my surprise motherfucker is Dungeons & Dragons. Holy shit. Wow. Actually, no, let, let me amend that. It's not just Dungeons & Dragons. It's fucking the Freaks and Geeks alumni fucking surprising me with you know mm. these bangers and there were two so it isn't just a one awardee and they're both uh, i just made that connection i was like holy shit these guys were both on freaks and geeks and so for um uh for teenage mutant ninja turtles mutant mayhem 
it's it's fucking right. Seth Rogen, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and then for Dungeons and Dragons, it's it's uh, Sam Weir, uh, Jonathan, uh, what is his name? Uh, John Francis Daly. So it's so good to like see them thrive and like you know. I mean, I haven't been a fan of of Seth Rogen, especially with his like fucking like political comments. It's like so idiotic. Um, but like uh, and sure. not even in a funny way. Uh, but you know, like, uh, yeah, I'm definitely like a fan of Super Bad, and like, shout out to fucking Undeclared, by the way, which is like Judd Apatow's best thing he's ever done, movie or TV. Mm. Like, it's just like so good, and like Seth Rogen is in it, um, and he's good in it. Uh, so yeah, like I loved early Seth Rogen shit, even though I wasn't a fan of like, um, uh, Knocked Up or, um, yeah, a lot of the Judd Apatow shit I wasn't a fan of. But like, yeah, yeah the, I mean, uh, yeah, Undeclared, Super Bad. You know, like the the shit mm-hmm. that he touched, like that. Um, I I loved, but yeah, pleasantly surprised, motherfucker, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Like, yeah, let's just call it the TMNT MM. Yeah. Uh, but like, love it. Yeah, it was just so much fucking better than I I could have imagined. You know, and I wasn't I wasn't planning to see it, but Jr. insisted. He was like, no, it's really fucking good. Let's go see it. So he rewatched it with me. And I was blown away. I was like, this is brilliant. Like, this is so fucking good. Cool. So, yeah. Team NT, MM, and then also, yeah. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Honor Amongst Us. I'm calling it D&D Hat. I love that awesome. they both have great acronyms. Uh, yeah, but just pleasantly surprised. And, yeah, that, that's what inspired the category was uh, D&D. All right. All right. And that's like Brandon, great pick. Love it. Mm-hmm. Those are solid. Mine's a little more obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, I, you know, obviously I like Godzilla films. Mm -hmm. You know, hell, I even enjoyed Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. Which is, you know, not very great. Mm -hmm. But my God, when you and JR saw Godzilla minus one in 40X, Mm -hmm. and we haven't talked about it on the pod. I I assume we'll we'll talk about it in the future rep. Oh, well, I can actually talk about it in my later uh, category. In my later. Okay, cool. um, uh, Sure. um, Tier, yeah, award. I am my oh, tears, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, but um, my God, this movie, it lived up to that hype. <laughs> it's so satisfying. Mm-hmm. It's so satisfying, Carlo. <laughs> it's going into Smith Cinemonian. Whoa! Dude. Oh my God! I was not Steve Smith Cinemonian. That's right. Oh, That's I didn't know minus we were doing one. This, man. Shit. Okay. It's going in, dude. Let's go. It was a surprise, motherfucker, dude. Oh, I love shit. the setting. Mm-hmm. I love 1945 Japan. It reminds me of um, Wife of the Spy, right. a movie that I liked from a number of years ago. I just, I just like the fashion. I like the vibe. I like the language. I just want to be in that setting. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, uh, even though I think, uh, sorry, Bill, to put you on blast like this, but uh, I don't think it resembles an Ozu film. Uh, it, it really, mm. to me, is more Kurosawa than 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 uh, Ozu because uh, it's just you know obviously with with the with the the force or the monster that's off screen, it's like that's really more Kurosawa. Like the, the he kind of acknowledges like the existence of evil. Whereas Ozu films, they they do have like kind of uh, cruelty and meanness and unfairness in it, but it's like so subtle. Like you can really chill okay. and like fall asleep to an Ozu film. You know, because they have their just their own rhythm. 
Um, so that that's the only thing I would I, would I was call not out, falling but, asleep to this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I would say that since you you dig it, like I actually do think you would also dig Ozu films. Uh, just don't start with okay, Tokyo cool. Story. I'll, I'll give you a recommendation to to start. Okay, with perfect. That. Um, but but yeah, like I think Ozu films because they're mostly set in this period and they're just gentle. And I mean, you know, if, if that helps your viewing too, just imagine the Godzilla off screen. You can hear that. What what's the sound? Can can you bring it up again? Oh sure. So we got the low sound, mm-hmm. which I like, but then also the big dog, of course. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh um, so, yeah. That that if, you, if if you're getting bored with an Ozu film, <laughs> just drop that sound <laughs> yeah. while you're watching. It's just yeah. gonna fucking improve it by like I'm I'm a billfold. I'm 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 being blasphemous right now, but fuck it. <laughs> Let's roll with it. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this movie without getting too deep into it right now. It's just it's it's got a mean, angry Godzilla right. out there and that feels so good to have this force. And the people are dealing with it in seemingly a logical way. Right. Um yeah, it's and, and then the ending. My god, the ending they 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 really brought it home in a, in a way that was like somewhat obvious but also clever like i kind of you know mm-hmm. um yeah just it's just it's, it's just awesome yeah way to go for sure that's right. minus one yeah. dude uh, a little more later uh all right so um yeah what's your next um award okay cool let's go to another one let's go to um let's go to the hype me up award okay this is the award we're giving to a movie or a moment or a character however you want to interpret it but something that just got you fired up right that just really turned your gears and uh and got you from you know six to 12 just like ready to rip Mm -hmm. so this was an award that i came up with thinking of a scene Mm -hmm. or thinking of a character actually this is going to summer joy campbell she's actress she played sylvie in bottoms i've already Mm -hmm. mentioned her okay she's the character in bottoms with i think she had the hat backwards it seemed like she came from like a troubled home and she was the one doing all the yelling all the anger she was just getting t- turned up. Like uh, she was down <laughs> to party. Yeah. She wanted to, to join the fight club. She was yeah. worried about the yeah. other school. Yeah. Coming and like, like, were they alluding that the, the guys from the other school were going to come and like sexually assault all of them? Like, uh, yeah, it was kind of implied or even just like their foot, their football team, their own football team was going to yeah, do their, something. Their football team like, was, was just going to do something heinous. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but she really captured the, the absurdity of the moment. Gotcha. You know, like that was like the best part of the film was just like, mm-hmm. the, it was like flirting with wanting to be a, an airplane okay you know just wanting to take it to like the na- naked gun spoof oh, level shit. it didn't it, oh i didn't i just missed that no that, that went over my head because I, when you first said airplane i instantly thought that you you were like being metaphorical that she's like trying to reach that height of an airplane oh i got you. oh <laughs> I, didn't, I like yeah, that i didn't even realize that you meant like oh yeah zaz airplane the movie yeah, yeah. okay um, got it but yeah but she definitely Got me hype and got me through some of the slower parts of the film. So yeah, shout out Summer yeah, Joy she's Campbell. Like yeah, an, an intrinsic hype element of that movie for sure. Totally. Uh, even though, yeah, again, try hard for me. Sorry, Ken Jong. It's just, uh, it's just trying to, yeah, that, not not to just like shit on it again. Um, but, but yeah, it just, um, it didn't hype me up. And uh, I don't know if you noticed, Steve, like the way that I kind of initially reacted to the award um, when you mentioned mm. it. 
Yeah. Yeah, I was being meta. Uh, being facetious that I was, like, uh, acting not hyped <laughs> oh. <laughs> about this award. Yeah, but no. Sure. If you go back and listen to it, <laughs> I'm playing a bit. No, I got you. Yeah, it's a bit. But no, um, no I, I did struggle a bit. I actually asked for clarification on this this award. But let me just ask you, was she the the... the, the 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 inspiration for the award or did you come up with the award first no she was the inspiration okay yeah. got it so yeah i wanted to give her some flowers yeah yeah that, that's why i guess i struggled a bit because it was just like um yeah if you have that in mind already it's perfect but it's just like also so many of the movies i saw in the past year don't really have like kind of mo- yeah sure yeah hype me up moments you know a lot of the movies i saw last year were downers you know, I mean, I couldn't make an obvious <laughs> yeah. easy pick with um with uh, TMNT, but like I won't sure. because you know I I don't do that for myself. Um, you so, don't. You do not make it easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, it, it's a movie that that's already come up. Like, it, you know, this is like you know when a uh, movie's having a night and it's winning all these awards. You know, this is what's happening. Yeah. I feel like when. And this is my kind of, I guess, justification for repeating because it's like, yeah, no, like let's give it its its Oscar night where they're taking yeah. a whole shelf or a Come whole on. mantle of of awards. So again, poor things. Uh, it, it wins the award yep. for hype me up because um, and it's not all the sexual shit, contrary to what people would believe. I'll expand on that later. <laughs> no, it the hype me up bit was the dance scene. And just like how fucking absurd oh, yeah. the dance scene is between her and Mark Ruffalo, and just the music itself, like it's like it sounds like a funeral dirge at the beginning of it, and there <laughs> she's like getting hyped up about this dance, and I mean because obviously she might also be undead, you know, which you know is another subtext that's going mm-hmm. on in that scene, and just like um, yeah, Mark, shout out to Marcus by the way, I actually want to ask him if he can send me like the original file. Because you know how Marcus does the the side by sides, he's the side by side king. Yeah, he did one for for that dance sequence in Poor Things, and he paired it with the dance sequence in Barry Lyndon. And I was holy shit, yeah, like beautiful. Yeah, fucking um, Mark Ruffalo did Barry Lyndon's uh, dance, or I I don't know if that mm-hmm. was Barry Lyndon. I I can't remember because also the the that's the amazing thing about his side by sides. By the way, they're not just photos. That's how he started, but he's evolved to like doing uh, gifs. Uh, so you yeah. actually see the scene play out and the motions, like how they match compared to just like a photo. Yeah. Um, it's really, it's really brilliant. Yeah, cool. like I think Marcus really. I mean, you know, people recognize that he's he's a genius and like that. Um, this thing that he's doing is unique, and he's been invited to like write guest articles for publications through this. But I don't think he gets enough recognition for what he does with this shit because mm-hmm. it's just like it's so innovative and it's like a way of like recontextualizing movies like there's an academic like value to this an educational thing where it's like mm-hmm. it, yeah because you know the, the common thing that kind of pisses him off and sometimes discourages him i i mean you know marcus is a big boy he he can he can take his lumps but like you know he, yeah. he gets one of the things that he gets pissed off about and he'll probably bring up him uh when we have him on the show is just um that uh you know like people will make like these stupid random comments where it's like that movie has nothing to do with that other movie. You know, it's like that kind of thing. Because So he has to contextualize the post with words, which is fucking like, no, you, sh- you shouldn't have to do that. But it's like kind of him, like, I guess, presenting his bona fides where it's like, well, there you go. The director actually said that they were inspired by this movie. It's in a fucking quote. Yeah. You know? So he has to like show that to kind of just like get these people off his back. 
you know, about like uh, making. Oh, that's a yeah. That, that's the one he quotes the most. That this the 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 comment that that's a stretch. <laughs> like that's the one that like people were like commenting on. And you know, like um, his work has also been plagiarized, by the way. And like uh, the justification of the fucking plagiarizers is that oh well, it's it's not his original work. Like it's it's from a movie, you know, that exists. So we're actually just using a. What is it? Uh, they're abusing the the Creative Commons or the uh, what is the other thing that protects like documentary filmmakers? Fair use. You know they're abusing yeah, it. Fair use. Yeah, because it's like, oh well, you didn't make this, you know. But no, he still fucking went through the trouble of making that that GIF. Like that's not something that you you can just like fucking. Well, you can. You have like GIF makers and stuff. But like he actually like goes in there, manually selects it, and he sometimes like re-edits them too because it's like. Um, mm-hmm. he needs to get it to the next bit, you know, like obviously the rhythm of the movie is its own pace, but like he needs to get it to the next bit. So he'll sometimes do a jump cut, uh, to the next bit to kind of get it to match with the, whatever it is that he's pairing, you know? Yeah. So he, he's working on another level, like there's subtext to it. Like it's, it's not just like the most obvious connection of like, you know, the side by sides that people do that are just so stupid. Like, you know, one, one like really inane one that you could do is just like, pair the the remake with the original you know like do a lion king side by side (laughs) like that's just like so bullshit and so easy because it your task is done for you it's like yeah it's so obvious pride rock raising simba mustafa's death like you know you can already just pair those together and there's no thought or like real soul to it the way that marcus does it you know and i hope he hears this like actually Mm -hmm. let's let's try to take this out of context this um this quote or this uh, bit, and I'll send it to him because, like, I really think, yeah, he doesn't get enough praise for his side by sides. But that's just to say, poor Love things. <laughs> that sequence paired it with Barry Lyndon dancing. Like Mark Ruffalo copies the move, yeah. the the raising of the, the legs, the Borishnikov kind of shit. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. So that's my that's my hype me up uh, award. That's a good one. Yeah. It's interesting to see yeah, which movies are winning all the awards. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's... We, we haven't um, aligned yet uh, with any. We've been split on everything. Which is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the way it's... Hey, yeah. that's how it goes here. Let's get in another sound clip. Okay. What do you say? Yeah, let's go. Let's bring in our guy Petros. He uh, has watched a lot of movies. So this is was his favorite watch from last year. Here we go. Petros Papadakis. My favorite movie of 2023 was 1989's American action thriller starring Don Johnson, <laughs> Penelope Ann Miller, Bill Forsyth. Well, Penelope Ann Miller. Dead Bang. That's right. Dead Bang. Where <laughs> Don Johnson plays like a sheriff detective cool. investigating the killing of a sheriff on Christmas Eve. And oh. it takes him to Arizona and Boulder, Colorado, and in all kind of adventures. And he's kind of like an alcoholic, and his glasses are broken, and he's beat up, and he breaks all the rules, and he wears a sweet trench coat, yeah. which was really cool in the 80s and early 90s. Don Johnson plays Jerry Beck going through a divorce. It's a hard time in his life. Dead bang. Breaking a white supremacy circle. All the way back in 89 in Boulder, Colorado. Check it out. Don Johnson. 
and a happier Shout time. Shout out to wow. Johnson. Oh my God. A- a- celebrating a 35 year anniversary. Why don't we do a double feature with, with Petros oh, and get shit. in some, some oh, dead man. bang? Yeah. I, I fucking love it. Oh, dude, that was like better time than most like uh, comedic like uh, uh, bits. <laughs> like the way you He's just said like naturally dead bang. Dead bang. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry Beck. Yeah. <laughs> He's he's a talent. There's no doubt. Oh my god! That that's one of the things I want to ask him the next time he comes on. Is if does he think of himself at all? I doubt it. But does he think no. of himself as someone who's doing comedy? He's just oh, fun yeah. talking. I, mean, I don't think he thinks of himself as a comedian, though. You know what I mean? Right. No. Yeah. And that's even better. I love those people because yeah, it's just like they don't even think about it. And you know, that's that's actually the worst comedians. The worst comedians are people who overthink their shit and that it comes through in their you know in their work because it's like you can just see like they don't they don't commit to the bit you know as they say in the industry parlance uh but yeah that it's just like yeah he, he's got the natural delivery the flow and then um uh man it's just like his voice is just like all those things i yeah he just got me cracking up man it's just and this is the other thing that i love that we're doing in this episode steve not to be too meta but like you know, um, there's other rear review shows like I think Film Spotting where they also have people call in and like you know leave an audio message of what their favorites are. Maybe this was partly inspired by it. Maybe not. I'm not gonna uh, confirm sure. or deny. But I will <laughs> yeah. just say like I love how we're reacting in real time to them as they're speaking, as if they're actually in front of us. Totally. <laughs> you know, yeah, that they're actually live to us. Like it's fucking fantastic. Love it. It feels live. Yeah, but yeah, thank you, Petrus. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we might might have to fire up this this dead bang. Beautiful. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's check it out for sure. All right. Cool. All right. All right. Moving along. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Let's get. Let's bang out a couple more awards. Let's go to. Uh. uh let's go to best emotions. Okay. Let's go. Okay. What I thought of with, with this was what movie made you fe- really feel something. Mm. Um, especially more, you know, on the, uh, on the um, emotional category. And so definite honorable mention for me, at least was Godzilla minus one. The ending definitely Mm. had some notes in there, but I got to go. I got to give the award to a movie. I think it was, it was a 2022 release. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, after sun after sun really unlocked some emotions for your friend, your dear friend, Steve here. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it just captures, like, like we've already said, the memory of, or no, the experience of remembering something. Right. And like, that's a powerful thing. It's beautiful. One of my After favorite Sun, things dude. cinema can do. Yeah. Is, is that, uh, the access to memory. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I've talked about that a lot of just like how my, um, my view of cinema, I lean towards and that's what in, in my, my letterbox rap. That's why I felt like it, it got me to a T and I think we kind of glossed over it because we went into other tangents. But, yeah, that's why I really felt like it, it got me to a T because, um, uh, yeah, I, I really do lean more towards the idea of film as not like a rep- representation of real life, but more like it's related to dreams and memory. You know, that it's fragmented. Oh, yeah. It's like subjective. Um, you know, as certain things can be obscured or like uh, mysterious and not clear um and yeah. that's what i lean into that's those are the types of films i aspire to and those are the films i love the most you know that that contain that element um so yeah yeah absolutely cool, um 
Yeah, so uh, this is another one where I didn't get the the category in my version. You know, I, I, I wrote down a list of all the categories, and it's not on my list. But um, uh, the thing, I'm going to cheat with this because it's going to be like three movies, and I'm not going to say anything about them because I have them coming up later on. Um, so it, the three movies are uh, Presage um, by uh, oh, yeah. Joanna Hogg. Um, uh, the next movie Good is one. Falcon Lake, which has already won an award. So come back up here. You you have another one. <laughs> come pick it Yay, up. Um, yeah. And then the the third one is uh, Pictures of Ghosts by um, uh, Kleber uh, uh, Mendoka. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Mendoka or Mendoza? Uh, Filo. Mm. Yeah, I mean Portuguese, Brazilian Portuguese, man. It's like interesting one. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. I mentioned it earlier, and like, yeah, I I, the pronunciation is just incredible. But anyway, I I murdered his name, but uh, yeah, pictures of ghosts. Um, So those are are my three that um, have that emotion. That's funny. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I thought you were gonna choose Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, (laughs) that may come up. (laughs) That may come okay, up later. Okay, 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 uh, okay, I got you. <laughs> yeah, right. okay, let's go. All right, all right let's keep it going. Let's, let's keep it continuing. Yeah. Uh, so I want to go, let's go to, uh, let's go to best original movie moment. Okay. So this was, a, again, another Steve category. This is one where I already had one f- figured mm-hmm. out, and I was like, uh, got to squeeze it in. Right. Um it, it also, th- this movie is getting the best trailer award, which I'm just kind of making up now on the spot. Oh, fuck yeah. No, I'm, that's a great I'm category. Give... Let's let's use that next year. Okay. Yeah. Best trailer and best original movie moment goes to Monsters of California for me. Oh. It's the Bigfoot scene. Sure. I have never seen a movie scene take a turn like this <laughs> where you have a bunch of UFO hunting dudes and gals camping they're exploring a cave. They find Bigfoot. Bigfoot chases them. And then Bigfoot pees on one of their faces <laughs> a- in like a funny moment of levity and then kind of bones out. It's, um, yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah, you fucking immortalized it, dude, online. And I don't know anybody yeah. else who did that. You, you have it. And we have, we have the receipts. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's ours. We're the ones that put it out there as a gift the uh yeah, yeah. Exactly. so yeah that's all you it's do. um it's from a twisted mind only a twisted mind could come up with something like that mm-hmm. um and yeah yeah it's just it's original so congrats to tom DeLong and monsters of california yeah this is your uh best original moment slash best trailer right yeah yeah okay uh yeah i would say it's definitely up there for me in terms of trailer as well um i, I would agree with that because yeah uh, I just thought about it. I mean, I, I went on a rant about that, I think, on a previous episode of, like, how, you know, trailers have become, like, so formulaic. But yeah. it's funny how this one kind of is, but, like, it fucking works. Like, you know, like, the, yeah. the, the, the re... You know, the re... It's, the fucking remix of a song. Slow down. Yeah. You know, that kind of yeah. shit. And then does it even have, like, a woom? moment does it have that where it just oh, suddenly like goes silent does it that's so fun it probably yeah, cause that's does, another like dude. fucking trailer cliche yeah. right uh yeah. all of them fucking have this now and it's like yeah and it just doesn't uh, i'm so fucking bored with it and you know because i watch so many movies in the theater like i get to see these trailers over and over again 
And it's like the best ones, like, you know, I, I hyped the trailer. Actually, that's my going to be my fucking uh, best trailer awardee. Um, now that I, I realize it, and it's sort of a movie that's coming out this year, it's uh, it's Argyle. Man, I fucking yeah, love that trailer. Yeah, you love Argyle. You love Argyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I'm hyped, man. Like, uh, I, I can't wait. Like, February up. can't come any sooner, man. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, like, fucking um, Argyle, like, that trailer, again, also ticks on that mark. It has the womb moment. It has the... Yeah, let's just call it a womb. I like that. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, womb yeah, moment. Yeah, that's good. And then it also has... Um, uh the fucking uh remixed uh pop song you know yep. it's uh as i i sung praise of it, it's such a good fucking remix of um elvis's suspicious minds which is i think now one of my favorite elvis songs like the Ooh. just lyrically it's so fucking good um you know and just the way it uses it and yeah it, it did that fucking trailer hypes me up dude like it legit yeah, yeah. does and like i can hear it yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And, like, I think, actually, I might just give it to that. Because even though it wasn't a movie that came out last year, it's, like, trailer and hype me up. Because, oh, wait, wait. Is that what we were doing? Was it hype me Oh, no, original moment. Okay, so I've now overlapped awards. And, like, now I was like, okay, um, come back to the stage, poor things. Um, Actually, we made a mistake. Uh, we're going to yeah. give it an award to <laughs> Like it's our fucking show. We we get to do whatever we want. Uh, we can so, boss yeah, we can around. take yeah, right. we can take back awards, you know. It's like, oh shit, we just found out you did like a shitty movie like uh. just like today. <laughs> so we're we're taking back the award. Uh you can't have it. Oh, you fucking slapped Chris Rock. Oh, we're taking back your best Oscar, man. Yeah, you should have Will Smith this sit back been the down, best dude. fucking thing to happen to the Oscars <sighs> if like they fucking like rescinded his award. They like say like you know, like, what an embarrassing night that would have been for Will Smith. Uh, more embarrassing for him if they had just said, like, hey, so we're going to be frank. Like, actually, they're being serious. So it's not even, like, an actor presenting the award. It's actually going to be, like, the Academy president. You know, and, like, you know, on a more serious note, we just want to say that we do not condone the behavior of one yeah. William Smith <laughs> Jr. I'm just thinking it up. But yeah. We, uh, uh, Will Smith um's uh, behavior and his actions tonight and uh we we thoroughly condemn it and uh we're, we're just gonna keep it a buck <laughs> all of a sudden she like tur- i don't know who the president of the academy is but she just turns gangster and she's like yeah totally yeah will smith you would have won this award like we i have the fucking envelope right here price waterhouse coopers whatever it is who who holds the envelope i have it right here it says best actor will smith king richard you you would have won this award had it not been for your abhorrent and immature behavior this evening and fucking condemn him on the spot. And then because of that, and then, you know, like these award-giving bodies, they're not going to be like, oh, we're going to give it to the the runner-up. They're not going to be like that. They're going to be like, we're just going to leave it vacant, like sports-wise, you know, kind of thing. Like you're, the best actor award is vacated this year because of your abhorrent behavior. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, my chemical. multiverse, like, alternate uh, reality of, of the Oscars. And that would have been one of the best Oscars ever. Right hey. there. Yeah. Um. They had an opportunity. <laughs> they, again, they, again. Dangle, dangle that shit in front of him. To do something legendary. Right. You know, it's just they just didn't <laughs> seize it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's uh, that would have been a better show. Like, yeah, that kind of – that might have even won an award for me. <laughs> but, yeah, oh, yeah, like Argyle <laughs> – uh, not res- necessarily original. I mean, the, my my original moment, which I'll I'll elaborate later on as well, because again, it's gonna come up again. Uh, for uh, second time awardee, uh, for me, um, uh, um, uh, pictures of ghosts. 
the ending of pictures right. specifically and oh, I'll, cool. I'll elaborate okay. later on but yeah that that's actually my best original movie moment oh cool yeah. okay good yeah I like all right that. yeah let's um go. let's get in um let's go to best needle drop Ooh, yeah let's go so this is uh, this is different from best original song you know they could use you know um you know a song from popular culture Mm-hmm. So something that already exists, something that really kind of got you going when when the, when the, when they drop this song, mm-hmm. in 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 a moment. Um, there's one that stands out to me, but I want I kind of want to hear yours first. So yeah, okay. wh- wh- what do you got for the best needle drop? Come on. So I got two. <laughs> I couldn't just pick one. So yeah, that that's the other thing that we we're, we're doing here with movie food awards. We're 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 sharing the love. You know, yeah, there can on. be yeah, there can be more than one winner. You know, I, I've had three winners at one one point, so this one has two. So my two nominees, one is actually an obvious pick, but the song is not. <laughs> so okay. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say TMNT, you know, which had mm. a couple of really good needle drops, but the obvious pick for the needle drop that is not my pick is. Um, a movie that a song that actually is really hard to get the rights to. Like, there's there's been like articles about it of just like how hard it is to to get the song into movies as a needle drop, mainly because it's so fucking expensive. Um, and that is a uh, um, No Diggity by Blackstreet. So that's the Ooh. obvious pick, and it's a beautiful sequence. Have you seen it yet, Steve? No, I no, I haven't. Oh but shit, that sounds awesome. Okay. Yeah, but um, when you get there, you know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like everybody loves that sequence. That's like a sequence that's gonna be out of context on YouTube, like on its own. Totally. Like it's, yeah, I feel like I have seen clips of it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and it it pays tribute to um uh, the old boy um hallway fight, which is also really clever. Oh, love it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah. Um, yeah, that's a little like uh, Easter egg there, but uh, that's the obvious needle drop. My like not so obvious needle drop actually happens before that sequence several scenes before and i mean you know i am also sung my praises for the score by atticus ross and trent, and trent reznor which is also great but the fact that it balances those two is, is also like a rare combo mm. um but no uh they use fucking della souls um i know um cool. early on and uh, you know uh when i was first getting into de la soul like that was one of the first songs i ever heard from them was i know and uh, me myself and i you know, those mm-hmm. were the two songs because, you know, I mean, me, myself and I had that legendary music video. But I know was just like, what the fuck? I'd never heard anything like it when I first heard it. Like, mm-hmm. I was just like, man, this this is what hip hop can do. You know, and I'm, I'm just sounding like such a generic, like, fanboy there. But, like, that's really what it was. It was, like, some revelatory for me to hear that song. And the first time I ever heard it was, wasn't even, like, on that album of um, uh, Three Feet High and Rising. It was actually... Um, uh, on a compilation, like, you know, because you know, when, when you're a kid, you don't really have much taste. So, like, I tried to, like, uh, you know, my mom and I signed up for one of those, like, Columbia House, like, subscription shit. So we got, yeah. like, a certain number of CDs, you know, a month. I never bought albums. I always bought, like, either soundtracks or that, you know, had, like, right. compilations of songs or, like, actual collections. And this was a bizarre collection, dude, because it was, like, mainly, like, alternative Britpop with some hip-hop like thrown in randomly yeah i can't remember like what it was called it wasn't like the now that's what i call music kind of thing it was it was like an alternate it was like the more hip version of that you know it wasn't just pop songs and shit um but it was so cool and like yeah it really like introduced me to a bunch of 
of bands I'd never heard of, you know, that kind of thing. So it was like the perfect comp. I, I wonder if I still have the CD somewhere, but yeah, it, it was great. So that's where I first heard, heard I Know. And, you know, this was like back in 95. So like, yeah, uh, almost 20 years later, I hear it again in this movie and I'm like, fuck yeah. Like somebody recognizes <laughs> I Know, you know, and I is basically spelled... E Y E, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. ah, it's so good. Um, cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's my best needle drop. Yeah. I like that you um, were able to to pinpoint them to an actual movie because I'm gonna cheat. Uh, before you do, I'm I'm sorry. I I only did one. <laughs> when I said there were two winners, I'm sorry. But yeah, oh, I, I like, got gotcha. you. Again, this is again something I'm gonna elaborate on later on as well. Um, it, it actually is also from Pictures of Ghosts, and it's the ending as well so I'm, I'm adding a little more layers to this ending and this wasn't intentional oh. but this is what's happening so the song that plays during the ending of, of pictures of ghosts i recognize it more as a hip-hop sample than i did as its original form <laughs> like i was okay. like holy shit this is the beat to biggie's hypnotize <laughs> oh yeah and um uh i, I was just a si- random side note to that um I realized too when I in Godzilla minus one when I first heard that um, the the theme, I also fucking heard that first in a hip hop song before I heard it in a Godzilla movie. You know? Oh yeah, I heard it on um uh, on um, Pharaoh Monch's uh, Simon Says. Like it's used oh, to cool. brilliant effect in that song. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. Um, also fucking uh, most deaf like. Um, the ecstatic like he has a track that also uses a different part of the godzilla theme and it's just like incredible um but yeah going back to recognizing the beat from hypnotize i looked it up i forgot the title of the song but i i i wrote down the artist it's uh herb alpert um so he was the original uh composer and you know i guess diddy cool. sampled it yeah. to make hypnotize and it's in the ending of uh, pictures of ghosts which i will elaborate later <laughs> um, cool okay cool uh mine real quick so yeah I'm, it, it's a cheat i'm going i'm going back to tv okay neil drop is from episode one of beef when they drop oh, the reason from hoobastank oh my god it's just so <laughs> well per- perfectly selected placed and it sets up the whole series and you know we so really like beef the first nine apps are dope like the first nine <laughs> and a half like, talk about not sticking to landing yeah but <laughs> man but it, it really gets going and their use of the reason which i think hit a billion listens on spotify like a couple of years ago it's you know well it's deserved like, it's had a whole second life on online so they um, they've earned yeah. a billion pennies <laughs> yeah exactly way to go yeah who's stank <laughs> San Fernando or yeah, uh, I guess originally from Agora Hills, but you know, he used to play so many shows in the San Fernando Valley. One of those like local LA bands. I remember seeing countless times, like in like coffee shops and bars and all these like small things before they blew up. So yeah, great, great use of a song from beef. Yeah, dude. Um, And by the way, you don't have to make caveats if you're making TV picks, dude. Like I think that that counts. Like, um, shout out to uh, to Keith Ulick, who I'm I'm trying to get on the show this season. Uh, oh, cool! I'm already kind of uh, spoiling it a little bit, but uh, finessing. But he was yeah. the one who inspired me with his like uh, picks of the year that he would include TV episodes. I was like, oh, that's oh, fantastic! Cool. 
you know so uh, that kind of allowed or inspired me to like just broaden my categories and you know i did that last yeah. year i had tv episodes and then also um i include short films i, I don't just do features you know um right. so yeah cool. it is possible for yeah that, that to happen but no great fucking pick and i, I would even say like there's a couple of nominees in that because it's like yeah. fucking drive and just the transition yeah. from Steven Yun doing his version to the original is just like so yeah. good. Oh, totally. Man. Yeah. I mean, that's really what, yeah, that's really what hooked us on the show, dude. Cause it's like, we, we have this theory that the creators of that show are our age. So they're hitting all our touchstones, you well, know, that's what's, yeah. that's what's really going on in culture is that our generation is now the people that are in place to make stuff. And so, yeah, for sure. That's why that Della soul song made it into the movie oh yeah because yes that's rogan's age yeah it's a peer of yours that it's the whole situation yeah right all right let's maybe do one more award and then then we'll go to a clip okay let's get in um let's go to best guest moment let's go So, so um i think you submitted what yours was already right um do you wanna say say what it is Okay, set the table for it. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, it, it, to me, the one where I enjoyed myself the best <laughs> uh, uh, was uh, Kay's whole um, Casa Bonita um, yes. anecdote and, like, uh, breaking down for us what actually goes on over there and painting a whole it's picture. It's bananas. I know. It's just, like, man. I can't believe it. Yeah, like in terms of like our lore, if I can say that, like in appetizers, like that one was just like I was like in there. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, glued to the television, you know, like <laughs> sitting at the feet of grandma listening to the fucking story. I was just like there, dude, you know. What? Yeah, um, I'm I'm with you. That's on the James Benning episode. If anyone wants to go back and listen here. <laughs> and I actually went and, and I pulled a clip of Let's it. Let's go. Yeah, I this, ep- this might only be like a minute long or so. So this is right. so this is but it's K- longer in the original episode, right? Yeah, it's it's longer. Yeah, than so that. check out this, the original. Is, yeah, this is K explaining to us what Casa Bonita is in um, Denver, Colorado. Here we go. Let's go. You would walk in and it's immediately humid, and it's like the pool water kind of humid. <laughs> like if you're at a hotel yeah. and it's like right. it's right. like a Motel Six in the middle of nowhere, and you go in the pool room and you're just hit with like chlorine humidity, and like it smells a little bit weird, but like a little bit like chemical clean. But yeah, it's just crazy. And so you go in and it's almost like. Uh, Doctor Who TARDIS style where it looks just like a normal sized building on the outside but you go in and it's like this labyrinth maze with like with like stone walls and it's like and inside they have like an arcade and a haunted house and wow. yeah and cliff diving which is like the main attraction <laughs> no for indoor cliff yeah, diving yeah That's for real awesome. so they wow. have this huge water fixture with like a with a waterfall in the middle of the restaurant <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy yeah, I love that. Yeah, we're we're like layered in terms of our reactions because there was our initial reaction mm-hmm. in the recording itself, and then us reacting to it again. Right, it's like <laughs> it's it's like a podcast commentary track. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It's, it's but really we're just cool. laughing. There's no insight or perspective. It's just yeah. Sometimes on you just gotta laugh. You, you just gotta let the guests go. And Kay had a lot to say about Casa Bonita and. It's just really cool to get the to get the curtain pulled back and to kind of see mm-hmm. what it's really like out there. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, we got to go. That's still, like, we d- discussed that in the episode, too. It's like, you, I think we, we need to go with K to Casa right. Bonita and experience it. Like, uh, right. I, I want that gorilla at the birthday party or whatever it was. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, and I'm going to give my award for best guest moment to Petros. You know, he, um, yeah. so we talked about Marked for Death with mm-hmm. him, which is one of his favorite films from 1990, obviously Steven Seagal. And we were at the end of the ep, we were talking about how it ends with a sword fight. Mm-hmm. And Petro's just on the spot. And this is just a perfect example of his comedic ability, but it's just in the context of a conversation. It's the flow. Right. So here's him just going on a little 30 second run here Let's off go. of, off of a uh, Seagal uh, ending this movie with a sword fight. Well, you got to show all Seagal's skills. Yeah. You know, that's what yeah. they showed his, uh, his, you know, twisty skills, his clothesline skills, his <laughs> firearm skills, his quip after killing you skills, oh, yeah. his break your arm off and uh, put you in terrible pain skills. And, you know, but she still wants you to know that he can handle a sword. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. I don't know why, like, more, even more in retrospect, like, I find Petros even funnier, like, than, yeah. than in the moment. I, I don't know what it is. It's just like... He's just a talent. And, it like, when you're being funny, you can just put anything through that filter and it comes right. out funny. And he's just being funny. And it's it's really, it's really great. Yeah, it, it's a level of intelligence, too, that I think to be yeah. able to, like, um, you know, time your deliveries and, like... Uh, be able to just have that flow to kind of um yeah. yeah just go on a riff like that is just like wow like you know that 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 i think most aspiring yeah. comedians would kill to have that ability that he has you know yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah like like he sees the game come to fruition in his mind and he just right. gets to like go through it you know yeah. the really dude's cool. an intellectual he's just not admitting it but he is man yeah, yeah <laughs> that dude sure. is a gentleman and scholar Petros yeah. Papadakis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. All right perfect. Dude. All right. Um, all right. So let's get in. Um, let's get in a clip. Let's get okay. in a clip. Let's go. The only member of the two-time clip club, mm. my friend Andrew Warren, the king of 1995, 1996 movies. And he might even graduate into 1997 movies. He's basically watching Whoa. every release. Um, and he's just working his way through. He he's also on a, sort of a, a letterbox champ. Um, mm. I believe his handle is Ventura Boulevard. I'll have to double check that. Oh yeah, let me know because I I, I want to follow yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, here's his his selection mm-hmm. for his favorite movie of 2023. All right. Hey, it's retired podcaster Andrew Warren submitting my favorite movie experience from this past year. Uh, and that was seeing Greg Araki's Nowhere for the first time uh, at the Academy mm. Museum. The cast, the crew, nice. the director, all in attendance. Uh, mm. It's only been available on a really washed out bootleg for a really long time. And now it's available and it's bright, goopy, shoegazy, <laughs> 90s MTV interstitial, uh, new queer cinema Beautiful. glory. Uh, if oh. you haven't seen Nowhere, make, a, make it a point in 2024 to see Nowhere. Cool. Oh. Nice, nice cut there. Yeah. Yeah. Deep, great choice. And then, uh, yeah, beautiful uh, like illustration of what to expect. <laughs> like oh, he really yeah. like gives us a yeah. He it doesn't paint a, he paints an abstract picture, which is even better. Yeah. You know, because I mean that that those are my favorite letterbox reviews are people who can like give you an impression, 
of the movie through words. I'm like, shit, that's like, yeah, that's also talking about like natural talent. Like that's kind of a poetic talent, you know, just having that way of words that you can describe something and like really give us an impression of how the movie feels and looks, you know, through words is, yeah. That's much better to me than hearing somebody's rant or their inane fucking joke that like is just bullshit. Um, <laughs> stripping into popular letterbox reviews. Yeah. I think you'll like his reviews. His letterbox is Ventura underscore BLVD, so Boulevard. Okay. Okay. So yeah, he's on there. Andrew, he's he's a pro mm-hmm. on Letterbox. It says, and sure. yeah, you know, he's also just someone who I just know is just a skilled talker. He just knows okay. how to do it. Yeah, it's one word next to the next word and kind of just goes through. Right. Really good. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. That's why I almost felt like was he like going for ironic effect with the retired podcaster, but saying it in like such a fucking like, um, you know, like eloquent way. Professional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, he, he's got that flow. Yeah. He's yeah. He's done a number of podcasts. Most famously, mm-hmm. I think so it's a pretty good good success. They just retired it, but it was a. They did a, a podcast on the San Fernando Valley and like stories. It was called 818s and Heartbreak, a San Fernando Valley show. Yeah, you had mentioned this before, yeah. Yeah, and so I think they just put that podcast project to bed, but it, yeah, it was really cool. <sighs> and um, yeah, he's just a, a talented dude. So yeah, oh, we're going to have him on. Yeah, I mean, no you doubt. know, since he's here and then he's watching movies at the. I haven't actually seen anything at the Academy Museum. But, I mean, I should find. Uh, like, mm. yeah, can you put me in touch with him? So, like. Um, oh, sure. I can find out what yeah. screenings he's going to, and maybe I can chat with him, like, you know, before or after the movie. Yeah, he's a cool you know? dude. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to meet him in person. Yeah, because, I mean, yeah, I can just sense it from the two clips that he's done. And, you know, shout out to him that, like, he kind of inspired this, like, for us to ask um, our, our previous guests to, to chime in and give yeah. us their, their favorites. And, yeah, thank you, by the way, to those guests who, like, Brandon, uh, Bill, Andrew, um, Kay, and, uh, yeah, for and Petros for you know uh giving us these uh these little gems you know like they're all brilliant like i mean we're just so good at picking guests dude you know i don't know what Uh, it is (laughs) it's just like we we find those gems i guess we're just cool yeah yeah Yeah, Um, that's really it all right let's get it cracking then let's bring this baby home let's go next next award we're going to give out is best phrase best phrase from a movie Um, this is different from line of the year Oh, <laughs> I guess I guess so. Okay, I'm confused. Yeah, okay, I didn't I maybe get double this, the memo. Here. Yeah, I didn't get the memo for this, so that it's all you, dude. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. All right, I'm just going to give this uh, out to your boy, Poor Things, beating out working yourself from the same film. I'm giving the best phrase to Furious Jumping. <laughs> it just really <laughs> s- stood out as like... <laughs> Something that has the, it, it, I feel like it has legs. I feel like this is a, a phrase that, that could potentially enter the, the lexicon. You never sure. really know what's going to enter the, right. the lexicon. Yeah. yeah, it's such a fickle beast. You know, and so we'll see, we'll see if Furious Jumping can make it. But, oh, um, shit. I don't off know. to a good start. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you want to talk about, like, people falling in love over a movie. Like, you know, if somebody makes that reference and then the girl gets it, like, right. shit, man. And then, like, that's the, the new, like, um, I did I mention this before? The Mank couple. Do you remember that? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be the new thing. It's like, oh, you get Furious Jumping? Yeah, let's go Furious Jumping. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah um, you know, uh, you've been fucked thrice by the best. 
I just can't forget. I feel like that one might have more more legs. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Well, the Mark Ruffalo lines are just so fucking good, man. Yeah. Maybe that's your. Oh, that's what you're gonna give the award to. Oh well, no, the, I'll, I'll just yeah. give my my runner up then from line, which is the Dainty Flake by Dainty Flake. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, Dainty Flake. I'll just be quoting that shit. You know, it's like Dainty Flake. Dainty flake. Great. That, that, oh that's perfect. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's mine. All right. Okay. So, I, I did have Poor one. Things. Yeah. Shout All out. Right. Shout out. Poor Things. I think uh, it's safe to say because um, regardless of how many we have left, I think Poor Things is unanimously our yeah. kind of like our Titanic like sweeping yeah. the awards. It, Holy it shit. It kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I'm editing the pod, I'll go through it and I'll like a- add it up like for okay. real. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah all right. Tabulate. Let's move on. Okay. The last, the last movie category I have before we go on to the last actual category, best kill. Oh do, shit! Do you have, okay. do you have a best kill? Because I can oh, give yeah. mine All right. first. Well, it, um, if, if this is the last one, Steve, I just want to throw back in something you cut out because it was definitely like this oh, oh, category. We know what the fucking answer was. It, it's definitely a category where the movie came first. <laughs> Then you thought of okay. the category, so I'll, I'll just say it, you know. And then we we both this is the one we're 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 aligning. We because we both okay. have obvious answers to this one. Best storage unit organization. What's the winner, Steve? Oh, that's the killer. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's what else? It's our guy from <laughs> the killer. He yeah, he right, definitely yeah. wins best. Yeah, so storage I, unit. I I think we just had to touch upon that because um. Also, I will just say going back to to K. Um, you know, with her her, her killer review and the, oh, right. all the comments and shit. Uh, when you chimed in, I was pleasantly surprised that she got the reference of the what is it? Uh, Storage Wars. Um, right. Yeah, and then that she like responded with a meme, and I was like, "What the fuck?" She knows, like, you know, it was a it was like a hyperlink of yup. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so good. Like she, yeah, she for somebody who's who's barely online, she is very internet savvy. So, yeah, she's yeah sharp, sharp tack, no doubt. Exactly. Yeah. So there you go. Um. So Best yeah, storage. We, yeah, we have the same same answer for that one. That's the okay. one that we align. Okay. So yeah, let's go back. All right. Okay. So best so, kill. All right. Best kill. Mm-hmm. What you got, Carlo? Okay, I gotta go. Okay, then this might seem like in poor taste, uh, but. <laughs> I gotta say it's Ferrari, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just like so fucking oh. devastating. And I remember too, like how that was like kind of a pre-hype oh, thing for the movie. Yeah. That it was like, yeah. oh, this has a really nasty car crash in it. And like, um, well, I thought it was the first car crash, and I was like, okay, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> and then the one that like just like. You yeah. did not expect, even though he fucking telegraphs it, because it's like there's like, who the fuck is this new family all of a sudden? And like yeah. I was like, I, I should have seen it coming, but like it, it still shocked me when it happened. And you know, it, it's it's one of those like soundless. You can hear people gasp in the theater moment. That's why it made it great to see it in the theater. Was just like fucking man, like. <gasps> Like yeah. that just collective gas when it fucking happens, and then the the sound coming in again, whoosh, the twisted metal, and then the the rolling, um, it's just like holy shit, man! And it, that totally like puts me in fear of driving a fast car with a with an open top, you know? Yeah, just so how very effective. fast. It just really shows how fast fast is, because yeah. like it, you know, it's like you can get lulled into into it being normal. 
mm-hmm. from the camera being in the car or whatever. Right. But then, yeah, to see uh, people standing next to it is when you really get a sense of like, oh, no, this is terrifying. Yeah. And the, the, you just summed up in a nutshell, Steve, um, another simplified way of explaining uh, uh, Einstein's theory of relativity. <laughs> mm, yep. So, Steve, yeah, what's your best kill? Okay. So my best kill, um, beating out a couple great ones from Marked for Death, Screwface's Death and Johnny Fingers. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm going back to John Wick 4, Killa Harkin. Yeah. <laughs> you want to kill him, I want to kill him, and you want to kill him. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the actor's name again? Uh, Scott. Oh, Scott Adkins. Boy Adkins. Cut, Scott Adkins. Yeah. The band. He is man. the man. So fucking good. Great performance. And just the, the kill was satisfying. You know, like. Yeah, it, it was so good. And the just falling, like him, yeah. Him doing a Samo, like moving in a fat I mean, you know, Samo is generally fat. He's not in Bigger, a fat yeah. suit. But like just being able to do that. I think Donnie Yen did that too with the, the fat dragon or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Enter the fat dragon. Um, but yeah, just like doing that and doing it well. Holy shit, man. Like I, I, I'm a fan of, of Scott Adkins now. Like I want to watch all these movies because I, I had seen him in, in certain things before. Like he's actually yeah. really good in the, the Ip Man spinoff. Um. Yeah, uh, yeah. With Max Jung. Oh my God, that's such an underrated uh, recent martial arts movie. I feel like Master Z. Like it's just mm-hmm. so good. Uh. But yeah, he's brilliant in it. But like, yeah, uh, I really feel like if there was any justice in the world, like he he would be a household name because of John Wick Four. Yeah. You know, like everybody talks about Scott Adkins as like you know the guy, and just the fact that he's he's also just an all around cool guy. Like shit, he posts online are so like wholesome and kind of like man like he's a, just a good guy and he has a podcast too where he's like hyping up his you know colleagues and shit you know awesome yeah, he, yeah he's that's awesome. great to hear scott atkins man yeah i definitely want to delve a little more in his uh, filmography for sure yeah well with his stunts in the movie you definitely feel it he makes mm-hmm. he, you know you feel it it's partially you know obviously yeah. the movie making but uh, yeah props yeah. to scott yeah no doubt for sure and then um the last award I have mm-hmm. is um, something. This one I might not have broached with you. Best post movie conversation. No, you did. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. So this is one. I'm gonna give this award to one of my favorites of the year to uh, Monsters of California. I just really <laughs> enjoyed mm-hmm. our conversation in the spooky selections about Monsters of California. We really delved deep into it. Yeah. And. I pulled another clip. This is of you, oh, the Almighty okay. Carlo, discussing what you thought of uh, of Tom DeLonge's filmmaking. Here we go. <laughs> Ultimately, I just feel like this is what Tom DeLonge thinks a movie is. Yeah. Rather than <laughs> yeah, like an actual <laughs> understanding of the medium. You know, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I've I've thought about that uh, ever since you dropped that line. It's at, it's so spot on. It's and it's like you're shitting on on Tom. You're shitting on the movie, but you're also nailing it in a way that's like. But it's what gives it its charm too. Right. So it's like it's it's just it's just no yeah. It was just such a fun conversation. Like, right. I love it. Like, yeah. I love that the the conclusion we reached with it was basically that it's it's basically a one star movie that you fucking love. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah, it's like you yeah. Objectively recognized as a piece of shit, but that you love it. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that that's just like being honest with yourself, and that's great. You know, and yeah, I'm glad you included that clip because 
I've realized too, I guess this is another look back in season two that I've really mm. leaned into like my autorist um, perspective mm. on things. Yeah. Because obviously I, I'm a filmmaker as well. Uh, I own that, uh, even though, you know, I haven't made a movie in years. Uh, <laughs> I still have made movies and it's like not on the level of like a uh, polish that people expect, but you know, it's like that that's, that's part of me and like my, my, my whole thing. So that's what I look for. Like, you know, to me, like you, you, you just see it in, in the directors that I admire and the movies that are, and th- this is a good segue, I guess, for my category on my, one of my last tiers, um, is that, um, yeah, it's all about like, uh, yeah, directors having like a unique vision you know Mm -hmm. and just like kind of like you instantly recognize what their movie is you know it's like what who who like this is a michael mann movie you know like the the thing i love in ferrari is like when the fucking drivers arrive in town and they fucking look like uh robbers or gangsters from other michael mann (laughs) movies where they're all wearing shades and like (laughs) all staring at each other like being hard and shit like that's so classic like michael mann in a fucking like movie about racing you know, yeah, driving so, yeah, and raising totally. It's just like uh, yeah, the, the, he he found like the criminal element in it, you know, and the cool factor too. I mean, that's that's what makes Michael Mann so amazing. But like that's what I'm saying. It's just like those are the re- directors I lean towards because it's like you know, I, as I mentioned in that clip, it's like they have an understanding of the medium that like puts them above other directors when i see that i am in fucking awe even if i i like you know i i mentioned like that nano genre that resonates with me even if it doesn't fit that if it's just like i admire it enough i mean you know i don't think michael mann is uh, well he has been leaning on it a little more now where it's like kind of dreamlike and or like Mm -hmm. uh give you a sense of an impression of how things feel but you know like let's say um just as a uh off the top of my head example fincher you know, like there, there's certain things in his shit where I'm like, because it's so assured, I fucking admire it. You know, it's like, yeah, I, he, he's good in my book because of that, you know, or yeah, Lanthimos, our, our multi-award winner mm-hmm. uh, for poor things. And yeah, that, actually, uh, I, that's my, my throw in. <laughs> Best post-convo is, is poor things, not just because of the really episode great. we did, but like anybody else I've talked to who's seen the movie, it's a fucking great conversation. You know, cool. even the, yeah. the fucking comments that I heard on the way out um, when I rewatched it last night um, was just fucking great. Like these two women, you know, um, and this is going to come up, I guess, in the, in the actual discussion of the movie, which we already did. But my little rebuttal is sure. like their perspective was fresh because it was like, um, you know, they said, wow, that movie was like such a big part of our coming of age. That was exact verbatim oh. quote from this movie. And Interesting. You know, they were saying it in a kind of a swoony, like in all way, not like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like, yeah, that was fucking brutal. Like, you know, like our coming of age was traumatic. <laughs> Let's like really live it through poor things. Um, but no, yeah, the, the convo is fucking great because it was also one of those things where the, the credits of the movie, like, you know, even though it's not necessarily a post credits, it's like there's something to look at because you have all these backdrops that are so great. And then, you know, the way that the credits are formatted, that it's like square around the frame and yeah. acts as its own frame itself. And sometimes it's hard to read or catch because he. I also, this is like kind of just a weird, like nerdy quirk of mine. I enjoy directors who do credits that are like single title cards as opposed to like scrolling yeah. credits, like the, the typical movie ending credits. Like, I don't know. There's yeah. just something more powerful to me about like 
uh, bam, like a title card, bam, title card, like that. You know, like, you know, you can really hammer things home, and not, no pun intended with the bang. But like, yeah, it's like the, that. that's what it feels like. And um, yeah, so Dante Most does that. And uh, I think Scorsese did that with Killers of the Flower Moon as well. Mm. It's just like, yeah, the credits are, are, are cards. And then um, and then he also gives you something because it's I mentioned that, right? It, it's like the thunderstorm, the calm thunderstorm. So you have something mm-hmm. to like look at and and uh, observe uh, while you're still there. And like it makes credits better, like and more enjoyable, you know, because I, I mentioned this too before, right? That like I used to sit through movies all the way till the end and watch the credits and it was more like uh, i felt like it was like my obligation to do that as a cinephile like it was my duty (laughs) to like basically sit through it um but uh yeah i I realized later on no if if i there's nothing i need to glean from the credits i don't need to sit through this shit like it's there okay i'm glad they got their credit and they're gonna get paid for it like per union rules and all that shit but like um but yeah, it's like there's nothing for me to gain from watching most credits. And again, yeah. th- this is turning into sl- a slight rant, but that that's also like the bullshit of the the Marvel post credits and what that's established. That, you know, that's one of the first things you see now in most movies is like people get on their phone right after, like once the credits start, to check if there's a post credit sequence. And I'm yeah. like, what the fuck? Not every movie deserves one of these. Yeah. And like I, I love the take too on the post credit the Marvel post credit sequences that somebody said like I think last year too shout out to that um uh ex Twitter user that I yeah <laughs> random remember person. but yeah. they had said like the the purpose of the Marvel post credit sequence was to like really like expertly tease a much better movie than what actually ended up coming out <laughs> and I thought yeah. that is so succinct and like pithy and brilliant like. And that's exactly it. We've been conditioned to these post-credit sequences, and it's awful. It really is, because not every... It used to be like a novelty. It was like, man, in a fucking comedy, when like, oh, shit, the movie's not over. There's still more, Mm -hmm. like, shit happening. It was brilliant. It was fun. It was like a little, like, uh, extra. But now, if you were coming in, like, expecting that shit, that's going to tease the sequel or another part in this fucking uh, cinematic universe, like, fuck that, man. Um, but yeah. Let down. yeah, yeah, yeah. But going back to Lanthimos, like, yeah, I did want to watch the credits because of just how nice it was. And then, uh, yeah, it's it's working on multiple levels. And then I also really enjoyed the score of the movie. And in a way, I'm already segueing into all the stuff I like about the movie. But the score by Jerskin Fendrix or whatever, which doesn't sound like a real name. I, I think it's a stage name or a band name. I, I haven't looked yeah. into it, but um, is is such a great score. And to have it, like, play on the end credits and, like, just remembering all that shit, it's, like, it's great. And then the other level is hearing the people who can't get out of their seat because they're, like, what the fuck did I just watch? And, like, (laughs) having a a post-movie conversation about it to bring it full circle. So there you go. Yeah, that's it. Poor things, man. Fucking, like, multi-award winner. Yeah, well, not necessarily swept, but like it won a lot of awards. Like they really did. They, they their 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 cabinet is full. Yeah. Um. Of movie yeah, I think it's awards. a preview. I think it's a preview of what we're gonna okay. see later from from the other award shows. But yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. Before we get into your next categories, I, I got mm-hmm. one more clip to play. Okay, let's Just go. Want to get in our guy Kai Parker? Let's go. Um, he was a guest season one. We missed him this last season. I'm sure we'll bring him back. Uh, mm-hmm. Early adopter of movie podcasting. He started a movie podcast in 2010, if you can believe it. Wow. 
early that's now days. Uh, on hiatus, but we have stolen his his movie trivia game. <laughs> yes, so, we have. Um, it's a thrilling yeah. effect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you want to hear yeah. a, a thrilling version of the game, the trivia game, just go back one app. Uh, K just K, yeah. it in- incredible. Palpable tension. It really was. Yeah, like we were really all good. on the edge of our seat. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right. So here's here's our guy Kai Parker. Here we Let's go. Let's go. What's up, guys? It's the friendly neighborhood Kiderman here calling to give you my uh, favorite film of 2023. <laughs> which I can't really pick the best film of 2023 because I still haven't seen them all, and we're still closing some stuff out. Uh, I can tell you, it is not the overrated Oppenheimer. I think my favorite movie of the year so far has got to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. It is the movie we did not know that we needed. It's (laughs) a great homage to the the franchises, uh, had a lot of heart, and had really cool art style. So if I had to pick the one that's sticking with me the most, it's probably going to be that one. Let's go. What do you think, Steve, you turtle-looking mofo? Oh, dude, what a bully. <laughs> I got to see it. I got to I got to I got to bump this up uh, to oh, the top. That's why he asked Jeez. you and not me. Yeah, because he knows what my opinion is. Yeah, <laughs> he knows that you've seen it, I'm sure. Okay, yeah, and we we shared the same sentiment. Yeah. Uh you yeah. know, you heard me cheering on that thing, so hell yeah. Love it. Yeah. Good pick, Kai. And it's funny, yeah, he brings I don't think we mentioned Oppenheimer once. Which is exactly. really funny. He didn't win an award. Holy shit. I, I would have thought that he would have won something, right? Like, but we none of I thought it was a good movie. But yeah, it just but it just didn't move the needle in terms right, of the categories. No, yeah. I, I love that we don't have like typical best actor or best screenplay, that kind yeah. of shit. Because yeah, if it went then yeah, it would get some of those awards probably. But yeah, I mean like even Best Kiss, I mean like Nolan kissing intimacy, like I mean this movie had sex scenes, but like uh, I don't know if it, you could call them sexy, <laughs> even no, if they were, they were like not. two like intrinsically sexy people. You know, it's yeah. just like yeah, there's something about it. Like him, kind of like his his like bony frame po- post coital, like sitting I in think, the seat with his legs. I crossed. think we talked about it in the Barbenheimer portion of the pod that mm-hmm. the sexies just came off dorky, right? Yeah, pausing and <laughs> reading. Yeah uh yeah and while riding and it's like he's ready to go again like you know again like yeah give us infinity pool and falcon lake for sex scenes yeah like that's the shit oh yeah i guess uh, that was my i was trying to segue into my next category but no that was a good like uh interstitial because my next category i call it a tourist um i erased plot i just put a tourist armor so uh, oh, this good. this category is basically this is something actually that was inspired by Marcus Pin because this is what he does like as a kind of appendix to his year end list, uh, which is that he always puts a category where he's like, well, these are directors that I like, so like these movies are gonna be in my top ten. And initially I was like, that's absurd. Like I'm like fucking like Patterson is my best movie and I love Jim Jarmusch. So like uh you know of that year so. I'm going to make it my number one. You know, that that was my initial, like, kind of arrogance to it. But then I realized, like, yeah, actually having that special category, especially with these kind of... These are not, like, out-and-out masterpieces to me because it's, right. like, um, they're, they're flawed. You know, it gives them a place, you know, where I don't have to make them an honorable mention. They actually have their own category. So, and I've also mentioned most of these movies in, in, in awards previous, but I guess now is my time to expand on them a little bit. Just a little bit. Well, we'll, we'll make it quick. Um, so, um, cool. so yeah, number one is, is Ferrari uh, 2023. 
Um, because, uh, yeah, it's Michael Mann and like a fucking Michael Mann movie. And I think actually three, no, four, uh, four out of four, these four movies that I'm about to mention, they're all like directors that were like, wow, it's like crazy that they all had a movie this year, you know? So it was like a, a special treat. And that's why it's a shame that like 2023 isn't a better year, but I, I say that with an asterisk because there were actually a couple of directors that I like that both had new movies this year that I haven't seen because they they weren't released near me or one still doesn't have a distributor. So um, uh, the two movies, yeah, that I'll give us like an honorable mention to this Autorist Armor Award is um, uh, A Fallen Leaves by Aki Karasmaki and um, uh, Eureka by Alessandro Alonso, which is the movie I was looking forward to the most, by the way. In 2023, I was so fucking hyped for that movie. And yeah, the only way to see it was New York Film Festival. And I was just like hoping it was going to come here to at least SoCal for um, AFI Fest. Because generally they, they like Lisandro Alonso. The first Lisandro Alonso movie I ever saw was at AFI Fest. So I thought that he he might be like a perennial like uh, invitee. But they didn't include Eureka. So I'm, I'm sad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that would have probably shot to the top because, you know, you just know it's like there's certain directors, especially, um, uh, um, uh, talking about the number four, uh, Alonzo is four for four for me. Like he, all four of his features that I've seen are just out and out to me, like masterpieces. Like they're just incredible. Like he was a director that was basically like, he was ready out of the box. Like, out of the gate, like, he knew what kind of filmmaker he was going to be um, and just, like, stuck with it. I mean, you know, to start mm. your career with a fucking trilogy is crazy and that, that they're connected. Like, he he basically makes the third part of the trilogy connect the, the first two movies in such a clever and meta way that is, like, shocking because um, that was the theory when... Because, you know, these movies were released, like, years apart. You know, so, like, the shocking, uh, well, kind of the theory was that, because his first movie is all just about, like, a day in the life of a woodcutter. And that sounds like such a boring premise, right? But yeah. <laughs> um, it's actually incredible. Like, the scene where the the woodcutter, like, takes a shit is, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm just making myself laugh <laughs> by saying that. It, it's fucking cinema, dude. Or just when he, the, the way you see him, like, how he chops down a tree is just fucking amazing and it's like this guy like in the middle of like provincial argentina who does this and like how his day is like and you know how time is measured is incredible and the beauty of this film is that it's fucking um uh 70 minutes 73 minutes it's like super short um so but it's like slow cinema like there, there's certain scenes in it that go on for a while i mean you know where he's cutting the tree obviously like you know you got to chip away at it so it's like, you know, you really see him, like, chop a tree down in real time. Or, yeah, when he takes a shit, I think he legitimately takes a shit, even though you don't see, like, the, the turtle poking its head out. You know, I, I, I genuinely mm-hmm. believe he sat down and took a shit <laughs> wow. in the movie. And then um the beauty of it, and, I, you know, I guess this is my way of, like, trying to convert people to this movie because it is a hard sell, um, is... Uh, Speaking of trailers, the the trailer for that movie is a fucking all timer, dude. Like it's incredible. Cool. So okay. um yeah, I'll send you a link to the trailer because it's such a generic Gotta title. Add it uh, into La our notes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the trailer is the entire fucking movie, Steve. Like fast forwarded. <laughs> oh my god! So you god. see it from beginning to end in the fucking trailer. Like it's, it's it's, and then the craziest thing about it is it 
it starts the opening credits of the movie starts with like this really pulsing like techno score shout out to his composer by the way Flor Maleva such an incredible musician and um uh one of my favorite scorers actually of any soundtrack so the mm. it has this pulsing and the rest of the movie has no other music it's only this pulsing like uh techno beat at the beginning and then that's what plays during the trailer with the movie being fast forward to this opening credits music um <sighs> But it's just, like, fucking ingenious. And this movie came out in 2001. And, like, they already had that foresight to, like, do a movie like this. And that's why that was the theory with Alonzo that, like, there's more to this than meets the eye. This is not just, like, a movie about a woodcutter. There is something going on here underneath the surface that's, like, he's not revealing. Which is one of his strengths as a filmmaker. Is that his movies are deceptively simple and like you know the other thing that he's being compared to and uh, I it's one of my favorite kind of like cinematic fanboy crossovers and I mean I, there's only one guy I can use as an example we follow him on on X Twitter um uh his name is uh oh my god Jerry um he doesn't put his last name anymore I forgot what his last name was but I think we should get him as a guest dude um okay. on the show cuz he's brilliant cool. he's really an incredible mind but to tie back to that like um he is the hybrid crossover. And I guess, yeah, I should bring him on for the Lisandro Alonso episode of Lisandro Alonso and John Ford. Like, there's an overlap between the two. And he can probably, like, express it a lot better mm. than I can when, when we get him on, if he, he agrees. But, like, yeah, I mean, we have a, a movie ending in Ford that's a Lisandro Alonso movie, which is fucking um, uh, Los Muertos. It came out in 2004. So it's a twentieth anniversary. Okay, cool. So we can we can probably dedicate an episode if Jerry's down to do it. Um, Jacques Torn, as in like Jacques Tourneur, but like he stops at Torn. Um, that's his uh, ex Twitter handle. Good follow, by the way. Yeah, and like amazing lists on on Letterbox. And when he he's on with his reviews, he also does like kind of pithy reviews, but not corny, jokey reviews. Like they're actually really good. But then when he does something where he really like kind of writes it out, brilliant brilliant it's just like he's he's mm-hmm. he's incredible cool. yeah so I, I i definitely want to get him as a future guest um because he's done podcasts before too i think so yeah he he won't be new to this uh but yeah i just went on a side rant to of a movie that i didn't get but yeah okay so the four movies I, let's go back to it <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> yeah the four <laughs> movies for my autorist armor um and we've talked about them at length either in this episode or uh, in the past, most of them, uh, in, they add their own episodes. So Ferrari, I didn't get into it too much. But yeah, the Shailene Woodley thing is just like egregious, but uh, incredible car crash sequence. But Adam Driver uh, as mm-hmm. Ferrari, Enzo Ferrari, pretty good. I'd say like, yeah, yeah he, he sure. really... I mean, even if the accent isn't quite right, I mean, I would have just preferred that he just didn't do an accent, you know? Um and he looks nothing like Enzo Ferrari as well. That's the other thing. <laughs> like uh, Enzo Ferrari doesn't look like that gangly, and you know, I mean, the white hair. I guess they tried to do, um, but uh, but yeah, there's just so many things about Ferrari that I appreciate and that I, I I look forward to revisiting, and not just because it's Michael Mann. It's just like they're just. I mean, even just the bizarreness of like using fucking like YouTube like uh, two two forty p footage to open the movie <laughs> like mm-hmm. super low res like youtube circa 2005 like mm-hmm. <laughs> look of youtube like using archival footage that way and like i guess I'm ma- making some sort of meta commentary about digital and like how <laughs> how flawed it is 
uh even though he is like a big proponent of digital but like you know in terms of preserving film and shit uh but but yeah uh i i fucking love ferrari even though like yeah uh, i mean i still haven't written out fully fleshed out my written review but i do have it in my notes so i will eventually write a full like letterboxed um ferrari review and yeah uh, i'll touch up on certain the things that we brought up tonight and then some other stuff that i'll save for the review okay and then um the next uh, one is uh, we've also dedicated a full episode, so I don't need feel the need to expand on it. Killers of the Flower Moon, Scorsese, yeah, you know, very important filmmaker to me. Um, I, he's he's basically one of the filmmakers I've carried through my entire love for cinema, you know, from the beginning to now. Sure. So yeah, he's he's very important. Michael Mann too, actually. That that's the funny thing. I was thinking about it while watching Ferrari. I was like, man, like seeing Last of the Mohicans in the theater just was like such a mind-blowing experience like i'd never seen a movie like that you know and that that's where it's it began with me for for michael man and i'm just like man like fucking 30 years later he's still entertaining me <laughs> and finding new ways of doing it it's just like man yeah so no pun intended man but michael man <laughs> just uh yeah so killers of our moon we've, we've already discussed this at length and then the killer as well so the killer yeah uh fincher so uh, even though I, I, I don't think uh, Fincher is probably the most vulnerable for me of all the, the auteurs that I like. Like that he, he is prone to missteps. Uh, C. Mank and uh, Benjamin Button. But I, I actually came across a quote from Benjamin Button, the movie, and not um, the, the Fitzgerald uh, short story, by the way, that is, is actually really good. Like, uh, uh, I, I don't know, Steve, if you are, like, Facebook friends or anything, but <laughs> the the rare times that I am on Facebook, the only thing that I do is basically change my profile picture and my uh, my background photo, <laughs> my wall photo. That's it. I don't post anything else on Facebook. I don't check, like, people's, like, statuses or whatever. That's all I do. And oh, it's just kind no. of, like, proof of life. Like, see that I'm yeah, still around, good. you know, but I'm not active and I'm not looking at any of the shit you post. So I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not liking anything. I mean, sometimes, you know, it gets pushed to the top of the feed. So I see that. And then, you know, I'm, I may give it a heart or whatever. Um, but uh, but yeah, like uh, for the most part, that's all I do. So there is a quote from the Benjamin Button Fincher movie that's actually really fucking good. And uh, if you didn't come across it, I'll send it to you, Steve. It's actually. OK, cool. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's, uh, talk about hype me up. That's another hype yeah. me up like uh, speech that Brad Pitt gives in in the movie, which I haven't seen. I haven't even seen the clip. I've just read it out of context, and it's brilliant. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, so there's that Fincher, um, the killer. Like he's the most vulnerable. I think like he 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 won't get this armor every year. I feel and yeah, like because the yeah. killer was good, uh, knives out or out. <laughs> no pun intended. Again, Ryan Johnson. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for him in the next movie because that's that's how he seems to go. It's like odd even, odd even. The even ones are the good ones. So yeah, um, yeah, the killer. Uh, and then the last one, multi award winner, Poor Things. Uh, so mm-hmm. it just about narrowly misses my um, uh, my my top tier uh, of the year. Uh, wow, uh, yeah, interesting. And considering that I was so effusive of it and. So after I rewatched it, uh, I didn't even realize Kay was still awake. And um, I guess we just briefly texted. And then I I said I just came from um, from Poor Things. And it did not hold up. <laughs> and then I added a caveat where I was like, you had nothing to do with it. Don't flatter yourself. <laughs> oh, wow. 
I just had to throw that in there because I'm like, yeah, no, K did not change my mind about this movie. No, it it was just like the thing, the beauty of that film. And I don't know, uh, Steve, with you, if you ever plan on a rewatch, I think it's best to actually like see it when you've forgotten most of it. Because the beauty of it is like how it comes together. And the first time you just can't replicate it. Like that's one of those things where it's just like, when you start to see how it it's coming together, like it's not surprising in the second movie. You're anti- in the second viewing. You're like anticipating it, and it's like it, it's not as funny. It's not as um yeah as I already said, not as surprising. Um, you already know. It's like oh, that's why she's acting weird at the beginning. Like so much of it is like not knowing that that oh shit, she has a child's brain. You know, and like it Uncovering starts to come the together. Whole thing. Right. Yeah, and then um, like once you get to the end. Mm-hmm. I was really getting sucked into like the wedding scene yeah. and I was like, Oh my God, th- this is going to end like a rom-com. Yeah, that's what and, I then, uh, and then when they tack on that extra 15, you know, with, you know, <laughs> what, when they bring back the character Abbott, that yeah. I, at that point in the movie, I had forgotten. Yeah. So it was kind of brilliant, you know, brilliantly uh, crafted to kind of bring that character back at that moment. It's just like, Oh right, it, it's the it's the surprise right. that makes it more interesting film, and then mm-hmm. it, but yeah, w- but you can only kind of do that once, right? And then it, it's again testament to to I think Lanthimos like working at his at the peak of his powers is that the the whole thing with um uh like knowing how to piece that together and like um being able to kind of deliver in that way where um. You know, it is surprising, and he's doing all these things that are very cinematic, you know? And then, like, yeah, mm-hmm. not opting for the easy ending. Because, I mean, you know, a lot of his movies have ambiguous endings. It's like you're still kind of reeling after them where you're like, oh, what the fuck did I just see? And, like, you know, that was fucked up, you know? <laughs> kind of yeah, thing. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, or, like, you, I, it, it leaves you feeling, like, queasy and in pain, you know? But, uh, you know, that's just his career, and uh, that's why I, I think... I was so taken aback by Kay's reaction. Okay, here's my rebuttal. Um, uh, that yeah, I I did. I mean, I I think her reaction is valid, and this is not mm-hmm. me. And uh, this is what I actually wrote in my recent review for How to Have Sex as well. That you know, it, I I can see how like it it filters through your female experience. You know, like you, you it, that's your truth. You know, and you. You know, somehow you know you want that portrayed, and you know, I mean, that's been the struggle, right? The the need for representation. So you want it to be portrayed truthfully and kind of like something that resonates with you, just like it has for for male audiences, you know, because um, most movies are made for men <laughs> and made by men. Uh, so so yeah, uh, that whole thing I think is completely valid. That her feminist, um, I'm just saying that for shorthand, but her feminist. Um, reaction to the movie is is perfectly valid because it's just like yes you're right it is a movie that um was based on a book written by a man and it's directed by a man there's not even yeah. like a collaboration with like a female script writer in it you know um so uh, it's it's direct to man to man but then again this was my caveat with the the how to have sex i'm not discounting your experience it's just really i'm more interested in the craft of the execution and that's where Lanthimos really fucking pulls it off because it's really like, I mean, just the camera moves in the film. It doesn't even get enough talk of just like 
how now like the you know the um the fisheye lens didn't make a lick of sense in um in the favorite i just did not get it like it was something radical but it just like felt weird like why are you mm-hmm. including in a period piece like are you just trying to remove us from the experience uh of like yeah the, you're not in the period because like yeah you, uh it's spherical and we're seeing things in a weird way um but for poor things it made absolute sense every time he chose to do the the distorted like fisheye lens it was perfect like it was like that is like a perfect call from the first time we even see it like when uh she's playing piano and then she starts using her feet as well and banging on the keys and stuff like it's just brilliantly done uh or even like yeah the the dance sequence like how disorienting that is with the fisheye lens and then fucking um mark ruffalo getting up and like um after they dance you know getting up and like attacking the guy who's like blinking at her <laughs> and yeah. like the whole fight sequence oh yeah the if we had the best fight <laughs> i might pick oh, that yeah. one over the beast yeah. fight in the killer you know but yeah that that's just it as much as like i i'm saying now that i it didn't hold up for me it's just because i'm, I'm too close to proximity from the first viewing even though it's been a month um that that's really more the knock on it that it's like it needs to be fresher for me to still hold up but the, it, it basically dropped it down from from my top tier for that like i i was pretty close to like yeah uh, the, the disqualifications for k of just like you know that her opinion of a person changes because <laughs> changed because like somebody considered it to be like not only their favorite of the year but their favorite of the decade so far yeah uh, yeah. Like and that that's like something that's like to her, you know, um, that's egregious. You know, it's like that's that's really that puts her on pause. And I would not go that far, even though I initially felt that after the first viewing. Like I, I will say, yeah, I, probably if I'm compiling like the best of the decade so far, it would be up there. But is it the best movie of the year for me? My favorite movie? Nope, it's not. Yeah, it just isn't. Like yeah, something else took its place, and I think it's it's poetic justice that that's where it ended up. So, nice, um, dude. yeah. So I think that, that that's that's poor things in a nutshell. Hopefully, I touch up on everything that I I teased early early on in the episode. No, that's good. Yeah, that's cool to hear. That I wouldn't say that it's come full circle, but it's settled into a zone. That's uh, that yeah, I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. So I got two more categories, and then I guess we can lead into your your final wrap up. Okay. Cool. Um. And this one, I'm I'm just gonna belt through. I only have like one little kind of anecdote, and then the rest, it's like we've either done an episode on it or like um, if people yeah. want us to elaborate, uh, let us know. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So uh uh the 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 one that I wanted to tell an anecdote about because I didn't get to um on the on the previous episode because it would have made the episode even longer um and ironically that's what we're doing uh right now but uh (laughs) it's for godzilla (laughs) minus one which was like my fucking like movie experience of the year nothing else could beat it like fucking watching it in 4dx and then this is the kicker steve like it wasn't just the 4dx thing i'm like i i okay i'll admit i was also high but that that wasn't even it. It was just like even if I watched it sober, it still would have worked because man, like when the trailers started and then the trailers were also in 4DX, I fucking lost it, man. When like we were watching the trailer for Migration, the new Elimination Studios movie, and like when they're flying and then you're also kind of like tilting like this if you're flying, Whoa. I was just like laughing. Oh my god, like a a madman. 
I was just people were like, "What's going on with this guy?" But dude, this was the fucking kicker which made it true 4DX, and nobody else can and speak to this. Even if it is out in 4DX right now, and you go there, you will never have the same five star experience I had watching Godzilla minus one. And this isn't me bragging. I I actually thought I was like a victim of a prank. And I was like, it was at the end of the screening. I was like, where are the cameras? Where's the host? Like coming out to say like, surprise, motherfucker. Yeah, so that's why it's perfect. This was your surprise, motherfucker, awardee, right? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I was expecting that at the end of my screening because, dude, on the same row that me and JR were sitting in, there was only like one other person. And it was this random kid, fucking like maybe like uh, nine, ten years old. This is a perfect age to enjoy this movie, by the way. <laughs> All yeah, alone, totally. no parents. <laughs> he was there, and he was he was like kind of he kind of reminded me of little Carlo in a, in a way, like kind of <laughs> just very like vivid imagination, talking out loud, like trying to be funny, um, because you just find it funny yourself and you want to share it with somebody, but like other people don't quite get it, and you just come off as awkward. That's me to a T. Um, so he was that like that. He reminded me of Mini Carlo, and this was my theory. Well, one of my theories, other than the prank, was a uh, was this me from the past traveling to the oh. future <laughs> to watch the Carlo movie? Carlo minus one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Carlo minus one in fucking four DX. Like it Dang. was crazy. Um, that it was just like how the fuck? I mean, this kid was Korean. This is the other thing I have to mention. Like, I have to make a distinction with ethnicity. He wasn't Filipino. He was Korean. And he was actually yeah, kind of chubs, too. And, yeah. yeah, and I wasn't a chubby kid, you know? So it was like maybe a meld of me and JR, because <laughs> JR was the fat kid, you know? I'm, I'm not putting on a blast. He, he, he owns that shit. Um, and he's proud of where he's come. I'm proud of him, of, of how far he's come. Yeah. But, um,. But yeah, it's like uh, yeah, it, it was like a combination of being him plus some Man. Korean filter, <laughs> and then throw throw that in. And there was a kid on our row, and one of the things that he told us was like, "Dude, if they get fucking wet, I gotta get wet." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he fucking would, and so every time there was like a scene that happened in the ocean or some shit, he would pour water on his head, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that's true 40 fuck, i was fucking losing it like you know the it was the funny thing too is the way that the 40x is structured the you know the the stadium seats it's split down the middle so there's an aisle in the middle so we were on the left side everybody else was sitting on the right side we were the only ones that were sitting on the left side oh, and the, everybody on the right side were just like probably wondering what the fuck is going on on the left side of the floor like yeah. are they getting like fucking like uh ticklish like uh you know, vibrations. Stuff, in yeah. It's like, <laughs> like, why are they like laughing so much? Because it was getting inappropriate. Like we were laughing at the, the the dramatic shit because of just how this kid was like reacting, and then like it would have like a residual laugh where you just remember <laughs> yeah. like what he just fucking said, and then it's like the scene is already moved on to something else, and you're oh, still laughing. Man. But this kid was, that, you know, speaking of like summer of anger and 2003 highlights, that motherfucking kid back there is not real like it's just like i could not believe <laughs> yeah. this kid existed dude and then you know i had to ask him at the end i was like where the fuck are your parents 
And then he was like, yeah, she, she's shopping. She's out there, you know. So it's kind of like, yeah, that, I, that was done to me too as a kid. Like, you know, I was just left to my own devices in the movie theater. Man. And just like, that was my that's babysitter. Yeah, so <laughs> that's what happened. And he met with his mom at the end. This is like my favorite, like kind of freeze frame, like ending moment with this kid. We walk past and he fucking like shushes us. He like puts his finger, like he's trying to hide it, but like that he's putting his finger over his lips, like for us to not say anything. And I was like, ah, dude, like I I couldn't hold it in. Like I collapsed laughing, like as we walked past him, because I was just like, holy shit, this thing is just like, we've gone beyond the, the movie experience. Like whatever I, I felt about Godzilla 4DX, like as a movie, it's all moot because of that entire five star experience that I got from it. <laughs> just like that kid. Who the fuck Man. is that kid? Like, watch, this guy's gonna grow up to be like a famous director and stuff, and then he'll come up to me one day and he's like, Someday. Yeah, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> that was me. And yeah. Well, yeah, thank you to that kid for like making uh Godzilla the uh, minus one the experience oh, 4DX experience. Love that. Like no, it was fucking like triple five X. That's five DX. Five DX, yeah, no, uh, or double DX, you know, whatever it may be. <laughs> like that's really what it felt like because he added so much to that experience, dude. Yeah, best movie experience of the decade, like uh, for so far. Like I would say, <laughs> yeah, not, not yeah. just last year, but like it just it's gonna be hard to top that. Oh, I love those kinds of stories and yeah, those dude. moments. And, and and just the fact that there are those kinds of characters living their life in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, if you're lucky, you get to interact with them at one point. That's awesome. Right. You know, I mean, it, you could still kind of see, like, and again, this reminds me of me, is that um, back then I wasn't really that comfortable in my skin, but, like, I had, like, kind of a, a confidence to just carry myself regardless of not actually being fully mm-hmm. formed if that makes sense you know it's like yeah yeah fuck it like uh, i'll i'll tell a bad joke like i don't care <laughs> it makes me sure. laugh you know so yeah. you know but later on you know I, I get more comfortable and i know like what's what's kosher and what's not cuz you know that was the other thing that jrnr kind of rationalized at the end was like if that kid wasn't funny and he was just like saying all this shit and doing all that shit that whole time. Like we would have probably shushed him. We would have been like, "Kid, shut up." Yeah, it's like. But the fact that he he pulled it off and like that was probably like one of the greatest moments in his life, in his short life cool. so far that he made these two adult grown men <laughs> on the same row, like, like just crack up, yeah. crack up like that. Like, come on, man, you you must be on cloud nine. And just the wherewithal to fucking shush us when his mom was sitting across from him when we saw him outside in the lobby was just so fucking funny. hilarious, dude. Oh, <laughs> best. I mean, how can I even top that? Like, now I've just got, like, a list of movies. Like, I can't even, like, that. that's really <laughs> most of it. Um, but, yeah, l- let me just say, okay, so that category was actually very good. But now I think I'm, I'm going to, fuck it. I'm going to bot Godzilla um, uh, minus one to the top tier of uh, certified bangers. Like, it was just because of that experience. Yeah. Um, cool. I'll, I'll give it that. Okay, so now it's just going to be a bunch of lists and then... Um, Maybe sure. if you have any reactions to it, we can elaborate okay. a little bit. But this is it. So Infinity Pool, uh, this category is called Very Good, by the way. So it's one tier lower. It's called Very Good. I, I spelled it like V-A-R-Y-G-U-D because I, 
I remember some cartoon where like a guy, like I guess a monster was holding like a smaller cartoon character and then he just kind of bellows in his face and you know how it's like the wind blowing the, yeah, oh yeah. the tiny cartoon character's face where he's just, very good. Like he says that. I just have that in, yeah. in my head and I think it was from the Mighty Ducks cartoon actually. That's where it's from. But anyway, it, it, it stuck to me and then like I think, you know, the, the wordplay would vary because it can like be very variable. It's like, you know, it, it varies. So it's like sometimes, yeah, maybe I might like these movies one day and then one I, I'm just like, yeah, no, fuck it. Like, it, it, yeah, it's flawed. So it's like, but I, I enjoyed them. So I'll just uh, rattle off a list. And if you want to chime in, just let me know. So Infinity Pool, we've talked about that. So yeah, love that. Love it. Um, yeah. Tying in with Shin, uh, with uh, Godzilla minus one, Shin Kamen Rider, which is also another childhood uh, favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and like, mm-hmm. Actually, I'm curious to see um, Hideki, uh, I think, Hideki Anno, I think that's how you pronounce his name, um, his version of Godzilla, because he also did, like, Godzilla, because uh, Shin Godzilla, all his movies were, like, Shin Kamen Rider, Shin Ultraman, and Shin Godzilla, so he did, like, a trilogy of childhood um, characters, mm-hmm. and, like, kind of reclaimed them, and, uh, and yeah. Shin, Shin Kamen Rider is the third, and sadly, I heard that it's the last one, because I want him to fucking keep going, like, fucking do, like, oh, cool. uh, Shin Magma Man, or, like, you know, Shin Ghidra, or something like that, you know, just uh, Gamera, uh, you know, like, that kind of, mm. Gamera, yeah, yeah, whatever, how you pronounce it, but, like, those, those childhood things, like, I want that shit, like, I want Hideki Anno's versions of, of those, you know? Um, so yeah, uh, and yeah, uh, I, I'm unapologetic. Uh, I'm including TV, a TV episode. So, um, when people say season two of the bear, everybody goes to the Thanksgiving episode, which is arguably like great. And I can see how, why people love that, especially because it really, you know, get, gives everybody's families, uh, worst Thanksgivings, like, uh, times a thousand, <laughs> <laughs> and makes basically the worst Thanksgiving ever, you know, uh, which is just in- an incredible feat to pull off because, you know, um, historically, there's a lot of legendary, like, bad Thanksgivings um, in-, in movies. Uh, and this is in a TV show. And I think that they, they gave them an hour long to do that episode. Um, but, yeah, actually, my favorite episode of season two of The Bear was uh, an episode called Forks, um, uh, which is I think happens just before uh see i even mixed up the chronology because um the 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 season hops around in time a little bit uh but it's it's one of the episodes that's like basically um set in chronological um and you can even say it it might be uh like in uh, i guess the the present time that's where it's set and um you can even say that this is a bottle episode, which is, you know, the type of episode I normally hate, where it's like it only focuses on one character and then um, a single location, you know, and then the other characters mm-hmm. in the show maybe like show up for like one scene or like you only hear them over the phone. You know what I'm talking about, you know, that kind yeah. of thing to, to save money because they're saving money for the bigger episodes like the Thanksgiving episode, which clearly they they spared no expense. I mean, I, I won't ruin it for you, Steve, but like okay, you cool. see where the money went. <laughs> It all went to the Thanksgiving episode, which is, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's definitely more powerful if you've seen the show, but I think actually it stands on its own. Like, you, you can watch it, like, without the context of the show and knowing who everybody is. But, yeah, it's more resonant, though, if you if you know who everybody sure. is and, like, how they're behaving in contemporary time versus 
their relationship in the past, like that kind of thing. That 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 adds more layers to the Thanksgiving episode. But the Forks episode, it only um, uh, focuses on. Um, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name, cousin. Um, cousin, I'll just call him cousin. But yeah, everybody knows who I'm talking about. So it says Carmi decides to send Richie. Yeah, to cousin Richie. Okay, yeah, fence. yeah. So it yeah. mainly focuses on Richie, and he he basically gets to get the experience of how it is to work in like a fucking like Michelin star restaurant and like what's expected of the service and shit like that. And I think it's a half hour episode and it's brilliant. Like it really cool. is like, yeah, it's, it's my favorite episode. Um, and shout out to a uh, Filipino guy, <laughs> just calling him Filipino guy, but the guy who played like uh, the, the other waiter who's kind of training him. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. I, I don't know his name, but I confuse him with the ESPN uh, Filipino guy. Well, there's a couple of ESPN Filipino guys. Oh, wait, oh, now sure. I'm confusing them mm-hmm. with now, sorry, the ringer verse. But <laughs> yeah, there's a Filipino guy on, on ESPN. They they gave him that much. He actually gets to host um uh PTI sometimes with uh, Tony Kornheiser when Michael Wilborn oh, is cool. out. Yeah, yeah, it's a shout nice. out, man. Filipino. See, there, that I feel pride for, you know, that kind of shit. Because it's well deserved. He's a talented dude. Um, uh, so. So yeah, Forks, um, Oppenheimer. We've already dedicated an episode to it, so I don't feel like talking more about it. Yeah, we're good. Um, uh, How to with John Wilson, another TV. The final season, season three, was incredible. I was just like blown away by it. Like I, I was surprised by the how personal he gets in this season and like how much he reveals himself. And wow, what a fucking ending! Like I was just like jaw on the floor. Like, he really goes out with the literal bang. Like, I was not expecting that from a show that basically is just funny and, like, observational. And then he comes up with that fucking ending. I was just like, damn. Yeah. And and, and it's one of those things where you, you're, like, you're sad that it's ending, but you understand that it's, like, he needs to move on to something new now. And, like, I'm sure, like, with with the change of management in HBO, like... They're probably restricting what he can do. Um, so I'm glad for him that, you know, he, he got the HBO bag, man. And, like, you know, he can now look back on it. And it's kind of turned into a semi-household um, name, you know. Cool. And I've talked about, like, I mean, yeah, maybe now that he's less busy, we can, <laughs> we can get him potentially as a guest. Uh, but I've talked about, like, how, you know, I, I screened one of his films um, before he became, uh, before he had the HBO show. So... And that's not me just taking my own heart, but shout out to Bill Scurry again, because he was the one who gave us the venue to show um, John Wilson's short film. So, and John Wilson oh, cool. was there in person. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He was like, he was that approachable that you just basically just fucking like email him. And I, I would see him around town. Like uh, when there was a movie playing at Metrograph, like he had just left and I was like on my way to see the same movie. So we kind of talked. Cool. Then. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So he's a cool guy. Um. Yeah, and what a way! I, and I'm looking forward to whatever he does next. If he he goes back to just like purely movie making, like not like this kind of episodic serial thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, if he does like a Nathan Fielder type thing where he actually just like dives straight into fiction, I watch that shit. You know. Mm. Um. Yeah. So how to with John Wilson season three. Um, uh, I'll mention another TV episode. I'm a Virgo episode six. It requires trust on my part. I don't really want to delve into this. Uh, if we want to dedicate like an episode two to the season or like, um, uh, uh, just do an appetizer, I I'd be down maybe for like, um, uh, what is it? Uh, when we do a, a bundle, like, uh, 
yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to elaborate because it's it's too much context um, to just really why this sure. episode is incredible. But um, another one is uh, actually a rewatch that was even better uh, the second time around, A Boxing Gym by Frederick Wiseman, which is a documentary about a boxing gym in Austin, which is, again, a hard sell. But when when you're there, it's just like, it's fucking great. Um, it's one of his best movies. Uh, going back to TV or like series, uh, Copenhagen Cowboy um, by Nicholas Winding Refn. It, I mean, I guess a true yeah. kind of testament to how much I love this show is that um, my my profile pick on Letterbox is from <laughs> Copenhagen Cowboy. It's it's the lead protagonist, um, and it's just like one of my oh, favorite sequences cool. in that show that happens where. It kind of yeah it, the the colors start bleeding in a vertical way, which is just like yeah, and then it it it's the typical like you know that that is the the beautiful paradox of of Nicholas Winding Refn that his movies are so colorful but he's colorblind, so <laughs> he the how he chooses these contrasts of the blues and the pinks is just like incredible and it's it's all neon lit you know <laughs> the most of the movie totally. is neon yeah. lit and there's all these like surreal like almost like a perfume ad <laughs> moments that happen in the movie uh in the show see i'm even calling it a movie because yeah i mean that's basically what refin is doing he's making these really long movies and just splitting them up into episodes so he can get like the netflix or the amazon money <laughs> you, know? you know it's like yeah pay me per episode even though i've only made one thing <laughs> and that's what it is like you can't watch any of these episodes out of context like i i guess some people have seen like episode five of Too Old to Die Young um, because it was shown at the Cannes Film Festival. And it's true, that episode really does stand out and like you can watch it. But for the most part, like especially with Copenhagen Cowboy, like none of these episodes hold on their own. It's really the cumulative power. And it's mm-hmm. a lot shorter than Too Old to Die Young. It's only six episodes, I think, versus like Too Old to Die Young was like 11 or 12. Like it was fucking excruciating, dude. Like to sit through. No, no, I think it was actually 13 episodes and it was like 15 hours total or some shit like that. Like, cause some of the, yeah, some of the episodes were like feature length. Like they were an hour and a half and that kind of shit. And the same for, for Copenhagen Cowboy. There are some long episodes, but the fact that it's only six in and out. Perfect. Um, yeah, yeah. So Copenhagen, uh, another shout out for actually another new release last year. That was a short film. Pleasantly surprised by, uh, even though I, I have issues with it as well. Jack Jackals and Fireflies by um, Charlie Kaufman, um, his first movie since um, uh, uh, what was that movie for Netflix? Um, fuck with Jesse Buckley. Uh, Brandon is a big fan of this movie. Um, yeah, uh, what's Joe Rogan's uh, dude again? Uh, Jamie, pull it up. <laughs> what was uh what was the Charlie Kaufman's last movie before uh, Jackals and Fireflies? It was um I think I should be alone now something. or something like that. Um I'm thinking of ending things. I'm thinking of ending things. There we go. I, I just like complete a, drew a complete blank, but so that this is his first film. Short only a short, beautiful short. Like it's shot on a on like a Samsung Galaxy or some shit, and it, that that's what the purpose of the short is. It's actually supposed to be an ad for it, <laughs> but it's a it's a short film written by, actually in collaboration with uh, his lead uh, actress. I want to say that um, it's written by him and her. I think the narration is written by her, which is uncharacteristic of Kaufman because you know usually he writes you know the the uh the inner monologue or the the narration but it's her and i guess that's where my flaw is because i don't really necessarily like her <laughs> her narration 
like the earnestness in the delivery plus the content which kind of reminds me of instagram poetry um it's just like oh that that's what leaves us out uh, it prevents it for me from being like a great movie you know um so so yeah but other than that it was tolerable enough and there's there's other great things and i mean it's a great new york movie too so um there's that and then uh i'd also mentioned this like this was already like a carlos cannon uh ghost rider a spirit of vengeance the the sequel mm-hmm. with nick cage uh i also mentioned um mission impossible dead reckoning part one which i think they're dropping the part one it's just going to be a movie that ends in a cliffhanger <laughs> but there is no going to be uh the next mission impossible movie is its own movie it's not going to be dead reckoning part two make up your mind boys um, but, but yeah, fucking Haley Atwell, Tom Cruise, sizzling chemistry, uh, even though like they're not really, I think it's like, it, it's almost like a gamesmanship the way that they're flirting in that scene. But man, dude, I'm fucking in love with Haley Atwell. Like I want to see her in more movies. Like, uh, yeah, like I think she's just such a great presence. Uh, so fucking charming. Uh, it's not just the British accent. Like she, she just has it, you know? Like, I love it. Like, I, I can't believe I'm so late to the Haley Atwell uh, train because, like, I, you know, I just know her as Peggy from Captain America. Um, but no, great shit. So, yeah, uh, um, Dead Reckoning Part 1. Uh, what I said is basically that it's um, uh, it's half a story, but it's a full movie. I think that's the best way of... Um, uh, and then, yeah, just to tie it with that, um, uh, uh, Haley Atwell's lookalike Matilda May, completely naked... <laughs> Life Force 1985, <laughs> man. Fucking incredible movie. I mean, maybe did I Carlos Cannon that shit? So maybe I, I miscategorized it. Yeah. yeah, so no, bu- right. bump that up. Uh, this is going to be in the next category. Um and then the last one is uh Smoking Causes Coughing um by uh Quentin Dupieux who is at a ridiculous rate by the way. He he's he's operating right now at like movie a year. Like it's crazy. Um, the it, like we we don't deserve to be like spoiled like this. That we are getting a Quentin Dupieux film every year. You know, we had mentioned because it was one of Amanda's uh picks the last year's Quentin Dupieux film. Um, which I'm blanking on the title again. Shit, apologize. Mm-hmm. Eh. But uh, whatever it's it was. Late. Yeah, yeah. It's his last film. Uh, before this one. Uh, before he made Smoking. Co- oh no, I think he made it the same year as Smoking versus Common because his his most recent film was actually Yannick. Which I also saw, but not as good. Smoking causing causes coughing is great because it's a fucking um, uh, spoof of Power Rangers, and it, it's so politically incorrect. It's violent. It's hilarious. Like mm. it's it's all like he's he's working at the peak of his powers, and I love that he was given a budget to make a a Power Rangers uh, movie, basically that his his own version of Power Rangers, and a little bit of a uh, TMNT as well. So yeah. Um, Actually, now I'm even convincing myself that this belongs in the next category, ah. the, my final category as well, because uh, yeah, it really is that fucking good. I, I had planned to rewatch it again before we recorded, but I, um, I didn't have the time. But I, I, I'm still planning to rewatch it. It's that enjoyable, and I think I recommended sure. it to you, Steve. Like I think you should check it out because yeah, it's it's one of the best of the year. I want to say, love it. Okay, um, so did you want to chime in, um, with yours or? Can I just go into my certified bangers and then we we end with you? Uh, how do you want? Sure, do it? yeah, you're you're kind of on a roll, so yeah. Okay, wh- fuck why it. Don't you r- yeah, yeah. wrap All up right. your certified bangers. Okay, yeah. let's go. So this is my top tier, and I'll just say my Here last go. last two of very good are in there now too. So Life Force um, and Smoking Causes Coughing. 
so yeah, I mean, I started the year with a bang. I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed um, Infinity Pool in January, but what was an even bigger surprise was the Joanna Hogg short film that came out early yes. last year too, uh, Presage, um, which is, uh, it's funny because uh, Marcus, I, I, I sent it to Marcus and he uses it in his side-by-sides and it's one of his favorites too, but he keeps quote uh, like using the title, like the long title of the movie, which is actually technically not the title of the movie. It's um, uh, it, it's like uh, Joanna Hogg, uh, ou et vu. I'm I'm sorry, Christina Politano. I'm, I'm murdering the French language, <laughs> but um, it's basically saying like, "Where are you?" Um, and it's a series of movies of of short films, and that's that's the title is "Where are you?" Um, so the real title is Presage. So it's like, "Where are you?" question mark and then Presage or Joanna Hogg colon. Um, presage, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, and yeah. the reason was, yeah, I have a pairing with it uh, on this list too that I'm going to follow up. But uh, just briefly touching upon it, like why it's such a great short is that, you know, talk about an auteur that like is basically like totally locked into her style. Like this is it because she's like basically making like a short diary film of her visit to LA, but she's so like locked into her voice and like, um, what interests her and like uh what are even her shortcomings and like being forthcoming about it but also still being slick about it mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just incredible of just like you know her uh, i mean the thing i'm addressing here is her issue with like seeing homeless people in LA and and like the the ethics of filming them you know and like i thought that that was brilliant because she basically just only, and the way she chooses what shot to pair with that um narration is the you know the, the notorious uh, 101 in Hollywood, like uh, freeway on ramp, which is like you know strewn with trash and like you know it's it's under a bridge, so like there's there's basically like a tent city there, and that's yeah, what she totally. chooses to shoot uh, during that part, and it's like wow, um, and then yeah, it also deals with like the difficulty of like navigating L.A. without a car, which I love. You know, that's mm-hmm. <laughs> one of my favorite things since it's it's my own experience too, my first year there. So I love that. And then also just like the mastery of the soundtrack, you know, it's just like there's like an ominous like um, drone that's going on through the whole short. And it just like creates this thing like, you know, there's this haunting moment actually where she thinks she sees somebody in the hotel corridor. And I love that she's like leaning into this like gothic horror now with Eternal Daughter in this one. You know, because, yeah, the, the hotels in, in L.A. are kind of creepy, dude, especially the ones in downtown. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah totally. I mean, the you know, obviously we know the one that's the most notorious is the Hotel Cecil, which I don't think exists anymore. They've torn it down or they've rebranded it or whatever um, because of uh, the El Salam story. You're, you're familiar with that, right? Uh, Remind me again. Okay, so she was the girl who was, like, acting weird in the elevator, and they caught it on um the surveillance cam. And they were like, what's going on? Is she, like, scared of something? Like, she saw something that really fucking unnerved her. And then, like, hours later, she disappeared. And everybody oh was, like, wondering where the fuck she went. And do you know what happened? No. Okay. Um. Do you want me to spoil it for you? Even though it's, like, it's news. It actually fucking happened. Um, but, like, I, I don't know. Like, you might enjoy, like, finding out through, like... Um, Netflix documentary. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, a Netflix documentary up. on it, and I mean, you know, 
it's it's one of those things like the documentary doesn't have to do much because it's like the story in itself is just so fucking compelling and everybody's theories about what's going cool. on. Uh, but Elsa cool. Lam, look at Elsa Lam in the Hotel Cecil in downtown. So yeah, okay, that, cool. that that's where uh, Joanna Hogg finds herself is in those areas and then yeah, the haunting aspect of it, like of like, you know, you see something from like you know your peripheral vision and then it you look and it's not there. Like, yeah, that, that shit is scarier to me than a jump scare, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. So, um, yeah, it, the gothic horror in a short and also, like, a travelogue slash personal diary. Like, it's just uh, incredible. All in, like, uh, what is it, eight minutes or however long the, the short cool. is? It's, it's yeah, great. it's beautiful. Really cool. And then um, the other movie I saw that was also in this series of uh, Ou et Vu um, <laughs> uh, is Richard Linklater. And um, this one actually came out in uh, 2019, and it's called Another Day at the Office. Uh, did I send you a link to this short? Uh, maybe. Okay, uh, but you, you don't recall it. I don't recall this one. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll send it to you again because it really is brilliant. I mean, you know, both of these shorts are great. But uh, Linklater in his, like, customary way is basically showing us, um, you know, uh, what it's like to be him. <laughs> You know, a day in the life of, of, of Richard Linklater. So it starts with, like, basically him at his ranch feeding his animals. Great animal movie, by the way. Just, like, I love the little Shetland poly, uh, uh, pony that he's feeding and then the fucking chickens and shit. Uh, it's great. Like, I love that he has animals on his, his, his uh, whatever multi-acre, like, land that he owns in Austin. <laughs> um but uh yeah so he's doing that and he's on a phone call with like uh young studio execs and then it basically like is a kind of a a philosophical debate about um uh what should go in to a movie and like you know how you know execs and people like calling the shots the money people are always trying to like cut everything down and like always ask you like oh is this necessary or how is this moving the story along and, you know, Link Linklater has never been that guy, even though he has made compromised movies or, like, just movies that are out and out just, like, for the money. Uh, uh, he still, like, takes his time to do shit. Like, the the movies are still consistent in terms of, like, their, their languidness and shit, you know? So, yeah, mm-hmm. Linklater, um, yeah, it's just a brilliant movie. And then, yeah, it basically, like, untapped for me because the second part of the movie is him going to a, a, see a therapist after taking an ADHD test. And it's kind of discovered that he has ADHD. And I realized that I had it too because a lot of the shit that he was talking about, <laughs> it was like, yeah, that's how I feel. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, this is yep. <laughs> this is how my attention works. And, like... Um, you know, the old brain just can't like, you know, I have trouble sleeping sometimes because I can't stop thinking about things, you know, it's like the old brain just keeps going. And then the, another thing that was like, you know, I feel seen, you know, uh, and people can shit about this to shit on me or shit on the, the film for me feeling that I've been seen since I've been doing it the whole episode <laughs> is, um, yeah, when he says like, you know, uh, uh, do you, um, do you like group activities? And then like later response is, um, not when I can avoid it. <laughs> yeah, which is like me to a T. Like, yeah, if I can avoid it, sure. <laughs> I would. Uh, yeah, I'd rather not be doing group activities. Like, the mm. older I get, the more steadfast I am about like you know being a loner and uh, you know solo flight, and that I don't think that like like that's a key to my happiness. I mean, you know, I am still a social creature. I don't want to be like a fucking hermit. Like, I think. 
the levels above me are, are Benning. Like Benning is like a master of like being sol- solo and in, in, in its solitude at this point in his life. Uh, I don't think I'm there. Like I, I still enjoy socializing. I mean, I enjoy doing this podcast with you, Steve. This is a form of socializing. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's like um, that. That's really it. Like I, I the, the, I'm so far removed from group things, and like I can't really relate to people who like go out as a group, especially if like you have like such different tastes and things, and splitting the bill, like all that shit to me is just like I'm already weary of it before even doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah, and then also like having that that friend in the friend group that none of you actually like but you just like let them be there. You know that those, <laughs> those, those kinds of politics like I I like that I don't have that. Like all my friends are separate from each other. They're not friends with each other. Some overlap, but most of the time yeah, I'm able to like compartmentalize my friends, which sounds uh, like uh kind of uh cold-blooded, but no, it's like that's how I like it. It's like I like like, okay, this person is this person. And then, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, this is what I can talk to about this person, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like that, that I have that diversity of friends. Like, I mean, I have as many friends as most people do, but it's just that because they're separate from each other, it, it's better for me. And I can just, like, kind of deal with them one-on-one, you know. Um, but, yeah, yeah Linklater, uh, Another Day at the Office, such a good fucking short film. It's one of his best movies, I think, in a long time. Nice. Um, so, yeah. Uh, okay, let me rattle off some more. Uh, I already mentioned this too on Christina's episode. Um, A Matter of Life and Death, uh, Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger, just amazing. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, mm-hmm. also incredible. Um, uh, another, uh, uh, yeah, I've already, yeah, I've already talked about it to death. But um, another uh, um, uh, first time watch for an older film that was also Carlos Cannon, uh, Exquisite Corpus. 2015 by uh peter sherkaski incredible like uh, that, that's a movie that i think i'll, I'll continue mm-hmm. to re-watch over time because it's just like i still can't get over it <laughs> it's just like oh yeah there's so much still to discover from that film that i i haven't quite uncovered it i need to go back uh knockoff the john claude van damme vehicle directed by tree hark incredible <laughs> film as flawed as it is um, yeah, it's yeah. flawed. It's yeah, flawed. it's flawed, but I love it because of that. Like, it's just like that's what makes it funny and just weird because it's so off kilter. Um, and like, you know, it's kind of sad. There's that big what if that you know, like originally the fights were um, were choreographed by Sammo Hung, and then like uh, kind of dropped at the last minute, so we get the fights that we get in the movie, which are probably the least interesting bits of the movie. I mean the rickshaw chase at the uh, race at the beginning is a fucking early highlight though, like fucking bursting you know a flat tire on your shoe. <laughs> it's like <laughs> fucking love that shit. There's that, and then obviously actually it was the wine pairing that I had for that episode uh, for uh, OC and Stiggs. Brilliant episode, you know, mm-hmm. with Christina Politano, and I guess I might as well uh, use that as a segue for uh, one of my top tier films that actually is not a movie. <laughs> it's not even like a um uh a short film per se it, it is like one of those accidental maybe not quite because she is aware that she's filming herself doing it uh but it is Christina Politano I credit her as the oh. auteur of this work uh which I'm titling after her the caption of the video which is one of a handful of words she knows is gorgeous <laughs> 
and we'll link to this in the notes and we'll like okay, you know to, to re recap this episode we'll we'll highlight it as like one of our favorites and obviously we'll we'll tag Christina in there um but it is brilliant cool. it's it's a video of her uh with her niece and her niece is playing with her hair it's that simple and it's like oh, right. half of her face and her niece is more like full in the shot but there's something like just so like even i guess um not to like put christina on blast but you know there's a naivete to it like because even her even though she's used to like filming and and uh taking photos of herself like there's definitely like it's different if it was shot by somebody who's like camera savvy and like an actual like cinematic like the way she shoots it is there there's an innocence to it that isn't just through the niece it's just even her own innocence which I love, you know, that's why there's there's more to it than just like, oh, this is a cute little video of a kid, you know, petting her, her aunt some uh, hair, you know, <laughs> like, and, and the title is beautiful. Like, it could be like, you know, um, uh, a, a, a start to a poem, you know. Um, cool. Yeah. So, Christina Politano, man, you made it on the list. A, a rare combo, a, a former guest and... Yeah, on my best of the year, favorites of the year of all time. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, yeah, and I, I don't know. As we progress, maybe that that might change. We might have more filmmakers on here, or even just people who who make videos, and it just happened to be like one of the best that I've seen. Um. Yeah. Oh my God, Steve, I'm almost done. This is it. Okay, my last one. Uh, okay. My last certified banger of the year, uh, which I've already kind of hinted at in the past, and want to discuss it's ending and it's perfect that this is how I'm ending uh, is pictures of ghosts by Kleber Mendoka Philo, uh, which is um, a, a documentary about his hometown uh, Recife. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, um, but yeah, in Brazil, it's a, a small, it's, it's, it's an urban town, but like, it's like, um, it's uh, I think the closest major city to it is like Sao Paulo, but it's still like an hour and a half away or something like that. So you get a picture of like how far it is from the urban metropolis, like uh, center. But it feels urban to me, like from what he portrays. And and one of the things that he kind of talks about is like just how you know his own like cinephilia grew out of that town and then the apartment that he lived in, um, and just like you know how much movies he would watch as a kid and. You know, dude, like, I, I think he broke through with this movie called Neighborhood Sounds in 2012. And when that movie came out, I thought he was our age. Like, I really thought, like, oh, oh man, like, he, he's, like, a contemporary of ours. Like, maybe born in the early 80s, you know, kind of thing. I was shocked to find out in this movie <laughs> that he's, like, he's almost 60. Like, he's 20 years Whoa. ahead of us. Um, because there's kind of a youthful energy to the films, you know. But, like... I guess when he made like a movie called Aquarius, which is like more about like an older lady. Um, again, like some of the scenes are shot in in this apartment that he grew up in. Like uh, that's just like how movies are just like so like inseparable from his real life because you know of just how many movies he's filmed in this apartment that he grew up in. The movies that are actually there in the apartment, the movie posters as well. And like how basically they they made they shot movies there and they also edited movies there like they they saved one of the rooms to be like his editing suite to like edit the movies, and then the other beautiful thing about the movie as it progresses and this is I guess more of the ghostly aspect is that 
you see how his his filming craft like is improving over the years and like he you know he'll jumble it up he'll mix it up it's not just like chronological but you see one of his earlier movies and then you see it like compared to neighboring sounds which is just an absolutely beautiful film i've never seen it but like the clips in this documentary just make it seem like oh man this is like such a polished thing compared to like his amateur like horror movies that he had made in the 90s you know that's set in the apartment that he lives in um and yeah he's also showing like the behind the scenes of them too so there's that joy of like the filmmaking and you know that that's all well and good and like if if the movie had ended there i would have probably put it below my certified bangers it probably would have just been a very good documentary i mean you know his 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 voiceover his narration is like poetic and heartfelt it's really beautiful and he has a beautiful voice and he's also like a very handsome man and you see him in the mm. movie eventually and you see him actually through different periods of time which is also great you see him as a young man you see him as a teen you know when he was going to movies with his mom uh and yeah like also another thing you know even just based on the title the the thing that really like hovers over it is the um the, the sense of death you know and like how uh life moves on from that and also you know now he's a father with kids as well like you know and there's new life coming in you know that's all there um but yeah like um so <laughs> uh when i was alluding to the ending with that best needle drop uh awardee um like it's a fucking incredible final scene dude like I was not expecting it from this documentary, which seemed like more kind of relaying experience because all of a sudden it's a fictional scene <laughs> at the end yeah. of a documentary. Like how fucking radical is that? And I don't know how much I want to like give away of what actually happens in the scene, but I guess I'll set it up. I'll just say this. He fucking gets on an Uber and like during this Uber ride, you start to realize something's up because if it was like shot like a documentary, why are the cameras already like set up? Like, why is the camera already mm. shooting the the driver, you know, from a fixed yeah. angle? Like even before he picks him up, <laughs> like yeah. you know, you, you, we follow the driver first actually in the Uber, and then all of a sudden his passenger is a uh, Kleber, uh, I guess is how you pronounce his name. Like, and then you're like, oh shit, w- what has this got to do with anything? You know. And then as the the ride continues, like, uh, I guess another thing I can kind of tease a little bit is that he says that he prefers um, to give, like, a custom route to the driver instead of, like, the driver just following the GPS. And what he means by that is, like, he actually artificially adds stops to the ride Mm, to make him go down that road rather than, like, you know, just follow the linear, like, Google Maps, Apple Maps way of heading back home. Okay. So he actually added stops so the driver it forces the driver to take a, a weird route. Uh mm-hmm. which is a nice like little tease into what like okay. the fucking like ugh, devastating ending. Oh dude, I still can't <laughs> get over it. I was just like that it's just an example of like a movie that was on one level and then the fucking ending happened and it just like shot up. Yeah. And that is my final mic drop. <laughs> We fucking <laughs> made it, and I think we've beaten because uh, you still have some some shit. We're gonna beat Bill Scurry and <laughs> his uh, his oh record episode God. running time. I for can't sure. believe it. We're fucking beating it, dude. Because you still have your movies, but that that is my last movie uh, of 2023 certified banger. Carlos Cannon, um, pictures of ghosts. Yeah, let's get it in. Here we go. 
Perfect. of Ghosts, you were official. Yeah. Love it, Carlo. Number one. We did one. it, man. We we got through your tears. <laughs> I can't believe we did it. <laughs> Pictures of Ghost yeah. is is the winner of oh. the Carlo's tier tier bracket. Um okay, so yeah, just I'll just bang through mine su- um, super before, quick. Before you do though, I just want to say are these Steve Simpsonian? Are they uh, worthy of it or are they not? Are one they... of them is. Okay, all right. One of them okay. is. So okay. so okay. basically my top three they're they're in categories. So mm-hmm. there's the the like big broad obvious selection that everybody likes. I've already put it in the Steve Smith ceremony. It's Godzilla mm-hmm. minus one. That's one of my my top yes. three of, of the year. Mm-hmm. My pick for the the weird one that no one else is gonna like, but I love it. I we've already talked about is Monsters of California. <laughs> That's also in my top three. Right. And then. The third one is it's a little more of like the it's a little more artsy it's a little more in the realm of it's fun to think about after watching it and I'm still kind of wrestling with what it all means and that is May December. Shit. I really enjoyed oh my God, it dude. and it's like it just puts my it just puts my brain in a real pretzel oh, is in wow. in terms of the content. And it's in and it's it's an easy watch. It's it's oh. not a difficult watch. Yeah, I mean that that really is like very telling of of Todd Haynes that he's able to do that, and you know he's entering his kind of old master phase now, you know. Yeah, and so at some point, if if yeah, if you end up watching May December, I will. We'll talk yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah. But it's just um, sure. it's just a a mental trip. Yeah, and I I, okay. I really enjoyed that. And uh, then oh no, go ahead. I was gonna say, and then the movie that's been—it's it, not—it's not a favorite, but it's a movie that's kind of got memory hold. Mm. That I just want to like shine a, a little. I just want to give it a little honorable mention. Hey, this movie. Def, this movie. I describe it as it crawled so that Barbenheimer could run. Right. It, this is Sound of Freedom. It oh, was shit. the Jim Caviezel, very heavy-handed pedophile, you know, the hunting yeah. after pedophile film. Yeah, the right wing's best movie of the year. <laughs> yeah, right wing Twitter like claimed it and then yeah box office success i had dads at my school coming up to me and be like dude hey steve have you seen sound of freedom it's really <laughs> dude, good have you become the movie guy at the, the at your school yeah. <laughs> is that what happens <laughs> a little oh my God. a little bit but <laughs> nice. um it's really funny how it's it's totally not a political movie mm. it's just it's it's just a very heavy-handed Shit. there's no okay. levity at all kind Come of a movie on, i ended man. up like yeah, so you had to mention. I yeah, I, I just wanted to just just remind everybody, hey, this hey, remember this movie? It it totally existed in 2023 <laughs> and it, and it had a moment. So let's yeah, let's give the, Jim yeah. Caviezel its flowers. Yeah, yeah. The, the censor, um, whatever the censorious media will try to bury it. You know? <laughs> whatever <laughs> yeah. it is, like uh, what, what do they call the media again? The the mainstream media, the lamestream media. <laughs> the lamestream media, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, you know the the, the movie the movie's it's it's okay. okay. It's it, you know I honestly I had to scrub through it. I like I got a sense of of, of you know I watched the first twenty five. I got a sense of it, and then I skipped to like the last twenty five. Oh just my to, god, see how it wraps up. I love you were able to throw that in. <laughs> yeah. It's so serious, and God, you can't. It's like come on. All right. Okay. So yeah. All right. Last segment. Mm-hmm. We got to look ahead. 
Yes. Uh, yeah. I we're, we're on the same wavelength, dude. I'm thinking the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do we look ahead to season three? I know we, we have a, a number of guests already lined up. A couple of key films, you know, in 1984 and 1989 and so forth. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm looking forward to just really let, letting this season unfurl. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm looking forward to um, uh, an idea that we came up with on this very episode, which <laughs> is, um, I just hope, man, they'd, they'd both be down to do it and just see what uh, happens is fucking the movie Food Red Scare. Uh, episode. Just let them host as them, yeah. but in the but with yeah, our format. format. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, how is this going to be podcast history? Has anybody ever done this? <laughs> like, what the uh, fuck? We do the gender swap, and like they can even choose who they want to be. Like, you know, if Amanda wants to be you or wants to be me, yeah, go ahead. If oh, Kayla, sure. You know, or or yeah, they can just be themselves in in that way. But like in, in terms of like, I guess our dynamic and like i mean yeah but that's the difference though that these are two hardcore cinephiles going head to head you know they are like no holds barred yeah Yeah. and that's what we want to find out in a way too is like who's gonna (laughs) come on on top it's like we're putting it's actually a cage fight we're putting (laughs) it's like celebrity death match exactly for for our guests (laughs) oh my god yeah we gotta have them back man and yeah they can pick their 94 uh 84 uh movie whichever it may be and plus uh, we're gonna have them back on their own individual episodes too because um uh k for sure with the the birthday week as we established in the last episode so that's coming up in May. I'm looking forward to that with uh, the two of you, uh, May 9-11. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and we, we have some uh, some movies <laughs> brewing, and I'm, I propose them to her, to her, and she, she's she's down, and she's she's laughing at some of our choices. So <laughs> I'm oh, glad. Oh, good. Um, yeah, yeah. So she, she's she's uh, she's down to clown, as you would say, Steve. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So I'm lo- definitely looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to just like covering the '84 movies and sharing some of them with you, Steve, because you know these are some of my mm-hmm. longtime favorites. Uh, some of them may get a little personal which i'm also looking forward to because obviously um uh, i brought this up before the uh, yeah 1984 was the birth of my uh, my year birth uh, year of birth yep. <laughs> my birth year yeah <laughs> like why am i like yeah. jumbling that up it's late <laughs> we're getting there making yeah. it longer yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, my birth year was 84 so i'm also turning 40 along with these 84 movies so that's kind Love of it. yeah and just like there is one pick that we're going to be doing closer to my birthday that's like uh is just such a personally significant film to me and i've already brought it up in the past but like uh, to actually like delve into it and dedicate an episode into this movie i'm I'm also teasing it so it's a bit of a surprise for people who don't know but yeah i'm looking forward to those things steve and then i mean yeah i hope eureka gets a release you know movie wise are you looking forward Mm -hmm. to any movies this year that you 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 feel are on the slate is there anything on your radar. I mean, I still really, I, I really want to see Zone of Interest. I haven't yeah. banged out that one quite yet, dude. Um, um just um, and then yeah. yeah side ahead. note to, to that, like, it, what a bizarre release uh, strategy A twenty four did with with Zone of Interest. By the way, they kind of pulled it from a wide release, and then just like fucking, yeah. and you know, it's one of the, it's the movie that's playing right now at Tarantino's theater, or the new theater Vista. It's playing in thirty five millimeter, and I actually talked to Jacob about like. 
potentially going oh, cool. up there and watching it together because like yeah, yeah. I, I mean to see it on film but no good pick man yeah zone of interest I, yeah. I i definitely am curious about it too um but yeah what was the next thing you were i, I interrupted you sorry you mentioned argyle it's definitely <laughs> yeah, piqued my sure. interest now I'm really yeah like, okay. yeah and then oh man i really hope they use a suspicious that remix of suspicious minds in the actual movie it's not just trailer music yeah because it's just so fucking good man and yeah i love that song it's it's my one of my favorite elvis songs that i mentioned you know so it's so good i gotta get that on vinyl man um <laughs> um cool but yeah, so much to look forward to. Movies, uh, guests, potentially new guests that we've already teased on this episode. And Steve, man, we fucking made it. And we we beat our record. Uh, for an episode, <laughs> we had... I cannot tr- yeah. believe it. <laughs> but I mean, that's what happens when you don't have one movie to talk about. You end up talking Multiple. about a million. But I mean, th- dude, th- those sidetracks that we got on, I, I am proud of them. <laughs> I own those fucking sidetracks. All cool. the all the diversions, the tangents that we went on, I th- I I wouldn't change a fucking thing. Like if uh, uh, if Spotify, if we were on Spotify, I think he's like, you gotta cut out all those uh those tangent uh. parts. Hell no. Well, you can ban this episode like Joe Rogan, like you know, for, uh, for all I care. I'll upload it on YouTube, you bitches. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, full episode uncut. And uh, I love Steve. That okay. Let, let's leave with this too um uh i will say that i love that you took that executive decision not to cut the the bill scurry epic episode in half and just like basically post it as one like you you made that call i did it and i'm proud of you man for for making that call yeah yeah so Yeah. yeah one of the best things we did last year for sure yeah you know it's like when we're only doing this once a month or you know it's it's kind of nice might as well just yeah. put out a lot yeah let's and, go and shout out to our fans man who are also our guests <laughs> um oh sure yeah, jacob and, and 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 bill like being current with with every episode and just like really listening to it end to end like man you guys are troopers oh, wow. you know Dang. yeah because it's easy for us you know because we're just talking you know we're letting it flow i mean i look back now i mean i will say that was another different thing in in season two that i i started to listen a little more to certain episodes Mm -hmm. because there were certain things i was like did i say that and like i also just wanted to hear something that maybe a guest had said that you know i wanted to go back to so uh, i've gone back to to other bits uh like just bits and pieces i've never listened to a full episode um uh but you know because it's just more with me like i can't listen to myself talk because i i, I am the one talking yeah, so i've heard like myself already thing. yeah it's it's not like an embarrassment it's just like uh, it's redundant you know that's really more more like listening to myself you know i don't i don't get any kicks from it so <laughs> I'm, I'm not a narcissist you know so it's like um so yeah uh but yeah that that was really awesome that you like um yeah you kept the the, the, the episodes like the integrity as they are and um, you know, uh, and that th- we have these these great supporters and fans in 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 Bill and Jacob and Brandon and everybody else who we we probably don't even know who haven't reached out to us who actually yeah. listen to the episodes because we do get likes on the Twitter. Yeah, uh, our numbers are growing, so it's just like you know we're just we're just yeah, doing we, our thing. We we hit a hundred followers. Yeah, we hit a hundred followers this past season too, which is great. You know, um, considering how we don't really actively promote it and like we're not aggressively like trying to put ourselves out there. And the fact that yeah, totally. organically we've we've kind of gained fans and we've kind of discovered our guests through 
through um being on social media which is great you know shout out to christina again um it, it is a lovely year and you know what steve i think we can even top it <laughs> we yeah, already I, have i think so too episode zero minus one i know <laughs> episode minus one that's what we'll movie call this episode minus one yeah that that's good i like that yeah name. movie food minus one <laughs> All right. All right, man. Well, bring us let's home, bring man. this baby home. You can follow us on X, Twitter, at MovieFoodPod. Carlo, at Carlo Kino with two Ks. I'm at Steve Positron. Support us at our Patreon, MovieFood. Help us keep the lights on. Uh, Carlo's got, the, of course, that letterbox at Carlo Kino with two Ks. We also have a MovieFood letterbox out there, at MovieFoodPod. Mm-hmm. And Carlo, that is it yes we made it we broke records again uh you know it's like sometimes you know life happens when you're making plans right (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah um or my favorite version of that is uh mac miller saying uh i'm tripping but i'm falling up (laughs) yeah i like like that whoever is listening to this episode now at the beginning we talk about like trying to keep it tight and then they see how long it is and they're just like laughing at at just the the premise how how far does this railroad go (laughs) yeah but yeah it's always like the the thing that i always joke about of like you know nobody who has ever listened to like a full episode uh, or has never listened to a full episode believes that we can be talking for this long that like you know it's like the youtube filler thing where it's like that video is not really five hours it's just like five hours of black screen after like 10 minutes you know it's like they're just padding sorry to disappoint y'all but we actually did talk yeah yeah there is no padding in our show you you can argue there's filler with the tangents but no fucking padding we're not deliberately like extending this this is just how it organically happens yeah we just end this, up this way <laughs> this is us trying to keep it tight yeah, yeah exactly and it's just, we, have, we have too much to talk about i mean technically this was also like a bundle uh appetizer it was a lot of bundles yeah episode yeah. so it was just like yeah and then actually again we did another two in one which is we had the awards on top of that plus the clips which uh you know i'm kind of glad we had a healthy amount of those too so yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they 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 kept within our our uh, parameters, which I also liked. You know, it was like, yeah. uh, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you for you all our guests. Who, yeah, who who sent them in? Yeah, absolutely. They they, they really added uh, the spice to the show too. So, all right, Steve, we made all it. All right, Carlo, I'm looking forward to season three. I almost said season four. <laughs> uh, movie food. Uh, movie food eighty four. Yeah, that's what adds to the confusion. Like we're gonna be movie food eighty four this. Awesome.